You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this. this is the Sports Loud Mouths. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. Me! Third, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy. Yes, it's Speeder. He's always here, as always. Speedy PD, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including us which airs every single Wednesdays, which we're live right now, at 7 p.m. and on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Great guests, great shows, and yes, I, I will say this, great content whenever uh, we don't have those crazy callers, by, by the way. But anyways, uh, we have a special guest in the studio tonight. We're very happy to have him on. He's been a part of the network for many, many years. He's been gone with two kids, a wife, and just craziness, Matty Caps. Matt, what's up, man? Errol, 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 man, does it feel good to be back here in the studio with Speedy Petey, my guy, and you, Mr. Errol Marks. It is always a pleasure to see you and be here, and I'm looking forward to this upcoming show where we could really get into it. Uh, absolutely, and we have a great show lined up for the fans. At 8 o'clock, we, uh, we will have on a draft panel, co-founder of All-22 Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto. He will be joining us. He's been on the show before. We will also have Pro Football Network NFL Draft Analyst Ian Cummings. We haven't had Ian for, on for a, a little while, but he's coming on the show. Co-creator and NFL Rough Draft, Mike Lusheen, he's going to be on the show as well. Very happy to have him on. So we'll have three guys. We will go through the NFL draft, winners and losers. I'm sure they have their own thoughts on the draft, including us. I, I, as a Jet fan, for all those Jet haters out there that thought the Jets had a bad draft, oh, shame on you when we get into that. <laughs> uh, at 9 o'clock, we will be talking to former Texans wide receiver. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a former receiver on the Texans and... He was also on the Jets for a little while, on the practice squad, and the Broncos. Devere Posey. So he will be joining us a little bit later in the show. He's at his son's practice, and he will be on the show at 9 o'clock, probably around 9, 9.15. Very happy to have him on. Um, we're going to get into the Devils blowing out the New York Rangers in game number 7. I, I don't understand the Rangers. I don't understand why they don't show up to a game number seven. They like all the Ranger fans out there that want to take uh, take shots at Galan. Oh, it's Galan's fault. It's the coach's fault. This is what we hear all the time here in New York. How about the players just didn't show up? But we will get into that. Uh, the New York Knicks tie the, the series uh, 1-1 with the Heat. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know what the Knicks were doing in game number two. And... For some reason, we will get into it. Tom Thibodeau, for some reason, in the second half of the uh, of the game, I, I I thought he just couldn't 
correct what was going on defensively for the New York Knicks. So we will get into that. Uh, Joel Embiid wins the NBA MVP. Congratulations to him. We'll get into that. A lot of people here don't think he deserves it. I disagree. Uh, the Jets do not give a fifth-year option to Makai Becton. Uh, it has a lot to do with money and injuries, so we will get into that. And his weight. Uh, well, he lost 75 pounds. Still his weight. Jets signed two former Packers offensive lineman Billy Turner and wide receiver Randall Cobb, uh, which was today, by the way. Uh, we will get into our betting segment. We do this now every single week. Let's parlay. We have Jonathan joining us, Wes and Paolo from Greece. He will be joining us all the way from Greece. Uh, Bracket Wars matchup today. Number eight seed Bulls uh, of the early 90s versus the number one seed 1990s Yankees. And the number seven seed 2000s Steelers against the number two seed 1980s 49ers. So that'll be interesting going back and forth bantering who we think could move on in Bracket Wars. So it's a lot to get into. So let's get into it. We'll go to the Rangers first because... I know sitting here today, Ranger fans are probably wondering why the Rangers didn't get out of that series against the Devils. And and there's a lot to get into with the Rangers because a lot of people before the series started, it was all about Shesterkin and and then Panera needs to score. And then with all the players that they added, uh, especially at the trade deadline, Vladimir Tarasenko actually scored two goals in the first two games and then Barely could score. Did throughout. he play the last four? <laughs> well, he five? did, but I, I guess he didn't show up. Uh, Patrick Kane uh, make it, really demanding his way out of Chicago, going to the Rangers. For some reason, the last two games didn't show up. And and then you talk about Zibidijad, and I, I will say this about Zibidijad. I think he's the best, most talented player on the New York Rangers, but for some reason, in the playoffs, the guy disappears. And one of the most overrated Rangers and overpaid Rangers going into the last three years of the playoffs is Panarin, who I will sit here today. If the Rangers don't try to trade him at the, in the off season, I, I don't know what they're, they're thinking. I don't understand in the position that the Rangers are in why, why they're overpaying a player that doesn't show up in the playoffs. Then you have Truba, who is their captain, who they named their captain in the off season after last year's season and he's getting paid $9 million. And yes, he lays up the big hits. And, and Ranger fans love the way he hits. When you're paying a guy $9 million, look at Dougie Hamilton. He is going to win the Norris Trophy this year for the New Jersey Devils. In the last three games of that series, Dougie Ham- Hamilton was one of the best players on the ice. And when you pay a guy $9 million a year to play your be your leader and be your leader on your defense... If you don't show up to a game or you don't show up to half the games of a series, you shouldn't be pay- you shouldn't be getting paid what you're getting paid. But I sit here today and I a lot of Ranger fans were laughing when the Islanders got eliminated. Everybody, all you Ranger fans all over Twitter attacking the Islanders, oh they can't score. Uh Bo Horvat, you you over you, you traded for him, you over it was overpriced, you gave up all those guys, you gave up a first round draft pick, you paid him almost 9 million dollars. Barzell, the most overrated player for the New York Islanders, which is a crocky you-know-what. And then Sorokin, who was the second-best goalie throughout the league all season long. But we're not getting into the Islanders, because this has nothing to do with the Islanders, because the Islanders were playing golf a week before this happened. 
What I could say right now for all the Ranger fans, all those lackadaisical Ranger fans, and there were a lot of Ranger fans that were real, honest about what this team is and what they're all about. The honest truth about the Rangers right now is they're not built for the playoffs. They're overrated, and they had a bunch of veterans that have shown up in the playoffs for other teams, for St. Louis, for Chicago, for Ottawa. The only guy that showed up for the New York Rangers throughout the playoffs is Shesterkin and Kreider. Those were the only two players. And then you go into the offseason and you say, Hey, Chris, what are you going to do? Why don't we bring in this? Why don't we bring in a new coach? Is a new coach going to change the way they played this year? He's not. The players need to show up to those games. If the players don't show up, it doesn't matter who's coaching. Everybody keeps talking about Barry Trotz. The Islanders made a mistake. Barry Trotz didn't make the playoffs this year. If, if the Islanders had Barry Trotz, maybe they beat Carolina. Maybe not. You don't know. What we do know with the Rangers is, the first thing that came out of Rangers, Ranger fans' mouths after this series is, it's Gallant's fault. Fire Gallant. The coach doesn't go on the ice and play. The coach calls the plays. He sets the lines. Hockey is the hardest sport to play, especially in the playoffs. It's the, it's the most fun to watch in the playoffs, but it's the hardest sport to play. You know why? Because if you don't show up in a hockey game, you lose. We've seen quarterbacks not show up in football, and you win. In baseball, if the pitcher shows up and the team doesn't show up, he could shut down an offense. Kenny, though, because we've actually seen it with Speedy's former Met. <laughs> Mr. Jacob Degrom. Yeah, well, Jacob Degrom. Well, he didn't show up to he he didn't show up to all the games, and and when ninety nine percent of the games he he's given up one or two runs, and the Mets have not scored for <laughs> that's, him that's ever. Not score. Meanwhile, he has a start with the Texas Rangers this year, where they're up seven nothing for him. Like really, <laughs> it's like the it's like the Tigers with Max Scherzer in his Cy Young year in twenty thirteen. I think he averaged seven point three runs a game. Like it just it's crazy. But. Hockey is the ultimate team sport. And even with basketball, if if you have a player like LeBron James and he shows up to every single game and he gives you 30, 12, and 14, he's giving you a chance to win every single game. Every single game. In hockey, you can have one guy that's scoring goals, but if the other team's scoring and you're not playing defense and your goaltending is off, you're not winning. You're just not. And you could say a goalie could win a game. Yes, he could shut down any team offense, but if you can't put the puck in it, how are you supposed to win? As a Ranger fan, that was the most embarrassing game seven I've ever seen in any sport, any any performance. They played with no heart. They played with no heart, no effort. They got outmatched the whole game. The Rangers had two power plays that looked pretty good in the first and second period, and that was really their only life that they had. But their power points. plays in the first two games is what really won them those first two games. They right. were almost unstoppable on the power play in the first two games, and then the last five games... Where did it go? And even strength, they were just pitiful. They could not possess the puck to save their life. They yeah, but that Devils team is better than what people make. No, no, them no I know that. I, I said the Rangers. I had Rangers in seven as a prediction. Like I knew it'd be a good series, and I, I think the Devils could make a run to the, to the Stanley Cup now. Like they are a good team. I'm not disputing that. Then right. the Florida Panthers, absolutely. But can. you're right. The, the effort though with the with the Rangers, like they're just doing all these lazy things, basic passes, blind passes, and you were talking about Shesterkin stood on his head. Like he did all he could in that game. Oh, he was the best. Saves. He there was were, the best. Out of out of six. Defensemen and and twelve forwards. There were literally four players that I thought played at least good in that game, and everyone else was awful. Well, also game. keep in mind Patrick Kane is hurt. He's playing hurt. 
You know, like Adam Fox. Well, they have to. Adam Fox should have never been on the ice. He uh, is absolutely yeah, that was atrocious. the worst performance of his career. He Easily. was absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look you look at this Ranger team. They're built to win now. You had a guy like Patrick Kane. Yeah, I get it. He's hurt. Whatever. What was his his hip? His back? Or yeah, whatever he's it had is. a hip injury. He's played through it. But if, again, if it gets worse, they have to know every that. player is yeah. hurt. But, but Everybody's yeah. playing. At this time, at this time the it's the playoffs. Everybody's banged up. Yes. Sure. La- what happened to Lafreniere? He was oh, awful he too. Yeah. He stinks. He, he, he was last year awful he too. Yeah. He was awful too. You're talking about a number two pick in the NHL draft or whatever. Number he was. one. Number one pick in the NHL draft, like. You, you you can't do that. You you can't disappear in a game seven. This is what they pay you for. This is what you're made to you do. You brought up Lafiniere, and you talk about Capococco. You have those two guys that one was drafted as the number one pick, the other one's drafted as the number two pick. That's what I was talking about. And, the number two pick. And, Capo. and I understand in the off season they gave Capococco a two year extension to see what could you do for me in the next two years. You cannot do that with Lafiniere. You either trade him in the off season or you let him go because. Honestly, the way this team is built, they're still the fifth or sixth youngest team in the NHL. They have some veterans, and they have a lot of quality veterans on this team. Uh, One of them is Chris Kreider. I've been saying this over and over again. After he scored 50 goals last year, they should have traded him in the offseason. Well, Ranger fans are going to say, well, he was the best player on our team and on our ice uh, during the playoffs. He didn't get out of the first round. And right now, being that he has been your best player throughout the playoffs, even last year, he was probably their best player in the in, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. When you're when you get that much offense from one player, you get quality draft stock. And by the way, you gave up a first round draft pick for Tarasenko. Now that obviously they didn't move, they didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They don't give up a first with Kane, but they still have to give up a second for Kane. I think it's a second that they had to give up. So they gave up two quality picks for two guys that are not even going to be on their team next year. And again, you look at a case of talent versus you need a team camaraderie. And that's where the Rangers really, I think, just got too overconfident in that series. They're up to nothing. It looked like everyone was cl- everything was clicking for them, and they kind of backed off. They were Game three was kind of even, but game four and five, they got badly outmatched. Even though game four was scored and indicated it was only three to one, and it was an empty net goal, he, they got outplayed most of that game. And then, obviously, game five and game seven got massively blown out. You can't, have, you can't just trust your talent to be able to do everything all at once. You can't get lazy, and it seemed like the Rangers had that. They lacked effort. Again, it was the most embarrassing performance I've ever seen any team have in Game 7. I'm saying it's the only Game 7 blowout. The Bruins got blown out by the oh, Blues. That's, that's another team. Well, no, I'm talking about in 2019. They got <laughs> Don't worry, the, we're going to get into them. They got blown out by the Blues in Game 7. They lost 5-1, to one, but that, their effort was good for most of that game. The Phoenix Suns last year against Dallas, they looked really bad. Even they looked better than the Rangers did uh, uh, on, over the weekend. So. And a lot of crazy stuff happens in the NHL playoffs. We all know that. As the Boston Bruins, the best team in the regular season ever with the points, and, and their goaltender had one of the greatest goaltending years any goaltenders had in history. And he actually got pulled for a backup goalie. Yes, Swayman, I think, is a f- fantastic young goaltender. But Olmark, who was the best goalie throughout the league, by far, by far throughout the league. You're, you're talking about Sorokin, who was the second best goalie. It's easy to be the best goalie when you have that team in front of you. Well, I, I mean, he was he it was fa- he was still fantastic. I'm not saying he wasn't, but you look at the team the Boston Bruins had in front of him. I mean, listen, you and I could have been a good goalie uh, with uh, the team they had. I mean, 
that team was unreal. And I know a lot of Boston Boston Bruin fans are going to say, well, Patrice Bergeron wasn't 100% healthy. As a matter of fact, he was playing with a herniated disc. With a herniated and disc. And they lost all those games. And then Krejci, he didn't play in the series. And, oh, they, they should have rested those guys throughout the season and get, get them ready for the playoffs. And I know Jeff is going to make that excuse, or he's not making any excuses. Here's the excuse for all the Boston Bruin fans in the offseason when, when you're trying to compare and contrast what they're going to do in the offseason. Here's one. You should have never, you should have never let go of your coach. You should have never done that. I don't care what he's done for the last couple of years. This is a guy, this guy has been a winner for the Boston Bruins year in and year out. Then you let him go. He goes over there to Las Vegas. And Las Vegas right now is the favorites to coming out of the West. You cannot sit here as a Boston Bruin fan and say, well, you know, we had a great season. We just didn't show up. Uh, we have excuses because half the players were injured, and every team has injuries. That's not an excuse. You went against a Florida Panther team that squeaked into the playoffs. As a matter of fact, the last two weeks of the season, they weren't even a playoff-bound team. It was Pittsburgh and the Islanders. They took over the last week of the season. Last two games, I think. Yes. They snuck into the playoffs, and to me, they're the Cinderella team because I think they beat Toronto. I don't think Toronto is any good. I think they're highly overrated. Uh, Bobrovsky is finally 100% healthy in the playoffs. Watch out for him. He's the best goalie in the playoffs right now. Mark my words. Hear me out right now. Bobrovsky is the best goalie still in the playoffs as we speak today. But nevertheless, there is no excuse for the Boston Bruins. That defense where they had... A loaded defense. You're talking about, you You have four defensemen that could be number one guys on any other team. Any other team. And you don't show up in the last two games. Actually, the last three games of the series. You let Florida up three to one, come back and win how many games in a row? Not one, not two, three games in a row. When you let a team come back, when you're up three to one, when you're the best team in the NHL, when everybody says you're the favorites of winning the whole thing, that's embarrassing. And for anybody, and I listened to the press conferences after the game, and I know nobody made the excuse. Marchant didn't make any excuses. He said, we play like garbage. And when you play like garbage, you get treated like garbage. And these teams, all these teams are, uh, every single one of these teams are quite capable of winning a Stanley Cup. And he's absolutely right. We've seen teams win Stanley Cups that we wouldn't expect win Stanley Cups. But when you're the best team, you're by far the best team in the NHL, and you don't show up, not only is it embarrassing, it just shows you one thing. You can put a team together. You can make the trades at the trade deadline. You can have the pieces to win if you don't show up. In If, if half your team don't show up and half your team does, and, and you can't get out of a first round against a team you're that much better than, it just shows you that you need to rebuild. You need to start trading away pieces. And, and, and I, guess, I guess Bergeron is going to be gone. He's retiring now that this was his final season. How, how sucky is that when you're one of the greatest Boston Bruins to ever play the game? You're one of the greatest Boston Bruins. And you, for, the, for the last time to make a playoff run, you show up and you, do, you go to a playoff and you don't show up to a playoff series. It's absolutely embarrassing, Speedy. I have nothing more to say about the Boston Bruins. If you're a Bruins fan, I don't want to hear about the Bruins oh, 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 Ranger fan choking out the Devil fan and that Boston Bruins fans don't do that. I don't want to hear that anymore. Stop comparing the Boston Bruins to the Rangers or the Islanders, New York to Boston. All of them. 
choked in the playoffs. Every one of them. And I, I'm not going to get into the Islanders because everybody knows I posted it up on social media. There's nothing to say about the Islanders. Lambert should be fired, and this team needs to com- be completely broken apart. And, and, and that has a lot to do with Lula Morello. If Lula Morello wants to retire, by golly, leave. I don't want you here anymore. I need a young guy to come in. I need this team to get younger. Stop trading away first-round draft picks. My, my biggest question mark for the Bruins is why did they rush Bergeron back in Game 5? I didn't feel like it was a need. They were up 3-1. to one. They were playing well offensively without him. They probably just wanted to beat them real quick and get the, as much rest as possible going forward so he can rest, so, so he can get more So healthier. you could get more rest. That, that way you, you, you leave because, more Because what, out, what, though, what was the difference in the days? Like, if they won that game, how many more days of rest it would two. they have? It would have been two. But, but, but if they lost, they had to keep playing and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to end the series as quick as possible. I understand so. that to an extent. I also think hockey is the hardest sport to be able to put somebody out there as a decoy the same way like you would in football. Like if a guy has a, a receiver has a toe injury or something, they could have him play just to have him uh, get respect for the <laughs> I mean, defense. Basketball, look same what, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, look yeah. what the Heat did with Jimmy, Jimmy Butler Jimmy in the Butler, last two right. minutes of same the kind first of thing. game hard, one. It's hard to do that in hockey because it's too fast-paced of a sport. There's not a lot of stoppages. there. Again, it's just a, the way that skating works. It just It's hard to do that kind of thing and just leave a guy out there because hockey players players, they could hit, they could just drive right towards you on defense if you're playing defense, and I think that really messed with the camaraderie of, of Bergeron, and again, every game that Bergeron came back in, they lost. Now, I'm not saying it's all his fault. The team played horrible defense. Mm-hmm. The, like Errol saying, Olmark really fell apart. He looked like he got Fall the apart? Yip. I trade him he in the, the offseason. <laughs> I trade him in the offseason, get as much as I can for him, because he can't play in the playoffs. He's, I don't care what he does in a regular season. If he doesn't show up in the playoffs, he's not worth anything. So, like, we're obviously saying this sitting behind a camera and, and, and yeah. these microphones, but how hard is it for these guys to produce in the playoffs? Is it the bright lights? Is it because it's the playoffs and you feel more pressure, weight on your shoulder? What is it that these guys do so well throughout the whole season? And I'm and I'm actually speaking about the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers, to be honest with you. They do so well, and then come playoff time, what happened? What 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 is it? How can you be so bad? And and this is more specifically towards the Rangers and their power play. I can't get over it. How bad can your power play be? Well, ask the Islanders uh, who scored like two power play goals in that whole series. See, see, the Islanders are used to it. Their power play was bad all season. Yeah, but, 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 that, but that's what I'm saying. The Rangers and their power play has been awesome. And like the Boston Bruins alone, like, did they think it was just going to be a walkover? Mm. Like, you know, yeah. like, all right, we're going to win in four or five games. We're going to get out rest and get ready to play the next series, uh, whoever that would have been. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I sit there and think, and I'm not one to say anything because, again, we're behind here and whatnot. How? How but we're analyzing help. what we see, Matt. And, and also, how about Toronto? I mean, after they, they, they win Game 7, after beating Tampa in they overtime, dud. and then they, they're jumping around like they won the Stanley Cup. I, I, the executives, I, I've never seen a bunch of executives. The coaches go crazy. You have John Tavares, who I did not want to see when score the, the game-winning goal. I did not want to see that as an Islander fan, as after what he did to the Islanders. I mean, Toronto hasn't won a playoff series since uh, when, though? you got to give off some credit. <laughs> I mean, it's been 20 years for them, you know? Like, so jump for joy. I, I, I'm not winning the Stanley Cup. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm going to probably be knocked out by the Florida listen, Panthers. I'm not going to lie. This playoffs uh, hockey season has been unreal with how many upsets Look at Colorado yeah. losing to Seattle. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like yep. you've seen it more and more, and it's and, and it's really what makes it very exciting. Mm-hmm. But you can't sit back there and say Toronto doesn't have a shot because they absolutely, I, I absolutely, just, I just have a shot. I see Florida and I see the Devils. They're the Cinderella teams throughout the and and on the other side of the Western Conference. 
I see the Krakens beating Dallas. I do. And, and if the Oilers... I don't know, man. Dallas is good, though. Dallas is good, and, and but they, here's the thing. Their defense is eh, and their goaltending is eh. They have great offense. Their first, their three lines yeah, are fantastic. Yeah, but you're sitting, there, you're sitting there like Seattle's like the, the world beaters. I mean, I get it. They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. I get it. On the road, game they seven. They have great goaltending, and they have a very good... They have two really good defensive pairings. And and they could put the puck in the net. Alperly, uh, another... Ex-Islander, who uh, for some reason shows up for the Krakens, didn't show up for the Islanders. And what about Edmonton? They, Edmonton could go on and beat yeah. Vegas. If they and get enough goaltending, yes. they could. But Vegas Edmonton is a very has the two, team. Yeah, Hellebuck. Yeah. Hellebuck's in goal for them. So, no, I mean, no, he's a that's former, Winnipeg. Skinner. Uh, yeah, you're right, Winnipeg. You're right, my bad. Yes. No, wait, Hellebuck's fantastic. That Winnipeg team was tough for a while, but then they just really collapsed against Vegas. But Vegas is an all-around complete team when they're healthy. Well, and Edmonton has the two best players in the world. Right. So, so yeah. I mean, when you have Connor McDavid, who's by far the best player in the world, it's not even close. When we we spoke about Wayne Gretzky in the eighties, and everybody says, "Oh, the great one." He he played with a lot of great players: Mark Messier and Grant Fuhr and Paul Coffey and Grand Kevin Fuhr. Lowe and all those players. That that team was fantastic. Half of, I would say about nine guys went to the Hall of Fame on that team. Nine guys. When you when you look at Edmonton before Connor McDavid, were they any good? Did they have anybody on that team? No, they had a bunch of number one picks that turned into busts. They were st- they stunk. And, it, and Connor McDavid changed that whole organization around. And then w- with the players that they have built around him, you could see the difference of what Edmonton is. And and by far, they have the two by far best players in the world. It's it, it's it's not even close. But uh, it, it's all about goaltending, and that's something that Edmonton over the last few years, if I we thought figured it out last year, they went to the, they went to the Western Conference Finals with no goaltending last year. Hurricanes up one nothing on the Devils right now. Yeah, and I, I I still think the Devils will win this game, but it's going to be a fun series. I think the Hurricanes are a gritty team, and the Devils are fast and young, and I I don't they have nothing to lose. The Devils have nothing to lose. Well, let's in this be real here about New Jersey. All, all those number one draft picks are finally coming to fruition, and they're Absolutely. still very young. Mm-hmm. You know, like. They're going to be there for a while. They're going to be a problem for a while. And now this rookie, he's a rookie, right? Schmidt, the goalie. Yeah, he was the third string throughout the year. Yeah, he, he Their was, backup is Mackenzie Blackwood. He was hurt. Hurt. Yeah. But, like, you're seeing Schmidt. He's coming He's coming of age right now, mm-hmm. you know, in the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry. Game seven, it it, it has to be so much stuff going through. Don't forget about Jack everyone's Hughes. Head. No, well. Don't yeah, forget yeah, about him. After, <laughs> after game two, Jack Hughes might have been the best player on the ice. Dude, he is. Throughout the rest of the first series. First of all, for all those naysayers that when I was at the draft and I was – when I was there in Vancouver, when he was drafted as no, the number one pick, and everybody was like, oh, I think Capococco is going to be a better player. I sat there, look at his size. He's not that. And I said, go look at his legs. Look at his legs. Why are you checking out a dude's legs, dude? Dude, <laughs> when he walked in, when he first of all, I, I don't know if anybody watched the draft. When he walked in, he wore he wore like this, this leather jacket. He wore a T-shirt, a black T-shirt, and he was wearing like these, I, I don't know what you call them. They're like. They were like jumper slacks, okay? And they were tight around his legs. And I was like, dude, that guy's legs are like tree trunks. He's not a tall guy. He's not – but he's he's fast and he has the ability. And it, it finally developed this year. You see the difference of what he's going to be as a player. His brother is is going to be a great defenseman on his team. His other brother, Quinn, is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Future New Jersey Devil once yes. he leaves Vancouver like everyone And there's else another brother. <laughs> there's another brother in two or three years that's going to be up. There's four of them that are going to be – all three of them. The three brothers, all – First round draft picks, and this kid could be better than all of them. So the one that's uh, coming up, so it, it's crazy. The the Hughes family, what what a genetic freakish family. Who do we have on? Oh, we got Snug calling. Oh, look who it is, Snug. What's up, man? <laughs> oh my goodness. 
<laughs> Maddie, bro, welcome back, dude. Oh, Snug, it it's feels good to so be back. Long. It feels good to be back. You have been missed badly, bro. You don't even know you were a, a voice of reason in the wilderness of insanity. I listen. I, 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 I've been told that by a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Will you be coming back to the network? Is that a big announcement that you're doing today? We're going to have to wait and see, but it is highly possible. Because I know you have two kids, but you can do it from your basement because Josh does it from his basement every week with his cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we know you love his cats, Snug. (laughs) I do love his cats. They make a guest appearance on the show. His dad is outstanding and makes some really good points, too. Um we all know Josh is going to be incorrigible this week because the Devils did end up winning. He doesn't Although care. He's a Ranger fan. I don't know how incorrigible he's going to be. No, he just because shots he at told me. you like a month ago they were going to win, and everyone gave him shit when they when they won the first two when the Rangers won the first two games, and then they came back. Trust me, he is going to be thumping his chest saying, "See, I told you the Devils were going to win." Like Again, he's, he's a Ranger fan. I don't fact. know how much he'll be thumping his chest. He's not like he's not he's not like getting overpassionate over that kind of pick Come being on, wrong. Speedy. If you can't get your team to the next round, the next best thing is telling everyone you were right. Okay. <laughs> you, you're not wrong. So yeah. I'm so happy you called. I heard you haven't called in a little while. I haven't called since January 25th, according yeah. to my phone. Look, he even knows so. when he called. Yeah, Kenny was on video. <laughs> I remember that well, Stuck. <laughs> um also, you guys need to get Kenny on the show. Kenny's got stuff to say about the Rangers game. We always tell Kenny, Kenny not to call in the first five minutes. I'm and sure he calls does. The first five minutes. Hopefully he's not high when he calls. You need to pick up Kenny's call whenever he remembers the call because that <laughs> wax is fun. <laughs> All right. So luckily you were on early today before I hit the sticky icky. Oh. And uh, I could put together two thoughts worth, worth saying. All right. Now, as far as... As the Bruins go, right, I'm not going to make any excuses on that. They got outplayed by a team that wanted it more than they did. Mm -hmm. They did have a flu bug that ran through the locker room just before the playoffs kicked off, but that still doesn't matter. Um, I think that we need to reposition our thinking on hockey playoffs in general, Mm -hmm. especially after this year. The hockey playoffs are becoming the series equivalent of the NCAA playoffs. Or an NCAA March Madness. What, anything can happen is what you're saying? It happens every year. Mm -hmm. Something really weird and stupid happens. This year, we're just getting more of it than normal. But I think that's maybe that's kind of endearing in sports versus, you know, the NBA that's that's quite a bit more predictable. It's awesome. The NFL is fairly predictable. Um, But, you know, the the Bruins, to your point, I mean, they're not going to have a choice but to rebuild because – They've got some really aging stars on there. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Olmark, you're giving him a little bit of a, of, of a hard time in that he gave that one game away, so it's not really particularly surprising that he didn't get the, the last start. But, they, you know, Swayman has some swagger too. So, And he played well. The, uh, but when, if you can't score an empty net goal with 59 seconds to go, then you don't deserve to go to the next round. You don't even empty net goal. Just play defense. But it's still better than what the Islanders did. So, all right, <laughs> thank you, Snug. Right, hold on, hold on. Honestly, I wanna ask, Snug, I want to ask you something. You commented we should have a Maddie Caps versus Vinny Rubo bracket war. Wait, winner Maddie Caps, he's not a mush. What would that feature? <laughs> Snug, I, I would have to know what that features. I mean, it, you know that that wouldn't even really be a contest. I was just throwing that out there because it's funny. Vinny would Vinny Vin- the mush Rubo yes. is part of the reason. 
let's put it like this. Vinny the Mashrubo is to the Yankees currently what the Beeve is to the Rangers and Cowboys. <laughs> it's just what it is. And once the, you know, I don't, I know that you know the gentleman that sold his New York Knicks fandom, and that was awesome. I, I do know him. I, I, I do know so, him. Errol knows him, too. Yes, I mean, I if you can get these, these guys Publicity to start stunts. selling off their fandom or giving it away or some kind of voodoo thing, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> I mean, it might help. Uh, you know what? You could be right, but I can't see Errol giving away his fandom I would or, never do or the no, beeve. But you want to know something when when you when you speak about sports and you've done it for such a long time when your team loses it, it, it's not it doesn't bother you as much anymore because you have to you have to be even as a fan you have to understand that you have to look at it both ways and, and when the Islanders lost I understand where the Islanders are I think they're an old team they're the oldest team in the NHL they need to rebuild and if Lou can't figure that out, then Lou needs to walk out, and, and they need to bring in a, a younger guy to rebuild this team. This team has some talent. They have a very good goaltender. They have some. Good, they made a trade for Bo Horvat. He's a good center, and they have Barzell, but if Barzell can't stay healthy, trade him. This team needs to get young. In hockey, it's a young sport. It's all about speed now. Hockey's all about speed, and if you don't have it, you're not going to win. Look at the Devils. They're fast. Look at Toronto. They're fast. Look at Philadelphia. Look at Florida. They're fast. Even the Hurricanes, they're the slowest team in the playoffs right now. They still have fast guys on that roster. Plus three guys hurt. Yes. So it, you need speed. If you don't have speed, you're not going to win. Yeah, and especially as the teams that we've seen now that have gotten knocked out, like Matt, Matty Caps was saying. like A lot of the experienced teams are the teams that like made it far in previous years. Look at... Boston, look at Colorado, look at Tampa, all gone in the first round. The Rangers, who obviously went to these finals last year, gone. Colorado knows what they did wrong. They 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 did not re-sign their, their goaltender in the offseason. That was the biggest mistake they made. They had a good goaltender. They just they thought they could bring anybody in and they can win with him. It doesn't work that way. When you have a winning goaltender that's won a Stanley Cup, you re-sign him. They went the cheaper way, and because they went the cheaper way, they had problems defensively and goaltending all season long. And again, you also look at a case of these teams now that, that have gotten this far. A lot of them have done it with even new goaltenders, too. Goaltenders yep. that teams aren't familiar with. Look mm-hmm. at you know, Vegas is a good example. They've played three different look goaltenders Schmitz. all year. Akira Schmidt, I was just going to mention, a perfect example of. Even Florida early in that series with Lyon, like he was he was hot at the, coming into the end of the season because, again, Spencer Knight stepped away, yep. and then Bobrovsky had to come back from injury, too. And that seems to be the pattern this year. There's really not a lot of elite goaltenders left. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Snug, we really appreciate total- you, bud. I think the total goaltending play in the league has escalated in the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing the average goaltender is now better than he was 10 years ago. That's fair. That's that's fair, but I think so, the goaltending is better. I, if, if you were to compare 90s goaltending to now, I think the goaltenders are bigger and more athletic, so I think they're better now. When, when you look at the players and you look at what the players were in the 90s and what they are now, I think they were just a, a lot more talented offensively and defensively in those times than they are now. I think the goaltending is so much better. With the, they're so much bigger. And even with the Nets, they 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 made the, the Nets bigger and wider. It doesn't really it doesn't it hasn't really helped. And and everybody the NHL's tried to find ways of putting the finding ways where there's more goal scoring just like the MLB's trying to find ways for more home runs and more runs. 
it, it's hard like to Goldie figure that out. I'm sorry, uh, yes, with your Goldilocks. Like the Goldilocks fall. Those yes, okay, all right. <laughs> Snug. They must have been shipped to Tampa Bay by accident. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Snug, thank you for calling. I know no, don't hang up on my man Snug yet. I'm, we got I a lot him. to get into. It. We have to go. We have a lot to get into. But uh, Snug, thank you for calling, bud. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Kenny, you're the best. Listen to the Kenny Show every Sunday at noon <sighs> Eastern Time. Snug, wonderful. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. What a, lo- what a lovable, snuggable guy. There we go. Anyways, uh, so uh, Joel Embiid wins the NBA MVP. Oh, man, I know MVP. who that is. I know who that is. Who is what? Uh, know who's Jeff's calling. calling. You want to wait? Or- uh, wait, because we have, we have a lot to get into. Jeff could come on, but we, we have a lot to get into before we get our guests. Joel Embiid wins the NBA MVP, beating Nicole, Nikola Jokic. And Giannis to win the first win his first MVP of his career. And B played sixty six games this season, the second most in a season he's played in his career. And Bede averaged thirty three point one points per game, ten point two rebounds per game, four point two assists per game, with a field goal percentage at fifty four point eight percent, three point percentage of thirty three percent for a big man. That's pretty damn good, and a free throw percentage of eighty five point seven, which is fantastic. Jokic uh, averaged. 24.5 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, and a 9.8 assist per game with a field goal percentage of 63.2% and a three-point percentage at 38.3, which is ridiculous, and a free throw uh, percentage of 82.2%. Giannis averaged 31.1 points per game. Why are we even talking about Giannis? 11.8 rebounds a game and because he was runner-up. And... Uh, a 5.7 assists per game with a field goal percentage of 55.3, 27.5 three-point percentage, and a 64.5 percentage of free fro- a free throw percentage. The 76ers were 50, 54 in 28 this season. They're the, the their best win loss record with this core of players. Embiid missed. Game four versus the Nets in game number one versus the Celtics with a knee sprain, but will play tonight. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people are sitting here and trying to compare these top three players for the MVP. And when you look at the numbers, most people will say Giannis should have won. I mean, the numbers sell itself. But Nicole Jokic is, to me, he has been the best player in the NBA for the last three seasons. Easily. And he won back-to-back MVPs for the last two years. And his team was the number one seed with Denver in the Western Conference. Now, the Western Conference is not as good as the Eastern Conference. Wait, wait, wait. You're kidding, right? No, not I'm as serious. good as the East? No, not at all. You Are you drunk or high right I, now? I'm, I'm honest. <laughs> are you drunk or I'm high? Honest. You Honestly, have, have you been drinking before I'm going this show? Like, we, are you, I, have you been drinking I can before go right the show? It. I'm going to tell you why. The, the, the Western more, Conference blows away the Eastern not, Conference by not a chance. Far. Not a chance. It's not even close. Not a chance. It's I'm, not even close. I disagree. I disagree Not because, well, that's your opinion. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you look at, first of all, the Western Conference for years had more depth. They 100%. had more depth. And now you will look at Memphis. Memphis, of course, with the whole John Morant situation, John Morant didn't show up in that series. He did not show up in that series. Half the players well, didn't show hurt. up in the series. I, I, I hurt Schmert. Everybody, everybody's hurt. No, no, no. But he fell on his hand. He couldn't. He couldn't do anything with his right. Jalen hand. Brunson was hurt. Julius Randle was hurt. They I'm still not, knocked I'm, off the Cavaliers. I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Sacramento had their best player, De'Aaron Fox, who the first two games he was 100 percent healthy. The third game he hurt his hand. He was that. They. That's why they lost that series. Sacramento. If you look at the Western Conference, besides the top four teams. 
The L.A. Clippers were not any good this year. They well, were not. Well, first of all, let me just tell you this. If, if Kawhi Leonard and Paul are... George played, the, uh, the Clippers would have went to the Western Conference if, Finals. But they didn't. And I don't think they would have went to the Western Conference Finals because I think Paul George evil. is not a playoff player. He never shows up in the playoffs. I'm not disagreeing. Kawhi Leonard does. Kawhi Leonard. He's a, he's, he, to me, he's when the Kawhi best Leonard wants to be the best player on the planet, he'll be the best player on the planet. But he's not the same player. He has a knee problem. And even in the, during the first round, you could see that he couldn't stay healthy. Golden State is one of the overrated teams making the well, playoffs they're this now. year. They're old. I, they're I, old. I, I still think they have a lot of youth. Paul is young. They have youth. The problem Steph is... Steph Curry's is, 35. Yep. Yeah, Steph Curry is, is he 35 or 30? 35. 33. Yeah, I think no, he's 33. He's 35. 35. Whatever. He's 35 years old. He's still one of the best offensive players in the league. So there's no excuse He'll to shoot. that. You're right. There's no excuses to that. The Lakers, the Lakers stink. Minnesota stinks. Uh, the Pelicans stink. The two best players Oklahoma on the stinks. And the Lakers. Dallas really stinks. Utah stinks. Portland stinks. Houston stinks. Now you let's can't go to say these guys let's stink. Go, let's, let's go, go to, to the East. Let's go to Milwaukee's a good team. Boston's a good team. Philadelphia's a good team. Cleveland was a good team. Cleveland they, stinks. I, 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 the Knicks what stink. Mean, what do you mean, the Knicks stink? Cleveland and the Knicks stink. The Knicks did not stink. Stink. All right. The, stink. All right. All right. So you say they stink. Now let's look at the players on the team. All right. How many players? And I, I am not a Julius Randle. I fan. hate him. I'm don't not even a Julius. He's started. a bricklayer. But don't, how many players? Don't even get me started. How many players at his position had the numbers he had this year? What at the power forward position? Yes. How a many? lot of people. Anthony Davis, Giannis. How uh, many players? Had, had I, I would have numbers. to go. I, I'd have to numbers. go through it. I didn't look up the numbers or anything. He's a top five player at, at every single statistic at his position. Well, when you take that many shots, it's going to happen. It's easy for him to do that. I don't he's know like, about it. he's six foot ten. He's supposed to grab ten plus rebounds a game. He's Listen, shooting. If you're six ten, he's and you shooting don't grab nineteen 10 shots rebounds, a game. That's what he's averaging. He's averaging nineteen shots a game. That's a lot. Uh, not not really. I mean, listen. He goes to the free. Th- he goes to the free throw line a lot. He shoots thirty something percent from three. I mean, six ten. I get it. Like. The best ones, 39, 40% from three. I get it. The, Listen. The Knicks were top 10 in offense this year. They were problem, top 10 in defense. My problem with Julius Randle. They had a number, number and top I five. And argue with everybody. They had a top this. five bench team in, 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 the, in the, Knicks the NBA. The Knicks stink. That's your opinion. But I, I again. I'm a Knicks you fan. Can't, I, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm telling you they're not stink. Because how could you say a team stinks when they had the, the, a top 10 defense, a top 10 offense, and, and probably Dude, the third you, best bench you, in the NBA? You just tried to rip apart the West by saying Oklahoma City Thunder stink. This yeah. team was supposed to get less than 10 wins and they made the they made the playoffs. Oh, who said that Oklahoma it was going to make uh, not make the playoffs? I thought they should have made the playoffs. They have one of the best Oklahoma one of the most City Yeah, Oklahoma City was, has one of the most underrated were, players in the league. First of all, everybody on that team's under 23, so they're going to be set. Oklahoma and City they also have was nine supposed first to round be, draft picks in well, the next yeah, but, 6 years. And they were supposed to be tanking for Wembiana from France or wherever he's from. The Oklahoma City Thunder Overachieved this year. We can go I, team by team. I don't think the so. The Western Conference is the best team. And I, I can tell you this I right don't now. Think so. It's a if the Denver Nuggets get through the Suns, which they will, because Chris Paul's out now for the rest of the series, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to sweep them now. I don't think they, they'll sweep them. Uh, the, Four games or two. Denver Nuggets will win the NBA championship. I, and I'm going. Whoever to tell, they play in the East, I, and they're going to win and the and NBA I'm going, championship. And I'm going to tell you this. I, I I like Denver. As a matter of fact, Speedy will tell you that I I. I speak very highly of Denver. I'm a Jokic fan. I, I love the Joker. I, I love that he was a second-round draft pick and what he's turned out to be as a player in the league. That team, Murray coming back this year, he's finally he finally looks healthy. Porter, I don't know if he's going to be healthy one game or the other game. And their bench, the amount of depth that they had over the last couple of years, Listen, fantastic. Denver has They're been the not, best team. But here's the problem. This year, their bench has not been not been what it was two, two, two or three years behind this year. So I like Denver. I think Denver. I think their bench is better. I, I don't. 
I don't. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I think that their, their starting five is as good as anybody right now in the playoffs. No question. Because you, to me, you have the most athletic, best-passing center in the league right now. I think, honestly, I think Jokic is probably the best center to ever play the game. Uh, I wouldn't go that I, I far. Would, wait, I wait, would. wait, wait, wait. Best center to ever play the game? No. Best, did you forget about Best ba- passing oh, center. passing center. Okay, passing I was going to say, did center. you forget about Shaquille O'Neal? Because he's the most dominant and best, I, best I, Shaquille O'Neal wasn't the best center. So I, I, I don't oh, even think he was the best center. Oh, my goodness gracious. No. Oh, my Lord. Speedy. What about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I, How about I, Bill I, Russell? I, I never seen those guys How about guys Bill play? Russell? I never seen those guys but, play. But, I know about the but numbers. I'm talking about dominant big men. Bill Russell won 11 championships. It's easy when you're six eleven and everybody else is six foot four. I don't know. I, first of all, he was six foot four. I, I understand that, and there were less teams in the league. But again, you play what's on your schedule, you're like right. anybody says. So for anybody to say that, hey, you know what? And I love Shaquille O'Neal. I think he's to me most when, dominant. I, I love Shaquille. He's top ten greatest player of, of all time. And I and I I tell, when I when I go from Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe was nowhere close to the the superstar is player at the three years. Yes. The first three MVPs in a row. He went to the, he went when they went to the championship with Kobe Bryant. Him, he was the best player on the team. Everybody keeps saying Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Nope. Kobe was not. Shaquille O'Neal was the best player on that team. He was, he the, was the guy. Dominant. And then he went to Miami and won a championship with Dwayne Wade. Even though Dwayne Wade was carried the best, the he carried the team in the playoffs. So again, you sit here and we could go back and forth. Oh, we definitely can. We, we could go, go back and, and forth and compare for years. Tim uh, Duncan, for I think Tim Duncan's the greatest hours. power forward. I think he's the greatest I, power I love Mr. Fundamental. You're talking to the wrong guy. I loved him, but, but a lot of people would say, I'm out of my mind. He, he was boring. And he, he, he was boring. The bank 100%. He was boring. <laughs> but, again, you, you thought that the West was better by far. I think the East was way better. As far as all around, if you go up and down from top to bottom, from 1 to 15, I, 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 let's not go 1 to 15. Let's go 1 to, tw- 1 to 11, okay? 1 to 11 from the East. I mean, right now. You, what we saw with Dallas, and and really the the absolute debacle that they put up. You bring in Kyrie Irving, which is an absolute well, that's Mark joke. Cuban's stupidity. Well, he should have never gotten rid of Jalen Brunson. Well, that was their mistake. They didn't have a choice. They didn't. Well, they could have given they, a fifty-five million dollar extension year before that. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, it's that called being an idiot. No, being well, an with idiot. their father idiotic. becoming the coach of the New York Knicks, not taking calls from hold Dallas. On, during, hold on, he wasn't. Now at that time, in two years ago, he wasn't. You're they, right. They could have given right. a fifty million, fifty-five million. You're right. Two extension. years ago, they could have. Yeah, they should have. They didn't know what was going to happen after that. They could have been a one-hit wonder, and then it would have been a waste of money for the next five or six years. Like it, it, it's tough to say with a guy like that, but he's proven it. I mean, listen, the New York Knicks only go as far as what Jalen Brunson. I'm not even him. bringing. I'm not even bringing up the Knicks. This has nothing to do with the Knicks. But I, I'm I'm speaking about when I saw this year with the East and the West, and trying to compare now. When when you compare the top four teams in the West, in the East and the top four teams in the West, I, I I think the top four teams in the West were better than the top four teams in the East, no question. But I'm talking about all around in the conferences. I think the East was better than the West. Cleveland the, was bad. The Knicks overachieving. I mean, how 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 did the Knicks overachieve? What, well, what, what, what how did they overachieve? Did you forget how they started out and uh, Tibbs was about they, to be how fired? How did they start out? They start out like two and thirteen. They yeah, were the awful. first the first 10, 10 and, 12 games. But even during the everybody goes on runs. With, yeah, but everybody goes on runs. The first time it happened rookie. again. I mean, the first, and, go ahead, go. No, it always happens in the beginning. It always happens after the All Star break. After the All Star break is when you see where teams are going to end up in their playoff seating if they get there. How many games do they need to do to get to where they need to be in the playoffs? During the All Star break, the Knicks were the what was it six seed? 
They were the sixth seed going into the playoff break. Oh, I mean, they went one, was, one, one seed higher. Yeah, they were. They were no. They went. They, they, they yeah, finished but, fifth. But it's not easy to get in again when Milwaukee is what Milwaukee is. And Milwaukee's not even that good. I, I, they have one of the best players in the world. And when you have they one of the best players just in the world, lost to a bad Heat team. I, I understand that, but Giannis wasn't one hundred percent healthy. I'm not disagreeing. And Middleton is not the same player he was before that knee injury. He got injured. I, listen, I'm not He's saying, not but that's the what I'm saying. Player. The Bucks aren't that good. That's what I'm getting at. But the Bucks over the full season, they had a lot of depth. They had listen, one of the best benches in the league. It, it happens, and when they're you one have of the depth. best defensive teams in the league. It happens when you have depth. Like you, you could go out and play. Now, do I think their depth is as good as what you're making it out to seem? I think their depth no. is great. I, I think they. We we have to look at numbers with the NBA. It's all about numbers. Errol, you know me. I've never been a number. Guy. No, I, I am a numbers guy. And when I look at the numbers of what they did defensively and offensively, even their bench, they were a top five bench in the league this year. All right, put Jeff on. All right, Jeff, you are on. What's up, Jeff? Special night tonight is. Turn <laughs> of sanity to the Earl Hour. I love it. Matt Caps back in the building. I absolutely love it. Jeff, it's Can't great to hear you. It's great to see oh, you. But, buddy, it's, it's great to see you as well. You look fantastic. I hope marriage is treating you well and the two kids and everything. I hope you're well. Appreciate Please it. shut this idiot up. <laughs> Are you calling up to actually ask questions or be a moron? If you're calling up to be a moron, we'll just hang up. My, my, my people are calling for me. I, I'm glad. I'm glad. They'll, call, they'll call up just to attack me. So go ahead. What question do you have? What question do you have? Shut up. I, think Maddie, I actually agree with Earl on this one. Wow. Uh, I'm shocked. Not you, Maddie. The best talent is in the East. How can you ignore a team that has the reigning defensive player of the year, the current sixth man of the year, the first team all NBA power forward? The Boston Celtics are going to get knocked out by the Philadelphia 76ers, dude. Shut your stupid mouth. They, uh, um, uh, uh, listen, you just lost to them without Joel Embiid. You literally lost dope. to them without Joel Embiid. They're, they're playing rope a dope. That's what they're doing. They're going to come out strong with me too and dominate. I'm going to tell you right now, Mazzola is not the answer as a coach either. He's just lucky he has the players around him that could do that. That was all Imi Adoka, who's now going to transform the Houston Rockets. I don't think about that. First of all, you're wrong. It's all Brad Stevens. Uh, Brad Stevens. You're right. You're right. You're right. I I take that back. You're right. 100% it was Brad Stevens, and Brad Stevens drafted these guys too when he went into the front office. What did Imi Adoka do? What did Imi Adoka do? Listen. the vice president's wife. Hey, good for him, number one. Number two, I think he was very good with the X's and O's when it came down to it, especially in the fourth quarter when it really came down to it. There were a lot of coaches that are good with X's and O's. I'm not taking away from that. You're you're an NBA coach for a reason. You should be good with X's and O's, 100%. And And I disagree. It's not Brad Stevens that put this team. It's really Danny Ainge. That put this team together, and and Brad Stevens. Well, then took you're over. just going back. I'm years just saying it was yeah. Danny Ainge's team. Well, half these players were Danny Ainge's guys. All of them, actually. What, Marcus Walter five, five years ago. I, he's the one that drafted them. He's the one who put this team together. Three of them. He drafted, oh, come on. drafted three of them. Was it three? On, I, I thought it was more. Stevens, no, he drafted Marcus Smart, he drafted Tatum, and he drafted Brown. Beyond that, Brad Stevens is the one that got Robert Williams. Oh, Brad God, Stevens please. is the one that brought back Robert Al Horford. Well, Al- Albert Horford can't play anymore. He should just sit down. He, he He's literally a liability for you guys. Right now, he, he he's not oh, he's not the guy. He for did you. not look. He did not look good in game one. He's slowing down, but he's an old guy. But he's still a valuable piece. I'm not disagreeing. Uh, he's he was like a Udonis uh, Brad, Haslam. 
Brad Stevens made the brilliant move to bring in uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I, I, in, I like that uh, move. Malcolm Brogdon was, he, was a good move. Six man Derek of the year. White. An injury pro player that actually White. stayed healthy this year. Derek White, yep. Derek, well, Derek right, White was drafted. But listen, Derek White was drafted three years ago out of Vanderbilt, and he was a, a nobody player. So that's why I, I give um, Adoka a lot of credit for developing uh, White, especially him, for what he is now. And I'm, I'm going to live by that. He didn't develop shit. They traded for whoa, him whoa, at the whoa. trade deadline. They, they I, I, no, I, I, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. He did they trade for him. for him at the, the trade, trade deadline. deadline. You're right. And he barely had two months You're right. Him, I'm thinking of and, someone else. And then he got fired. Yep. You're right. You're First right. of all, the three best players on this team are the guys that Danny Ainge drafted. Marcus Smart. Who's the best defensive player in a league? He's not okay. That's what he likes. He's one of the best what, defensive players. In the league. One of them. One of them. Jason Tatum. He's not, but Jason he's one of them. Tatum, who's one of the best all-around players in the league, and Jalen Brown. Okay, the three most important players were Danny Ainge's guys. Jalen Brown is a. It should be an All NBA team, third team. Jason Tatum should be an All NBA second or first team. The Celtics are those three first guys. First team. <laughs> he. They are those three guys. That's it. Those three guys. I don't want to hear about Robert Williams, okay? In the NBA, oh, you, you, you need glue guys to grab uh, rebounds. Look why? at Kevon Looney for the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors don't have Kevon Looney. They get blown out by 30 yesterday. <sighs> First of all, and that's not his only thing, getting rebounds. He does really well. Gives you eight he's points. Great. He's eight great points. at defending the paint. And by the way, he's also terrific at blocking shots. Yeah, well, who? Kevon Looney? He, he can't do anything no, against AD. Robert Williams. Oh, Robert Williams. Williams. Robert Williams. Oh, yes, he does block shots. Yes, Robert Williams does block a lot of and shots. And he's super fast. He was in the paint last year, ran all the way up to the three and blocked the three in one step. With, also, with a, with a also bad, with a bad in, knee, too. Also an injury-prone player. So, g- good luck on that. But, we'll see but if he's, he's out there out. playing now. No, no question. He's a, he's he's a first-round pick. Everybody. I, I'm he's not getting that. Absolutely. Jalen Brunson, you love him. Jalen Brunson. Stop it, Jeff. Stop it, Jeff. Don't don't hey, bring up the I, Knicks. I love Jalen Brunson. Don't don't bring up the Knicks because we're not even talking about the Knicks. We're talking about the Celtics. But of course, when you want to flip it on it, you want to flip the switch. You bring up the goddamn Knicks. No, not at all. Because you knock everybody unless it's a. Guy I'm not runs. knocking you. What are you talking about? I just think you're out Every of your damn mind. Like first of all, first of all, first of all, Jalen Brown not that good. Jason Tatum does belong there, and Jalen Brown is he doesn't get enough credit that he all, deserves. First of all, on my fantasy team, I took Jason Tatum as my number one pick. So stop it. So stop it. Stop it. I like Jason Tatum. He's a Duke Blue Devil. Okay? Stop. Stop attacking somebody that I already love. Okay? Makes you me, like to make, take shots makes, at makes anything I say because that's what you do, Jeff. You like to just like you're like a you, you use me as bait. That's what you do. Dude, you, I, I don't yes, you do. I don't yes, you do. I don't attack everybody. Matty Caps, have I attacked you tonight? You no. don't have to. You don't have to. Jeff, you never attack me, though. You know what, Jeff? You need to pull up your woman's shorts and start talking like a man, okay? How about that? How about that? I know. You, hurt, you hurt my feelings. I, I'm not, I'm <laughs> to hurt. Do you want me to hurt your feelings? I, I'm not going to do it. I got I got three guests waiting to come on, so I'm not going to do that right now. But Jeff, do you have anything to say before we let you go? You could call back later. Please yes, call back I, later. I, I, oh, I will because we need to cover how big a scumbag New Yorkers are. All right, why goodbye, that, goodbye. Why, why? Thank you. Jesus. All right, we're back on I, that now. I swear, God, please. I love Jeff. I please love come down and speak to me. If, I love Jeff. If, 
I'm lost. When this guy actually calls a show and he actually has something smart to say, I love him. When he has some, 90% of the time, it's stupid. It's stupidity. And the first thing that comes to his mouth, oh, he didn't want to talk about the Boston Broads. He doesn't want to talk about the Red Sox. No, he wants to talk about the Celtics. And by the way, they're down one to nothing. Probably will go down two nothing tonight. By the way, I took the Celtics against the 76ers. So for anybody out there that thinks that thinks that I hate the Boston Celtics, it's a crock of you know what. And for me to for anybody to think that I have the Knicks going all the way to the championship, do I, Speedy? No. No, I do not. So stop it. Stop attacking me because I'm here in New York and I'm a Knicks fan. I am a realist. A realist. And that's why I do sports talk radio. Anyways, when we come back, we have a draft panel, ladies and gentlemen. Ian Cummings, Mike Lachine, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, a very known commodity, Ray Cotto, here on the Sports Limeouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We... Our back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. You know who I am. You know who my co-host is. We have special guest in the studio, Matthew Caps. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. Yes, they are live. Go to the menu bar, and if you have any questions, you can actually write to us. Go to my email. Go to Speedy's email. Go to whoever you damn well please email and write to whoever you want. Please, do not write to Jeff because he gives me a reason to throw up anyways. Uh, by the way, before we invite our guest in, I just want to say one thing. For all the fans, I told you we were going to give you a half an hour hockey, a half an hour basketball, and now for the rest of the show, it's all football, baby, because there's a lot to get into it. And having the opportunity to have a nice, fantastic panel to come in and talk about the NFL draft, well, we got it. Uh, we have co-founder of All 22 Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto, Pro Football Network NFL Draft Analyst, Ian Cummings, and co-creator of NFL Rough Draft, Mike Lachine. What's going on, boys? Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Earl. Some enthusiasm, guys. Come on, Ray. I know you have enthusiasm. <laughs> I know you probably lost your voice. I know you're probably saying, oh, the Cowboys, oh, what did they do? Oh, what did the oh, Arizona he's a, Cardinals do? He's a Cowboys do? fan? Hey, he's a, you know, there's a lot of people that are Cowboys fans. Uh, some people just want to jump off a damn bridge. But we will get into that. But, uh, you know, Mike, we have never had you on the show. I don't think we've ever had you on the show. How are you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the NFL draft with you guys. Hey, thanks for having me on, first of all. You know, I'm really happy to be here. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I have NFLRoughDraft.com. Uh, you know, my, my buddy Ray Manziel and I started it about, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago at this point. And, uh, you know, I, people started to find out about us when we started to score in the, toward the top of the top 100 board bid. Uh, the huddle report does every year. Um, so, you know, we've won that a few times. We just had a, a poor year. Mm -hmm. um, we came down out of that. Uh, we, we we're at the top of that top um, five year average uh, yeah. board, but. You know, whatever. We, um, you know, we'll see what happens next year. You know, you never, nobody's ever fully right because you don't expect all these trades. There was like, what, six trades in this year's first round? I think it was the most ever. I've never, it was the most ever in the whole draft. Seen too. ever that many trades in the first round. Ian, what's going on, man? We haven't seen you in a while. 
Yeah, yeah, just uh, kind of recovering from this past weekend. <laughs> I'm it's, sure it's you are. every year, but uh, it's fun to finally be past it, right? We did so many mock drafts leading Absolutely. up to it, you know, going through different probabilities. Now we actually have concrete results to talk about, and that's the best part. You know, we're, we're going to gear up to for 2024 <laughs> soon enough here, but for now, we're still reviewing the 2023. Well, here in New York, a lot of Jet fans had a lot of concrete to throw at people after their draft. I don't know why, because I thought the Jets absolutely Because they didn't get what they needed oh, to for They absolutely did. On. We were going to get into it. First of all, oh, did you see who they picked up oh, in free agency? I don't know what you're watching. How old is he, 46? What are you talking Tucker is 30 years old. Oh, they're talking about Randall Cobb and no, all I'm these not, guys. Randall Cobb's just coming in as an extra guy to teach the offense. Let's, let's get out of this, okay? So... Bryce Young, it was all about the quarterbacks in this draft class. Everybody was telling us last year, including you guys, saying, well, this year's draft class is not that good. Next year's draft class is just absolutely rocketing. But going into this draft class, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Richardson. By the way, he was, I believe, picked a little too high. I know what he did at the combine, but picked too high. Bryce Young going number one. First, First of all, Ray, what did you think? Why do you think... The Carolina Panthers thought he was their guy. He's got everything you you really want in a quarterback except for his height. I think that's that's pretty much the only thing. His pocket presence, which to me is the most important uh, factor and the first thing I look for in any quarterback as, as a measure of future success or projecting success, he's got phenomenal pocket presence. He maneuvers so well. He just has such a great feel for the game. And if his height just had a six in front of it, as far as you know, height and feet goes, he would be uh, probably the third unicorn quarterback, at mm. least the way I see it in the last 12 years to come out. The first two being uh, Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, as far as prospects go, not taking into account, obviously, the success that someone like Mahomes has had. But I really think Bryce Young's feel for the game is just top notch. And he's got everything you look for outside of the size, which... Now in today's day and age, when uh, if you do hit the quarterback too hard, it's free 15 yards for the offense. It's it's probably not as big of an issue as it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, how, about, uh, how about you, Ian? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers obviously did their due diligence on all those QBs heading up into it. And, you know, they were all the top three anyway were clustered very high at the top of my board. So, you know, I wouldn't have been averse to any of those picks at number one overall. But I think with Bryce Young, you know, and Ray mentioned it, you know, just the it factor, the calmness against under pressure, you know, you, of the quarterbacks in this class. You know, I think he's the best, most consistent when it comes to staying calm in chaotic situations, you know, kind of keeping his team solid, you know, steady in those situations. And I think that's very valuable, right? Of those three, I think he has the, the least amount of tools, right? I think he's his arm is weaker than Richardson's, obviously, but also a little weaker than Stroud's, right? You're not working with a ton of firepower there, but, you know, he's just so, he's so natural, so instinctive when things go awry. And I think that ability to oh, like maintain that, that path amidst <laughs> adversity is very valuable, especially for a young quarterback oh, when you need to. Ian, you are speed. wonderful with words, man. I love it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're actually using too big of words for Errol. I know. I, I understand the words. I think they're wonderful words. Wait, I'm not trying words. to discombobulate you. You're not. Oh, discombobulate. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I understand the words. I, I just, I like the way you use the words. It, it flows. Mike, what I do you think? It. What I do you think? Yeah, so I think, you know, with Young, the, the things that set him apart from the others are, first of all, his ability to process what he's seeing on the go. That's a big deal. I think that's, you know, one of the areas where Stroud sort of struggled. You know, Stroud reminds me actually a lot of Derek Carr. You know, you have Derek Carr as your quarterback, a solid NFL starter. Nobody would ever debate that. But, you know, he misses a lot of wide open throws because he just doesn't see the field 
um, as well as you, you would like a franchise quarterback to see it. And then the other thing that uh, Young does really well is just making plays when the play breaks down. Um, and, and that's another area where I think Stroud kind of really struggled. Um, if, if you watch him in Ohio State, of course, the exception being that that game against Georgia. But, um, you know, I think those are the things that set Young apart. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got the Panthers, you've got the owner there really wanted to get that quarterback position right. Mm. That's been a big deal for the last couple of years. So, you know, good for them. You know, I know they gave up a lot to move up, but, you know, hopefully now they have their answer for the next 10 years or so. So what about Will Levis? He falls surprisingly out of the first round completely. I don't think anybody expected that. People expected him to fall because of age. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Ian and then Ray. Well, why do you think Will Levis fell out of the first round? So I think I think that that's actually uh, really simple. Um, you know, you look at Will Levis, he's a really smart guy. He's got a lot of tools, and you know he could develop into a good quarterback. But, you know, first of all, Leaves Penn State, goes to Kentucky. Um, not that's not the end of the world. We see that happen all the time. Joe Burrow did that. You know, Joe Burrow transferred. He was fine. But Will Levis didn't have the greatest year. Not a big deal. You could chalk that up to all right. He plays for Kentucky. He plays in the SEC. You know, plays against a lot of really good defenses. But I think a lot of people were thinking, all right, well, he's got his opportunity to go and show that he's a top tier prospect by showing up to Mobile and going to the Senior Bowl. And now you're competing on an even playing field. You're playing with other NFL prospects and against other NFL prospects. And when he declined that invitation, I really think that that set off some red flags. And you know that that's one thing, that's probably the first question in all of the interviews that uh, you know he had with teams. And you know I know he kind of chalked that up to he wasn't 100% healthy, but... You know, I, I think teams wanted to see him go down there and compete. You could say it. He was scared. You could say it. He was scared to go up and, and compete against those guys. It's all right. Well, you know, whatever the reason was, I think it definitely turned off a lot of NFL decision makers. I mean, look, I, I, I can't agree more with you about Will Levis. I, I wasn't a big fan of him. Listen, I follow college football religiously. Best quarterback in the class. You I'm, watch. I'm, 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 a, I'm a big Saban guy, and I'm a big Bryce Young guy. I think Bryce Young is going to be the real deal. But my question is about Anthony Richardson. Now, he went to Florida. He had, and this is for all three of you, so I'm curious on what your guys' opinion on him. I know we just talked about Will Levis, Kentucky, the SEC. They all played against each other. But you look at Anthony Richardson, he did nothing special. In my eyes, he did nothing special at Florida to warrant a number four uh, pick. Uh, what, what, he was getting drafted. What do you guys think on athleticism and just because of his size maybe and his arm strength? I'll, I'll give him that. His arm strength is very good. But, Mike, like you said, this guy misses more passes than anybody, I feel like, it, that, out of the, all the quarterbacks going forward. So all three of you, my question to you is, what do you guys feel about Anthony Richardson getting picked by the Colts and where he got picked at? Whoever wants to go first. Ian, go, you go first. We'll go Ray and then Mike. Well, he's worth it for sure. And I think that fit with that Shane Steichen offense is very good, right? We saw Steichen working with a very traits-rich quarterback in Philly with Jalen Hurts, and he got the most out of him. So I think if he was going to go anywhere, it's a perfect fit for him where he can maximize his tools anytime. Well, first off, right, I mean, you're playing in the AFC. You need to compete, right? And you're playing against quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all right? The firepower in that conference is insane. And, you know, ultimately it might get to a point where it's going to be traits versus traits in the, in the playoffs. And you might need a guy with the talent like Richard to get you over the hump right so Richardson you know people talk about the stats the completion percentage the accuracy does need to improve he does need to sync up especially in the NFL 
But I think, you know, he had one of the highest drop rates in college football among wide receivers, right? So, you know, I don't think it's quite as much of a liability as people let on. Did you ever, did then, you watch any Florida games by any chance? Did you see any of his games against especially the top schools? I'm just curious if you did because I did. Yes. And a couple of his throws were nothing. I'm an NFL draft analyst. Well, of course. <laughs> I, no, I get that. I get that. But, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, again, I'm just not a big fan of Anthony Richardson. I just Here's don't think Here's the thing with he's... Anthony Richardson. He is 21 years old. He had one year of starting under his belt, right? This yeah. is a guy who mm-hmm. you need to get more reps. You need to get him in the lab. I agree. He's 6'4", 240. He ran a 4'4", and it shows up on tape. He's not just a linear speed guy. He can make you miss. He can juke you out of your shoes. He's explosive. It takes more than one tackler to bring him down. He has a rocket arm. But then even beyond that, you know, I've been talking about the traits. But anytime you have a prospect with as much traits as this, you need to ask, does he show the proper mental capacity, the proper, you know, operational mm-hmm. capacity yep. where I'm worth investing in him, right? And you see him, you know, pre-snap. He's identifying rushes, you know, he's setting protections, right? He's going to need to do that a lot. He's, yep. he's a very good pocket navigator. I don't think that gets talked about enough, too, you know, where he's actually maintaining spacing. He's evading rushers. He's keeping his eyes up. He's shown he can anticipate over the middle of the field, too. So, you know, it's not consistent right now, but you at least see the capacity. The How do you think he's going to do his rookie season, then? If, if, I think you're very high on him, him, apparently. He's, he's not going to play in the beginning of the rookie season. He's not going to play, no. but I think he's going to get Here's time. The thing. Steichen, again, knows how to use a running quarterback like this. You get him on the move, boot mm-hmm. actions, right? You get him moving, yep. you know, out of the pocket. Out of the pocket, him, yep. You manufacture space for him. You know, I think he's got good weapons. They drafted Josh Downs in round three, who complements Michael Pittman and Al Pierce very well. Very well. they got a solid offensive line. I think they have enough supporting talent to bring him up and they have Gardner Minshew too they don't have to eat they can ease him in as well so mm-hmm. I think he landed in the right situation and I think the flashes are there for sure you know could he you know eventually bust you know any of these guys could if you're going to invest in a quarterback with these kind of traits you want this kind of supporting environment for him so I think ultimately the modern NFL you got to shoot for the stars man and he's got the traits better than anyone that we've seen in the past five ten years so you know I can see why they would invest in him that high is it a guarantee no well, but he's got the, the size, flashes yep. are definitely there Safe. Ray, what do you think? It's it's funny to me. If if you rewind twelve months from today, you go back a year, a year from today. I think after Will Levis's first year at Kentucky, people looked, they saw all the tools he had a year starting under his belt. There were some flashes, right? But yes, he turned the ball over a lot and there was inconsistency as you'd expect. And I think people got ahead of themselves projecting what Will Levis could become once the sum of all those parts was put together and they saw this prototype uh, just just stud of a quarterback, right, specimen if it was all put together. I think Richardson is getting some of that benefit of the doubt after his first year starting um, because same thing. We, we saw the flashes, right? The flashes of brilliance were there. Uh, I think Ian really summed it up really well as you saw what he could do. The consistency isn't quite there yet, but the signs of what they could become are there as far as the processing and kind of his, his reaction to things on the field uh, as they happened and sort of the improvisation that, that took place. I think I see those signs more so from Richardson's year starting um, this past year in 2022 than I did from Levis in 2021 heading into this past year. So um, I could totally see why Richardson ended up going higher and then obviously in hindsight, much higher than Levis did. Um, it's just, of course, like, like you mentioned, you got to put the pieces all together and that is as incumbent upon his situation as anything else in the league. 
Um, it's, you know, cause I think once you're in the league, it's not always all about just the player and their ability. It's the, the environment, the situation around them, the coaching, the consistency, the line in front of them. And I think the pieces are there to allow for that to happen, uh, for Richardson to develop. Um, it's just, you gotta be a bit patient, I think. Mike, what are your thoughts to the Richardson uh, move and, and, and all the other quarterbacks? Yeah, I think Ian and Ray really summed it up very well. You know, you've got Shane Steichen there. You look at what Jalen Hurts was you know, when he was first drafted. He certainly wasn't what he was this past year when they got to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I remember him getting thrown in toward the end of his rookie season. I Actually, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the FFPC, but they have a big fantasy football tournament. I was in second place. First place is a million dollars going into the four o'clock games with Zach Ertz. And I'm like, yeah, gosh, Jalen Ertz just complete a pass. Please, come on. And he had a really rough game against the Cowboys. And then, you know, even a couple of years ago, they made it to the playoffs. I don't think they beat a team with a, a winning record. And, you know, Hertz made a lot of plays with his feet, but, you know, didn't, uh, you know, wasn't a great quarterback at that point. And then obviously took a gigantic leap forward this year. And I think that that's probably what the hope is. Well, not probably. That is what the hope <laughs> is for, for Richardson. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people see him as sort of a boomer bust type guy. Of course, anybody could bust. And the ceiling is really, really high in Richardson. We could look back and say, how is this guy not the first pick in the draft? But I really think he actually has a, a you know, a pretty safe floor. You know, when you look at the athleticism and the plays that he could make with his feet, I think his floor is really probably what you saw, you know, from Jalen Hurts a couple years ago when, you know, all right, maybe, you know, he wasn't completing a lot of passes, wasn't, you know, spectacular throwing the ball, but he was able to make enough athletic plays to keep his team in games and, you know, was able to get them to the playoffs. That's really the floor for him. So I want to ask all you guys about B. John Robinson going number eight overall of the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously an athletic freak. Probably the most hype for a running back we've seen since Adrian Peterson when he was a prospect. So, Ray, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Mike and then Ian. Um, was it too early at number eight? You don't want to take a running back that early? Or is he the, is he worth it, number eight? Uh, it, it's funny. All 22, we partner with PFF. And the whole thing is like, hey, you know, running back value is not there in the top ten, right? And so... Uh, uh, you kind of asked me a bit to go against that here, but I think if you were to simply stack them, I didn't really do like a one to 50 big board this year. Like I normally do Bijan Robinson is probably in the top five or six players in the entire draft, if not even higher, just regardless of position. I think once the quarterbacks were gone from a place like Atlanta and just that offense, they, they have a great, you know, run blocking line. They have some weapons on the outside, they just wanted to stamp their identity and get what was probably the best player still on their board. I totally see why and understand it because Bijan is phenomenal. His, his feel for the game is, is incredible. Uh, I would push back a little bit and say still to me, I think Saquon is the top prospect since Peterson at that position, but I see why I think that that run run offense is going to give opposing teams a lot of problems this coming year, even though they do have you know, uncertainty at the quarterback position. I think that's still to be resolved. So you're probably still looking two steps ahead as to what that franchise is going to be in a couple of years. But if he's the best guy on your board, then by all means, take him. And, you know, yeah, he's a running back, but so be it. He's, he's the best player on the board. If you can't trade out, take him. That's, that's your identity. So uh, for Bijan, I love the fit. Like I said, he's got a great line in front of him for that. They're built to run the ball. 
Uh, you saw Algier have great success last year, and Bijan is just on another level talent-wise. So I'm excited for him. I mean, if we're talking fantasy, he's obviously way up there now in, in redraft and dynasty. So uh, I think it's a good fit for Bijan overall. And then for the Falcons, you still have another year or two to sort of get the rest of the pieces in there to uh, really become a contender moving forward. Ian, how about your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think anytime you draft a running back that early, there's going to be a little apprehension, right? And especially after getting a thousand yard rusher from Tyler Algier the year prior, right? You know, they proved that they could get production from lesser running backs in that scheme for sure. So, you know, it wasn't a need, right? But at the same time, Bijan was the top three prospect, regardless of positional value on my board, right? So I think you look at what he possesses, 5'11", 215, you know, really good size, workhorse. He's got physicality, contact balance. But then, you know, for his size, the creative instincts, the vision, the processing ability in tight spaces, the short area agility, flexibility on his cuts, you know, all of those things are very, very good for, for his size. So, you know, on top of that, too, a phenomenal receiving back as well. You know, he's shown he can pass protect. So, you know, I think the versatility, the dynamic athleticism in tight spaces, the ability to control runs, you know, and kind of manipulate defensive backs and then finish with physicality, all that is there with him. So, you know, I'm in agreement with Ray. You know, I'm very excited to see him in that offense, especially after adding Matthew Bergeron in round two, you know, put him at guard. I think that's a very, very solid front for you. Uh, so I think he can, he can provide dividends on that. I think, you know, for the Falcons, especially, you know, they made some nice moves in free agency, getting Jesse Bates, Calais Campbell. You know, they made enough moves where I think that this is warranted, right? You know, taking the best player available and just going from there. If Tyree Wilson was still there, you know, if the Raiders hadn't taken him, I think maybe they would have considered that, right? Because I think he fits well in that scheme as that stand-up rusher who can move around the front as well. But he wasn't, and Bijan was the best guy. And, you know, I think, you know, it's tough because people say running backs don't matter. But, you know, he is as close to an elite running back prospect as we've seen. So you put him on that offense, you know, especially with Desmond Ritter. You want a guy who can kind of take on added volume, who can provide that versatility and provide dynamic ability on all three downs. Bijan does that. So I'm not going to criticize it too much, right? It's kind of one of those things like, you know, prove it. You made a move that I didn't completely agree with, but I can see the reasoning for it. Now prove it. Show me that you can put him in a position to succeed, and we'll go from there. As everybody knows, we are talking to a draft panel of uh, three guys, uh, co-founder of All-22 Fantasy Football, Ray Cotto, Pro Football Network NFL Draft Analyst, Ian Cummings, and co-creator of NFL Rough Draft, Mike Lusheen. You know, it's so funny. We, we talk about the draft, and you're wondering what, what these guys are going to turn out to be as the season progressively starts. You look at some of these picks, and you just mentioned – uh, uh, Bijan Robinson. You talk about obviously Gibbs running backs, and this is not a wide receiving class. And and I think that was a lot of the reason why you've seen running backs get drafted early in this draft because these are the best playmakers in the draft. They're, this didn't have the depth like it, it did last year when it came to wide receivers, and even the year before with depth of wide receivers. But there was a couple of draft picks that really stood out. In this year's draft, one of them, Jalen Carter, who was drafted at number nine. A lot of people after the whole situation with the the car situation and and a lot of people, his agent was saying he's going to be in a top 10. He fell all the way to number nine. Philadelphia actually moved up from, uh, I think, 10 to nine. I, I don't understand because I knew Chicago wanted an offensive lineman. So that was one. And then also. Uh, when you look at uh, some of the other picks that were drafted early in the in the first round, Paris Johnson Jr., who I don't think was the best offensive lineman in this class, falling at six. I I, I didn't I, out of all the different 
offensive linemen that were available. Broadwick Jones, what a lot of people thought was the best offensive lineman in this class. Uh, Darnell Wright, who played very well against top SEC defenses this year. So what were your thoughts to the offensive linemen and some of the playmakers that were drafted so early in this draft? So just real quick, you know, if we're going to talk about playmakers, just to finish up on Bijan Robinson, you know, I think another part of that, a lot of times fans, when they look at the draft, they think, well, is this really the best value? And, you know, there are a couple different parts of that. So first, yeah, we all know, you know, all things being equal, you know, prospects being equal, you want the cornerback, you want the edge rusher, you know, you want positions of higher value in the first round or in the draft in general so that you're not paying them on the open market because we know running backs are a dime a dozen on, on the open market. But you have a team like Falcons where that regime needs to save their jobs. Otherwise, Arthur Smith's going to be you know, trying to go back and get a job at FedEx with his grandfather or whoever that was that, that founded FedEx. But um, So I think that plays into it, too. And we saw that with the Texans as well. Someone said, well, we, you know, they mortgaged the future to, uh, to move up and make those you know, make that Will Anderson pick. Well, Nick Cesario doesn't really have a future there if they're picking in the top 10 next year. So he doesn't really care. Um, now, in, in terms of uh, the guys you were talking about, so Paris Johnson, I think that that's a, a good point that you hit on there. I, I had Roderick Jones as my top tackle. Can't knock anybody for having Paris Johnson as, uh, as the top offensive lineman. But I don't know if the Raiders were going tackle at seven. I don't know if that, that trade up there was was necessary. Um, you know, if you look at what the Raiders did this offseason, they brought back Brandon Parker. He's certainly nothing special, but, you know, he's serviceable. Um, they like Thayer Munford, the undrafted rookie out of Ohio State last year, and he actually wasn't too bad last year. And then Jermaine Illuminor was brought back as well, and, you know, he, he sort of surprised a lot of people. He had a good year. So, you know, I look at the Raiders and I kind of think, well, they ignored defense all throughout free agency. Um, they've got Colton Miller locked in over there at left tackle. At right tackle, they've got three options and figured the other two are probably your swing tackles. I think they were locked in on defense no matter what. So mm. that trade up might have been a little bit unnecessary. How about you, Ray? The more I watched of Paris Johnson, the more I grew to love him. Um, He's a bit inconsistent. Sometimes the rushers can get to his back hip, but I forget. It's like 36 and a half inch arms or something absolutely absurd. And he did use that length to bail him out whenever he didn't win initially and then was able to just sort of push rushers uh, past the pocket and, you know, clear the way for his quarterback. And just the more you watched, you were like, okay, this guy's, this guy's got it. He's going to get it. It's going to come together. And while it comes together, he still has what it takes to win his reps in this league. So he, he became, I think he solidified himself as the number one tackle, at least on my board. Really? I liked, uh, hmm. yeah, I, I, I liked him a lot and it takes a lot for me to say that about an Ohio state player. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I like Paris Johnson. I did like Roderick Jones too. I had him uh, as my tackle three, but that was kind of a toss up between him and Darnell Wright. Uh, He's got sort of the same thing. He's got the tools more so in sort of a uh, – I kind of liked his his power, so to speak. And um, 
but he just kind of has to be a little bit more consistent with his feet. Sometimes when he has to sustain his pass blocks, uh, his feet will just kind of die and he would lose his base and then give up the inside. I think I saw that in the South Carolina game uh, a little bit. And it was just more so stuff that needs to be cleaned up because you see the power and you just see how when it all comes together and his upper body and lower body work together, he's, he's, he's a wall, he's a brick wall. So um, I, I won't fault anyone if they had Jones as their, as their tackle one. I just thought, Hey, no matter how good Jones becomes and, and how technically sound he ever gets, he doesn't have 36 and a half inch arms like Paris Johnson does. And um, you know, that's like sort of the fail safe there that can bail you out when you need an emergency situation. So um, I would have uh, Johnson at the top of my wow, list. Wow. I'm surprised. I, I'm very surprised because I, as a lot of NFL uh, specialists that I, I speak to on Twitter, they all had Johnson as their third. Some people had him as their fourth. I think one guy I think that I spoke to on on Twitter that I speak to a lot about his draft board, he, he had him as his number one guy, and he gave me probably the same thoughts about him like you did, Ray, but very surprised that uh, you had him as your number one guy. How about you, Ian? Yeah, he was my OT1, too. And, wow, and like wow. I said, you There know, you go, two guys. The, the, you're mainly banking on the huh. upside there, you know, the 36-inch armors, but not just that, too. He's one of the most explosive athletes off the snap as a run blocker, especially. Like, this guy surges out of contact, you know, and that burst combined, combined with that length, you know, provides you with an elite power profile to drive guys off the line, you know, steamroll, you know, pave open lanes. So, you know, I love his run blocking profile, too. But then pass protection as well. You know, that athleticism, you know, kind of him and Broderick Jones are a little bit similar where they use their traits to build themselves out sometimes. Mm. You know, like Broderick Jones, it's the recovery athleticism. It's the core strength as well. You know, there are times where he'll leave his torso way too wide and he'll allow uh, Isaiah McGuire, Missouri, for instance, really exploited that and drove power through him. But he was still able to use his core strength and his base to, you know, stimmy those rushes when he was able to get his grip. You know, with Paris Johnson, it's a little similar, you know, not not the same exact issues with him. You know, he'll lurch sometimes. So kind of lean and bend at the waist a little bit. But again, it's the flexibility. It's the you know ability to recover and just cover ground so easily with his explosive athleticism and the 36 inch arms to reach and kind of keep yourself clean uh, i think that the traits are all there for him so i think especially for the cardinals you know he's proven that he can play guard or tackle left side or right side so that flexibility on day one as well is very valuable they still have dj humphreys under contract until 2026 i want to say so you have flexibility you have upside to bank on hmm. and i think that's worth it right you know and there were other guys available you know darnell Wright is a natural right tackle i think he would have been a good fit there. overweight i think, I think yeah. he's overweight Here's the thing, though. I mean, 6'5", 330, but, man, I mean, some of the corrective athleticism and footwork that he shows matching guys. Makai Becton. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm a big Makai Becton fan, but when he came into the league, he what was he, 6'8", 335, 340. He ran a 40 at, like, almost, like, Five. I mean, he was, it was unbelievable. He was putting up yeah. unbelievable numbers. And then he comes in and he played unbelievable in his first year. He was one of the better top 10 tackles. And then all of a sudden, knee injury, knee injury. And he's missed, what, 30 games in his last three years? I mean, weight has a lot to do with it. You have to, you, you have to be at weight uh, throughout the season. I don't know if Darnell White, that's the problem I've been reading about him. He can't keep weight. And that is a huge problem in the NFL because – it's a lot faster, and you have to be a lot more athletic at his position. Right. One tackle I'm really banking on to yeah. surprise people is Anton Harrison, who yeah. was the Jaguars. Yeah. He was my OT2. 
Uh, I think that was a phenomenal value pick for him because yeah. he's got the athleticism, but he's also got very smooth footwork, very fast feet, you know, really nimble on his feet. And then at the same time, he can use independent hands. I think he quietly had one of the better mixes of athletic talent and refinement as well in both phases. So he's got range as a run blocker in space like Broderick Jones. So he could surprise them. But overall, those top tackles, I think he got a lot of very variance and a lot of, you know, kind of versatile talent within that group. And I'm excited to see how they pan out. All right. Last question for, for me. So don't pick the same teams, both all three of you um, in your draft grades, a team that you thought got an A and a team that you got think did the worst closest to an F or an F. Don't pick the same teams though. We'll start with you, Mike, and then we'll go to Ray and then Ian to finish it off. Sure. So yeah, there are a lot of drafts that I like, I, I guess, you know, you guys seem like you're New York based. I'll go with the giants. I really like what they did. Uh, you know, first of all, Deontay Banks, I, I think he could end up being the best corner in this draft. I don't think it would surprise anyone. Um, he was really athletic, um, and I didn't think he'd get anywhere close to them. I thought, I thought he'd be gone in the top 20 um, for sure. And I actually, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if he went ahead of some of the other cornerbacks. I, I thought he, he could have been a surprise top 10 pick. Um, so him falling all the way down there was, was terrific. And then, you know, we'd heard that they – they really liked John Michael Schmitz, mm -hmm. you know, leading up to the draft. And we thought that he might be an option in the first round. They end up getting him in the second round. You know, that's a slam dunk. Um, Jalen Hyatt in the third round. You know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't have necessarily liked that pick if it were a first round pick, but if they took Jalen Hyatt in the first round, I think everybody would have probably said, all right, yeah, it's a little bit of a reach, but that's nothing egregious. You know, he, he's a field stretcher. He's maybe Will Fuller. If he hits his ceiling and they get him all the way in the third round. Um, so, you know, I, I really like what they did. And then, you know, even Eric Gray on day three, he's nothing special, but he's certainly a lot better than the depth that they've had behind Saquon Barkley, you know, for the last number of years. So you know, I, I really like what the Giants did. Um, and in terms of a team that I thought didn't have a great draft, and I think I might be alone on this, but I didn't really like what the Chiefs did. I, I know they've gotten a lot of praise, but I really thought uh, Felix and Dupe Azuma was going to be more of a, a three, a third round pick. Um, now he, he had a lot of buzz early on in the process, but he kind of bombed his pro day. Uh, you know, we, we hear a lot about Jalen Carter kind of showing up to his pro day and getting, you know, kind of looking like he wasn't prepared. Now, I heard the same thing about um, uh, Andupe Azuma. And they went and took him in the first round. So, you know, I know it was the last pick of the first round, but that surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Then they took Rasheed Rice in the second round. I know a lot of people thought he was going there, but, you know, I'd heard that there were character concerns with him. Uh, you know, we, we heard about him playing through that that uh, that heel injury. and um, But, you know, I, I'd heard that there were maturity issues and that he could be a day three pick. Um, so that surprised me that they took him in the second round. Um, and then, you know, Wanya Morris in the third round, sort of the same thing. You know, he's got a lot of potential, but he's another one of these guys where a lot of people are questioning, you know, does he want to play football? Is he committed to it? He was a huge recruit, obviously, and hasn't really put it together. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we've seen that the Chiefs in recent history have not shied away from sort of character concerns um, in the draft. And... Um, you know, I, I thought that they took a lot of risks and I didn't really think that the value they got, um, warranted those risks. I mean, Ian. Ray. Oh, okay. Ray first. 
Yeah, so I feel like uh, I might be cheating a little bit, be- um, but I really liked what the Steelers did. Roderick Jones, right? Like I said, I like him a lot. Joey Porter Jr., it's like the typical storybook you know, sort of selection there. Going back to Pittsburgh and following his, his father's legacy there, but uh, I like Joey Porter Jr. a lot. I get why a lot of people had him sort of sliding to the back end of the first round. Uh, despite what seemed at the at the forefront there with his prototypical size, speed being you know in the high four fours, maybe low four fives, perfectly fine there. Um, but there's still some refinement to his game that's needed uh, from a technical perspective, and then there's just some things he just won't ever be great at as far as uh, cover corner goes, whether it's you know off man and things of that nature. But to get him at the top of the second round is still phenomenal value for sure. I was a big fan of of Keanu Benton, um, and I think. At defensive tackle, it's it's just becoming more and more rare to find 310 plus pounders that really move well and also have some power to his game. I think Ben is just a real smooth player, uh, so I, I like that pick as well. The medical is the is the main thing with uh, Darnell Washington. It appears to be, mm-hmm. which is why he slipped to you know the end of the third, uh, all the way down to pick 93. But I mean, just you put on the tape. I actually I might be alone on this, but you know medical, you know not knowing anything about that. I had Darnell Washington as my tight end one in the class, just because I feel like he's the, he's the only one that brings something different to the table from everybody else. No one else, if they hit their ceiling can still give you what Darnell Washington does from either just a pure blocking perspective, or just as far as that catch radius, that big downfield threat down the seam. I just, I just loved everything about Washington while yes, the production wasn't quite there from, from the passing game, so to speak in college. I think, he had time to put those all together. Again, the big caveat there is being the medical. Uh, was also a big fan of Nick Herbig. I, I, I wish Wisconsin didn't drop him into coverage so much uh, and just rushed him even more because whenever he did, he was disruptive and he would win in different types of ways, regardless of, of who was in front of him and the type of style tackle that he was going against. Corey Trice is another cornerback out, out of Purdue that I just couldn't quite understand the fall uh, all the way to the seventh round, but a big long corner there. I like the traits to work with. So, I love just about every pick that the Steelers had, um, you know, throughout the weekend and, and it started, you know, in, in, in night one and then kicked off right away in, in, at the start of Friday night as well. So I was a big fan of them. And then I'm really cheating here. I didn't like the Packers draft. I feel like a lot of people say that all the time about the Packers. It's another draft where they drafted two tight ends. I wasn't a big Van Ness fan. Uh, I actually kind of liked the fit with him in green Bay, but I just, I, I don't I don't see it there. He was on the lower end of, of, of my edges of, of all the guys that were kind of talked about in the top 50. I think I'd probably have him at the bottom of that grouping uh, like Musgrave and actually kind of like Jaden Reed. But then outside of that, not really a huge fan of the Tucker craft pick, especially after drafting Musgrave. Uh, and then you draft uh, Sean Clifford. Don't get me started on that one. Uh, thankful, I guess, for his 2022 season at Penn state, but I'm, I'm not going to dive any deeper into that one. I just, I don't know. It was just another class for the Packers where I just come out of it going, yeah, I like this or that, but uh, I don't know. And I can kind of see why they've just continuously kind of regressed gradually in the last handful of years. Ian, what are you, what about you? Yeah, I'm glad no one picked my team and the Steelers <laughs> were up there for me for sure, but I got to go with the Colts. You know, I think, you know, a rich first off, you know, again, landing in the perfect situation for him. But I also think the supporting talent they got in the rounds 
in the rounds after that to uh, Julius Brents. They, they scored three extremely good cornerback prospects, Julius Brents and Albatross with 34 inch arms and incredibly physical, but also a twitchy explosive athlete. Darius Rush from South Carolina who has got four, three speed with 33 inch arms at the senior bowl. You know, he was reacting to the stimulus very well. And those one-on-ones sinking his hips, like a, like a corner three inches shorter. Right. So, you know, I think that sink, that speed, that ability to react and man and, and blanket routes is very appealing. And then Jalen Jones from Texas A&M, he, he uh, declared for the draft as a true junior. I thought he was very underrated throughout the whole process. Six foot two, 200, very strong frame, very good run support, uh, very good off man technique. He's disciplined for his age, right? But then also, you know, he's shown that he can match guys with that corrective <laughs> athleticism. So three very good cornerback prospects for a team that really needed that. And then getting Adeta Miwa Adeboware in round four from Northwestern. I mean, that was an insane value deal. Six foot two, 282, 34 inch arms, 449 speed. Like, I mean, forget that he's a tweener, right? You know, you don't quite know where to put him. You can put him at five tech on early downs, rush him inside at three tech alongside Grover Seward as a pass rusher, and he can wreak havoc, man. I love the upside there. If you're going to get a receiver for Richardson, you know, we mentioned the accuracy does need to improve. Get a guy who can extend beyond his frame for those slightly inaccurate passes. Josh Downs had one of the highest contested catch rates in college football this past year, but he's also a route running savant. I compliment Doug Baldwin. I think he can be a very good slot weapon for you. And then even later on, you know, they got Will Mallory, a very dynamic tight end receiving threat. Uh, Daniel Scott, a versatile safety. You can play too high, single high. He can play a little slot too. Uh, and then Evan Hull, utility back as well. You know, I think they scored great value at basically every point. Blake Freeland as well, very athletic tackle who had a 37-inch vertical at six foot eight, right? So explosive, powerful. The tools are there to mold. I think, you know, they do need to develop these guys, right? You need to prove it now, but you got a ton of upside. And especially in the AFC, that's what you need. Uh, a lot of great players for them. And then the team that I didn't like, I didn't, there weren't a ton of drafts that I didn't, you know, like that I couldn't get behind or at least understand the reasoning. The 49ers, man, they drafted a kicker in round three. That's always going to be <laughs> that's always gonna be a sticking point for me. I swear, man, but there were so many good How players. How about the Patriots them. drafting a kicker, the trading with the Jets? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny, too, man. Anytime, anytime you pick a kicker before round six or round seven, man, I just can't get behind it because there's there's good players still left on the board. And mm. to be fair to the 49ers, they did have some nice picks. Daryl Luter from South Alabama, I was a big fan of that one. Ronnie Bell, late. I think he's got great mm. potential in that, in that you know, value, but – just drafting a kicker that high, man. It's such a volatile position from year to year. You can't convince me to bank on that that early with that kind of capital because ultimately I think there's better value at other positions. It's crazy when you look at the draft and, and you don't know who's going to be good and you only you only look at what they did at the combine, you see what they did on their pro day or what they, they did throughout their careers in college. So some of these guys, even though they're high draft picks, they all turn out to be you know, busts. Uh, Vernon Galston being one for the Jets. If you remember how high he was drafted by LOL. Eric Mangini. <laughs> I mean, I, he's one guy that I it really stands out to me. Uh, there's quite a few guys that over the years, and you can laugh all you want, I can name a bunch of Giants. That oh, I can name a bunch of Giants the entire 2010s. You're, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> right? It's not hard. Busts. But, you know, I as a Jet fan, I, I look at what the Jets did. I, I, I actually lo- I liked, I didn't love, but I liked what the Jets did. And Will McDonald, everybody was mocking what they did. They did what they needed to do at the edge. I've been on this show for who knows how long now. I've Obviously, I took two years off. Errol, there has not been a Jets draft that you never liked. That's not true. That's there not hasn't true. been one in that's the not last true. That's not five, true. six years. You've, that's, that's, you loved them all. Really? You liked so, them. So, you, so you've listened ever to since my, I started. Uh, ever that, since I started. So what was that, 2018, 17? Actually, if, if you look at what the Jets have done over the last three years, they've done pretty well in the draft. And as far as what I think they did this year, 
Will McDonald was was attacked all over social media when the Jets drafted him at 15. Being that he is too, uh, his weight, his concerns of weight and stuff like Meanwhile, he, as far as edge is concerned, the guy has the best bend in the draft as far as an edge rusher. And if that's what the Jets. Wide nine. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. That's what he likes to do. And that's what the Jets like to run. So having him over there. And if the Jets didn't draft him, I've heard that the Cowboys were about to draft him. There were a bunch of teams interested in making the move for Will McDonald. But again, everybody keeps talking about the tackle position and the Jets should have went for the tackle position. The the Jets, after the draft, brought in Tucker, who's right now 30 years old. You bring in him a guy that knows the Aaron Rodgers offense. He knows uh, knows how to run the Nathaniel Hackett offense. And the Jets right now adding a great center in the second round. People forget he's he's a really good player who you can move at guard. You can move him at right tackle if you want. And for for the size that he has and the ability that he has at the center position, he's definitely going to cause havoc for the Jets for the future. But, guys, we really appreciate uh, you guys have any any thoughts to the Jets draft before we leave? Before we hey, let you Carter go, Warren. Carter Warren's a really solid fourth round pick at tackle mm. too. I, I love that pick. He could end up being a starting tackle for you as well. You know, maybe not day one yeah. of, of his rookie season, but that's a really strong pick. The running back too, Israel. He he's fantastic. He, a lot of people think, thought he fell too far, and the, some people had him in their top five for running backs on the board. Uh, I was very surprised he fell to, I think it was the fifth round, and the Jets got him. I think he was a stealing, and Kuntz, uh, uh over there from Old Dominion falling in the seventh round. I, I, some people said that if he didn't hurt his knee and he only played four four games this past year, he would have been a second-round draft pick. So, uh, I mean, his size and his ability of, and, and really his blocking, uh, everything that he does on the field, he he fits what the Jets like to do. Yeah, I feel better. I feel even better about the Will McDonald signing after signing Al Woods mm-hmm. because I think that's a nose tackle who can take up double teams and encumber those double teams, isolate one-on-one opportunities for the three techs, right? And I think that, you know, if you're looking for odd and hybrid front alignments, right, you know, you want to get McDonald out there at wide nine, I think that's something that allows you to do that. Just a little more personnel flexibility. So I'm that kind of gave me more optimism for that. I was already pretty optimistic because we saw on the call that Salah's like, let's get right. you out of the four eye and into the wide nine. You know, mm-hmm. That's exactly what you need to use him as with his explosiveness, the bend, the proportional length, 35-inch arms, right? He's just built differently, man. He's got to get stronger. He's got to pack on some weight. But he has that bend. He has that flexibility, the agility to really wreak havoc. And we kind of saw that at the Senior Bowl. Tipman, phenomenal pick. He was my center one, right? So I'm a big fan of that. I don't think you can play him at right tackle. I don't think he's quite long enough. But you can play him at center or guard. Uh, he's very intelligent for his age. He can process stunts, you know, and quickly react to those. But too, but he's also a phenomenal athlete. He was a Feldman freak in last summer. I think he had a documented 1.65 10-yard split at six foot six, three twenty. That's just absurd. That, I mean, the guy that, moves that is absurd. They said he was. <laughs> they said he pre- he presses five fifty. So yeah, he's a freak. He's, yeah. he's powerful, athletic, everything that you need on the cent- in the center position. And for his age, he's actually very very instinctive too. So I, I'm a big fan of that. I think he's your starting center. You know, Connor McDermott coming back on a one-year deal, but. You know, or Conor McGovern. I forgot. Yeah, what it doesn't matter. They're all the same. Right. I knew They're it was all one the of those. same. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think Tidman can be your starter yeah. for a long time. I think mm-hmm. he's an upgrade right away. So, a big fan of that pick as well. How about you, Mr. Ray? I said it about Nick Herbig, um, but the same goes for Will McDonald. When they let him just rush and be a pass rusher, he was so disruptive. 
I saw this with other big Big 12 prospects, and I, I guess this is a thing in that league. They do so many different uh, stunts and games and different things up front. Like I remember studying Neville Gallimore a few years back, and I was like, just let this guy move forward. Stop with the gap exchange and all this other stuff. Let him just beat the guy in front of him. I mean, these these are this is a five-star recruit we were talking about right. here, and you're, and you're playing him as just another pawn on the chessboard, and he's more than that. And that was Will McDonald to me. Whenever he just lined up on the edge and rushed the passer, he was super disruptive. And so I think if New York allows him to do that and don't get too cute, he's going to be great. Uh, same thing. I also had actually treatment as my uh, center one. I thought uh, I like him best at center. I know he's got some flexibility there position wise, but I like him best at center. I do think despite his size, there was some times where he gave up a bit more ground than I was comfortable with, but at center, that's most centers because most centers are just a little bit more physically limited than their counterparts at guard and and so forth. So it's a bit of a trade-off there, but the length that having someone like that at center gives you and what that opens up in the run game for you and different things of that nature, I'm a big fan of. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a big fan of what the Jets did. I'm, I'm, I've, I've also liked the Jets draft classes the last few years. Yeah. It's just a matter of stay healthy, get good quarterback play, problem, yeah. and, and and now your division's a little more open, I guess. So go for it and just be healthy. Yeah. Well, guys, we really appreciate you guys. for. I know you guys have been busy all all weekend long, and uh, you've been on probably a ton of podcasts, ton of, ton of shows, and just uh, for you to, to join us with your busy weekend, we really appreciate all of you guys as – uh, you, Ian, I, I, I follow you on Twitter. I also follow uh, I follow all of you guys. And, and by the way, I didn't – Mike, I knew of you. I knew of you. We've never had you on the show, but I, I know about your organization and what you guys do. Uh, but getting you on the show and, and getting to know you a little bit, uh, I think you're fantastic. You really are. I've had a blast coming on here. I really appreciate that. You know, thank you for that. All right, boys. Keep up the good work. We'll get you on very, very soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Fantastic. They're all fantastic. All of them. Uh, We've had we've had um, over the last couple of months and really the last year, we've had Ian on the show. We've had Ray on the show. They're fantastic. And and that's the first time we've heard Mike. Uh, And Mike is really, really good, too. And and you guys have to check out um, his his organization, the NFL Rough Draft. They're fantastic. They they give you from from the top to bottom when it comes to the draft and, and give you grades and all that other stuff. So uh, check out um, uh, Rough Draft, uh, NFL Rough Draft. Check out Pro Football Network uh, as well and all 22 Fantasy Football. Fantastic. Ian, I've known Ian for a long time. I follow him on social media. The guy, first of all, he's fantastic with his words. <laughs> he, he really is. And, um, and, 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 and here's the thing. And I know, I know a lot of jet fans out there were attacking Will McDonald. I think Will McDonald's going to be a good player in the wide nine. Like they were saying, he fits what Robert Sala likes to do. Getting Tipman in the second, in the second round, the way they did. Cause I thought Tipman on my board, it was Schmidt. I like Schmidt, but getting to when they drafted Tipman and reading about Tipman, his size, his athletic ability, he's a, He's a gym rat. The guy benches 550 five times off his chest. I mean, how many centers could do that? And you put him, a six foot six behemoth, 315 pounds with athletic ability as your center. If Makai Beckham actually could stay healthy, you had a 6'8 guy, 330, and Dwayne Brown, who's 6'4, almost 330. I mean, this is a big offensive line. And, and then Anik Tucker, that like they did the last couple of days, uh, Al Wood. And, and this is. 
they've added the depth. They've did everything that they needed to do to be uh, a contender this year. Now the question is, um, with this team, how healthy are they going to stay and, and how some of these rookies are going to fit when OTA start? I, I think... I, like they said, I, a lot of people took shots at the Jets at the number one pick, but throughout the draft, it was good. In Israel, uh, I was looking uh, looking a little bit about him. And, and Michael Carter, Michael Carter had a really bad season. He dropped the ball a lot this year. I don't. Ex- I could see Michael Carter losing his job, and the Jets trading him before the season even begins. So there's a lot, uh, a lot to get into with that. And as as we go. Into the next couple of weeks, we'll get into some of the youngsters that we, we are going to be hearing about throughout uh, social media and everything like that with the, the Jets, the Giants, the Buffalo Bills. We'll have all these analysts on our show. They're, they're all really, really fantastic. And Ian, I don't know if you follow him. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you uh, follow Ian Cummings. Check him out on Twitter. The guy, his posts are dead on about uh, a lot of his draft boards. This guy gets paid to do what he does. He's fantastic. He really is. So. His words, dude. His words, right? His words. <laughs> he is precise and automatic with his words. So thank you to Ian, Mike Lachine, and our friend Ray Cotto. He is always – and he's great too, by the way. And he is a Cowboy fan, by the way. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I, tried, I, I tried hard to hold back <laughs> this time. <laughs> I do want to ask him what he thought about the Cowboys draft. Him, him, him and Beav would be best friends. Oof. Well, he – He's an honest Cowboy fan. Oh, Beav isn't. Uh, I, he, didn't, he never likes his draft. <laughs> <laughs> that he is never, true. He never likes his draft because he doesn't know any of the players that he, they draft. So, <laughs> Oh, man, it, it is great. In just a few moments, we will have uh, Let's Parlay. It's our segment where we're going to give you – uh, there, you know, obviously Wes, we're going to have John on and we're going to have Paulo from Greece. Uh, Paulo's great. He's been on our, our show, the weekend crunch on 103.9 FM. He is fantastic. His soccer bets. Uh, he actually took Toronto, uh, to, uh, win that, win that series, which I, I thought he was out of his mind, but he was dead on in that. But there is a guy who we're, we're going to invite in in just a few moments that had the Rangers winning the Stanley cup. Mr. West, Worldwide West, which which I love. I love the guy. He's a great chef, a uh, great entrepreneur. But for some reason, he had Golden State and he had the Rangers winning it all. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. But why don't we get him in? We have uh, our friend John, Mr. Reno John, and Mr. Worldwide West. What's up, buddy? What's going on? And I didn't had. Golden State, I still do. Have Ooh. <laughs> so uh, you want to put a little bit more of a wager with me that uh, Golden State's not even going to get into the finals? Well, for the sake of not offending your listeners, <laughs> you, can, you can make that wager offline. <laughs> How many Bitcoins are you talking here? I, I don't know. What what bet did we just make recently? What was the bet w- w- that we have? It was the Rangers, oh, wasn't it? You got me on the Rangers. And, what was the bet? You know, the the Rangers, I, I really think that one was coaching because they have the personnel. But this idea that you're going to split up and demote Patrick Kane and then split Kane and Panarin, I just, you know, I, I would love to see Coach Joel Quenville end up in New York and, oh. and retain Kane, and you would see a totally different result. The personnel on that roster, there is no team that matches up to it. I mean, I like the Rangers even before the Kane move. But Why would you want Quinville over there? First of all, he can't control his players, as we know what happened in Chicago. One. Well, 
Two, he was in Florida for how long <laughs> before he got let go? So, so what I'll say about that, because, you know, Coach Q brought me some of the greatest memories in my life as a Blackhawks fan. I forgot that. And yes, you are Chicago what, But what I'll, what I'll say there, I, I was on skates when I was four years old. So the Blackhawks. So Hawks, was I. That, that's, that, that's first. But we could say, we could talk about everything that happened off the ice. And I don't even want to go there because <laughs> we're, we're all wrong, right? Yeah. But but what Quenville did on the ice with the Blackhawks, it, I mean, I mean that that's a dynasty. I mean, that's the most recent NHL dynasty we've seen. And he and it was it was a it was a defense first mindset. He had guys on the ice like like Kruger and Boland that people don't talk about when they talk about those Blackhawks cups. So. And, and if you look at Florida, I don't care what anybody says. The reason Florida is as good as they are right now is Quenville laid the foundation for what they're doing. So Q, Q can coach some hockey. The off-the-ice stuff, I, I don't know. Do you blame Hugh Freeze for being I, better? Than I would not the, bring the, 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 the name, Im, image, and likeness. He was just better at it before it was legal. How about trading Panarin? The guy doesn't show up in the playoffs. Okay, let's be honest. Lafinier, who he's been a number one pick. He was drafted as a number one pick, what, three, four years ago. The guy never shows up. Capo Kaka, who got a two-year extension. I think I would have traded him, traded him in the offseason. I, I don't care what he did in the playoffs. He stunk this year as well. I, you have to get... You have to get something from these guys. They're high draft picks and, and high-profile guys. You're talking uh, – Capococco, when I watched him play in, in the, jun- uh, the World Junior Championships, everybody was saying this guy is by far the best player in the draft class, even over Jack Hughes. And I said, you're on drugs. And then this guy doesn't show up in the big game. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even show up in the, pl- the regular season. So I, I think with the talent that the Rangers have had over the last couple of years and the draft stock that they've had in the last couple of years, these guys don't show up in the big game. So to me, the only, the only guy that showed up this year is Kreider offensively. And but Errol, Errol, who do you blame for that? Don't blame me. Hey, listen, these are players, okay? They're super. Half of these guys are superstar players on respectable teams. So to tell me that it's the coach's fault that these guys don't show up, it, when you get beat four to nothing against a young team, one of the youngest teams in the NHL, actually, I think they are the youngest team in the NHL, you don't show up in game number seven. And that has nothing to do with coaching, that has everything to do with showing up to a game. Patrick Kane didn't show up. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko didn't show up. Um, Truba didn't show up. Kreider didn't show up. Kreider even went out there and said that was the worst game he's ever played. Adam Fox didn't show up. What most people, I I say most people, your average fan, your your casual I like that jersey fan, doesn't understand is in the playoffs, the line changes Mm -hmm. and the home ice advantage behind it and how those rules work. You know, most, your average human doesn't know how that works. And that's the situation where coaches like Quenville are really valuable in the playoffs. But I, I agree with you. And, and I, to a point you made months ago when we were on this show was Shesterkin. I was telling you that that man was the best goalie in the all-star game. I think that's about the time we were talking about it. I don't know that he showed up and made saves when he needed to. He allowed goals that were soft at times. And, but you can't have a collection of talent like the Rangers have. You could argue that the Rangers have the best collection of talent and they have Stanley cup pedigree on that roster and just simply didn't show up. 
you can't tell me that Patrick Kane on a roster not producing, not being in a position to score goals is his fault. Uh, you played hockey, right? I've played hockey. Everybody's played hockey. And and when the coach gives you an assignment, he gives you an assignment, you go out there and you play the game, okay? When you go out there with all the talent that the Rangers have offensively, like you said, with the, the talent that they have on that roster, I you the coach could call the wrong play. He could call the wrong play, and you could still play because of the talent. Edmonton, let's, let's be honest, they have the two best players in the world on their team. No matter how bad the team around them are, they still get it done. Bad goaltending, bad defense, they still get it done. Why? Because those two players are the best players in the world. Right? That's, that's the truth. So I'm, I'm with you, but I would also tell you that hockey is probably the most underrated sport when it comes to no question. mattering. Mattering like football, it's X's and O's, right? Like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, and yeah. and you know you could even go to Chip Kelly, and where the X's and O's matter on the football field, on the ice is where you don't think about it mattering, but it does. It just does where they're lined up and what they're thinking about as they're taking faceoffs. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you. I just, I, I just think you can't blame it all on the coach. It, it has to, you have to put it on the players too. They're making millions and millions of dollars. Panarin has been on this team for how long? Five years, five years. And honestly, the last year was probably his best run in the Stanley cup playoffs for the Rangers. Okay. And how many goals did he have? What? Four or five. That, that doesn't, that doesn't get it done. It doesn't get it done. Petey, correct me if I'm wrong, but Panarin had more points than any Ranger on the roster this season. Yeah, does. he did. Yes, he, he, always, did. he usually does. Him and Zibanejad were the first teammates with 90 usually points. Usually does. Kreider had 50 goals last year, but he had one of those seasons. But usually Panarin is, uh, as far as points are concerned, the best player. on. Actually, I think he led the team last year in points, and he missed a significant amount of time. So, yeah. I, I mean, well, there's no question, but you have to show up into the playoffs, and he doesn't. So, so Errol, you were right. Hmm? I was wrong. Oh, the, Rangers, the Rangers do not move on. Okay. Although I will, I, I think that the Bruins choke. No, no, no question. <laughs> no question. Biggest one we've seen since the Patriots of eleven. <laughs> <laughs> or what was it? It was 08, The the undefeated. Oh seven. Oh seven. Two thousand eight. Yes, correct. It was 07, 08. Yeah, I mean that that was a choke job, but. But again. Again, that's what hockey is. Hockey is just you, you can't explain what could happen in the playoffs. And we've seen Cinderella teams go all the way. And I think Florida is the Cinderella team this year. I, I really do think they're going to knock off Toronto. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the Stanley Cup final. I wouldn't. Oh, that's your Toronto Maple Leafs, Paolo. You, you think they're vulnerable on, on the... Is Paolo on? Paolo. All right, so... Yeah. All right. Here. So we're going to we're going to start you and Wes All have right. to go. So I, All I, right. So let's let's get this started. We're not going to go to a break. We're going to drop our a parlay drop and then we're going to go right into it. We'll have Wes first, then Paulo, and then we'll have John, okay? You guys give your your top 4, top 5 picks of the week and if you want to parlay it, okay? You can. All right? Here we go, Speedy. Parlay. For Let's Parlay. All right, boys. Wes, we're going to have you go first, and then we'll have Paolo. You ready, Mr. Wes? Worldwide Wes? Blackhawk West, Mr. Moneymaker? Ooh. Mr. Three and One right, on our so, segment. Well, let, let's, let's not forget to point out I took last month. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did, and, and I'm gonna, I'm going to send you a Venmo. I'm gonna send you a Venmo. Ten and four. Ten and four. Mm-hmm. I think it was ten and four. So, so he, uh, disclaimer: broken record alert. Parlay is not the primary strategy. If you're gonna bet four games, you bet equal money on each, and maybe a tenth or a quarter of that unit on the parlay. So I, I throw that out there because, you know, 4 0 is hard to do. My plays are this. Tonight, I'm taking Edmonton money line. I'm not going to lay the pucks. I hate laying pucks in hockey games. I'm going to take Edmonton money line, but also in a game one of, of a, a Stanley Cup playoff series, I, I don't like them to take a lot of chances or press forward. And Edmonton is coming off of a series where they spend a lot of time in the box. And. That's probably a good way to beat them is to keep them off of full strength. But uh, Vegas is not a team that, that presses forward and, and, and takes too many aggressive scoring opportunities. They kind of take what's given to them. And they, play, they lay back defensively. So I, I actually, my first two plays are on tonight's game. I'm going under six and a half on the game total. I think that we're going to see five or six goals total. But I think Edmonton's going to win the game. And then I'm going to Friday. And I, I'm taking Denver plus three and a half. Denver is a three and a half point dog. And I'm doing it because Phoenix has got to get more than four points off the bench if they're going to be Denver. I don't care what the roster says. Phoenix, the only shot Phoenix has at winning is if they ditch Booker and start playing through KD. I, I, I just don't see Booker being able to win the game with KD being the Robin to, to Booker's Batman. And four points off the bench just isn't going to do it. Um, th- this is a Denver team that knows how to play together. You're not going to beat Jokic. It, it, they're they're going to be joker centric and they're probably going to get 20 off of two other players because they they they've just been together too long. So I'm taking plus three and a half on Denver Friday night and then I'm going to XFL. I'm going to XFL again and I'm going to lay the six points on DC. I I don't think Arlington even belongs in this game. They shouldn't have won the last game. And so I'm going to lay the six because I think DC is going to blow them out. They're going to hoist the trophy, whatever the hell they call that <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. If you smell trophy, whatever they're calling it, DC is going to hoist it. All right. So we have worldwide West's picks. Paulo, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Give us your four, four to five top picks. Okay. Tomorrow, I like the Dallas Stars money line. Number one. The second play that I like tomorrow money line is a Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> my favorite team in the playoffs. <laughs> and my third play is on the weekend. I like Manchester City game to go over two and a half goals. And my last play is Liverpool, Bradford, both teams to score. <laughs> Those are my four plays. Thank you, Paulo. And now, Mr. John Boy. Who do we have for you? I'm actually going to take the uh, the Knights tonight, the Golden Knights. I think when you look at star power, Edmonton's way better, and we we understand that. Um, I think there's a slight advantage with the Golden Knights, though, is they're going to put in Saw in, in goal. Yeah, actually has experience against Edmonton. Played for them 28 games against those those shot makers, and I think that could play a small advantage. I'll take the home ice, and if you're looking for a show in the NHL, there ain't there ain't a better team to do it. I think game one, they'll be amped up and, and maybe squeak out the win there. So I'm going to take them tonight. I think it's like minus 115 or so. Saturday game, I'll take the Miami Heat money line against the New York Knicks. I think better team. I think they're the better coach team. 
I think games one and two, and it's, it's something you never, I don't think you ever hear about Tibbs. He was out coached. I mean, both times, both though they didn't play well. Jimmy Butler's clearly hurt. Don't attack him. Um, they still probably should have lost game two, and the Knicks kind of escaped game two. I think the Heat are just way better. I'll take them on the main line. Tomorrow, we're looking at two pretty big sized underdogs. I'm actually going to take uh, the Kraken. I think the look, I know they're up 1 0, and this is definitely the play to take the stars. I'm looking at this as almost like throwing this game away, but if they can come through, they're up, they're looking at about one plus 160, 165. I just love the value. I think the Kraken, almost a team of destiny, if you will, right? Shouldn't have, shouldn't be here. Um, definitely ahead of schedule as to where they are predicted, predicted to be this year. But I actually like that team. I think they get a lot of shots on goal, and good things tend to happen in that realm. And then we're gonna hit uh, we're gonna hit a baseball game tomorrow afternoon. Lord forgive me for this. Uh, I've <laughs> lost a lot of money this year doing it. Give me the White Sox tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but it's looking around even on the money line against the Twins. Uh, Giolito versus Lopez. I think two subpar pitchers. Um, I just I refuse I refuse to believe the White Sox are that bad. I, I just they're I not. Don't believe it. <laughs> And uh, I think they'll be losing a lot more money this year on them. They're like the Those Timberwolves of the MLB. Uh. They're like supposed to be this team of the future, and then they always underwhelm. I actually do think the Golden State Warriors are gonna are gonna win that series. All right, hang up on them. Hang up on them. Believe em. that. <laughs> if you believe that, you should bet on them now because you're getting underdog value. I, I think they could beat right the Lakers, but I think so that's I, as far think, as they go. But you still think they can beat the Lakers? Yeah, I, I do, but I I, I still think. It, the, first of all, Golden State is the worst away team in the in the NBA this year. They've been horrible. So uh, them going back to LA, that's going to be a huge problem. If it, they have gold, they have to have one more game at Golden State. But if they don't win that game, they're done. That's all I'm going to say. So I will say they they have been terrible on the road, but they just won two games. Yeah, 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 in yeah. Sacramento, yeah. and I will say this: I've been to games in Sacramento. They are a top five fan base. Big momentum for them going forward. John, thank you for calling. We love you. Uh, tell Paulo and Wes we love them too. Tell Wes keep you know keep betting on Golden State so I can keep drawing in the money because uh, they're not going to the finals. The Rangers weren't going to the finals. Uh, what was our He's bet? What was our bet with the Rangers? There was something that Here, we boys. bet. See you later, John. I don't, yeah, I don't remember offhand. It might have been you, just one individual game. I don't remember. No, it was the series. We bet the Rangers. It was. It was me or him. I forget what it was. You have to look that up because he lost the bet. And I want to collect my winnings. Thank you very much. When we come back, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to former Texans wide receiver Devere Posey here on the Sports Limeouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Oh, I like this. Juice. This reminds me of the movie Juice. I love that movie. Tupac Shakur, baby. That's what I'm talking about. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Darren Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey, our special guest in the studio. Uh, he's been a part of the network for years. Maddie Caps. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. They are live and in color all over the social media world. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to the Sports Lounge Lounge on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Great shows, great content, great guests, as always. Listen to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every single week. I'd like to thank 
all the different guys that we found on the show, the draft panel, uh, Ray Cotto, uh, obviously Mike Lusheen, and uh, you know all of all the guys, Ian Cummings, and then John Wes and Paulo, just great guests throughout the show, and now the biggest. Yes, Devere, you are the biggest on the show. We're now talking to former Texans wide receiver Devere Posey. I heard before you came on the show that you were you, you were going to practice for your son. Well, no, it got canceled today, so I was able to uh, make it in. But yeah, no, we practice on Monday, Monday and Wednesdays. We uh, we have an AAU squad there in the second grade. Oh, pretty good. Football pretty good. or basketball? Basketball. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not following his father's footsteps, or what? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I I got three boys, so whatever they want to do, they can do. I I was a hooper first, you know. I had hoop scholarships coming out, mm. so I um I'm all for basketball. So it, it it's fun though, you know. You can teach life lessons within sports, so mm. it's cool. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Texans wide receiver Devere Posey. He also played for the Jets and the Broncos, so we will get into that. But how are you and your family doing with COVID-19? There's been a lot of craziness over the last couple of years with the the, yeah. the different, whatever you call it, sicknesses all over the world. And, and finally, it's over. It's gone. You don't have to wear masks everywhere you go. You don't even have to wear masks now in the hospital. That's great. So how, yeah. how are you and your family doing from all that craziness? Oh, we're good, man. We actually took the year off in the CFL that year. Mm -hmm. It kind of was good for me. It was like a nice test run of like what life would be like without football. And um, I was able to like start businesses, really kind of act out on ideas. And it was just like one of those times where you were like, oh, shit, like life is real. Mm -hmm. So it was like one of those things. So um, I was happy. Um, Man, I enjoyed it. And so, I mean, as far as like the, the mask and all that in Ohio, we were... Man, we were open. It wasn't a strict. You guys are in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were open May. Like, wow. you know, we had, like we opened and then we shut down and then open again. And it was just like, you know, big Republican state. So uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, but it was a good time with family, though. Yeah, we're all good. You know, we, you know, nothing didn't lose too many family members or anything like that. Well, you're a young guy. You're 33 years old. Uh, and, 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 and something that the wide receiving the wide receivers have changed the game of football if you remember over you know in the 90s and the 80s it was all about the running back the power backs yeah. it's really transitioned because the the NFL opened up uh, the offensive game the quarterbacks are you know it's all about the wide receivers all these wide receivers making a ton of money after last year adams making 28 million dollars a year debo samuel is making 22 million or 20 million these all these wide receivers have really changed the game uh, could you tell us a little bit about your career and what made you play the wide receiver position yeah, it's funny you say that. We were speaking about that on my radio show here in Columbus, uh, 97.1, the fam. And uh, we were talking about just the evolution of the game, right? Like, if you look at the highest paid players, it goes quarterback and it goes, you know, wide receiver, mm-hmm. left tackle, edge rusher, you know, D-line. Mm-hmm. So the way they're paying the players, you know, and if you follow the money like anything, it kind of tells the truth, you know. So following the money – it points towards a pass first league, right? So you need guys to throw the ball. You need guys to block for the guy throwing the ball. You need pass catchers and you need people to get after the guy throwing the ball. And so like all the way down the list, like you were saying, it's running backs. So 
Um, yeah, it, it, the game has transitioned, obviously, with um, the way that these coaches are scheming things up, the evolution of the West Coast offense, um, you know, jet sweeps, things like that, different pass combinations, you know, route running ability from wide receivers. But I got into being a wide receiver. I was a quarterback originally, man. I know that. I was reading that about you. Yeah, yeah. And I loved I love playing the quarterback. My brother graduated from Syracuse mm-hmm. and lived in Brooklyn for like 15 years. So we would always be in New York. And so I, I actually like had this love for Donovan McNabb growing up. And, <laughs> Me uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, my I, favorite quarterback growing up. Yeah, man. I love the Eagles. Um, but weird enough, I was born in San Fran mm-hmm. and it grew up in Cincinnati. So my mom always had this like, thing with the Bengals and the 49ers because she's from Cincy but she you know her husband's from the you know the bay right you guys know the Eagles story yes she went out the <laughs> night before the game so we had this thing in our household but I started like an Eagles man and then when I was like eighth grade Ocho Cinco was just blowing up the Bengals man just absolutely killing it West Virginia Slim. Can we say it for once? It's Chad Johnson. I, I mean, he changes his name. It goes to Johnson, Ocho Cinco, Johnson. Just stay with one name, Chad. I actually met Chad. It's so funny. Yeah. I met him in Miami. I was hanging out in Miami. I was interviewing QB Gooding Jr. And this guy is running on the, the boardwalk. And he comes yeah. right in. And I'm like, I'm telling my friend. We're sitting there. He's having a mimosa. And he tells me, yo, that's, I said, that's Chad Johnson. That's Chad Johnson. And he heard me say it. He's like, it's Chad Ocho Cinco. I was yeah. like, okay, Ocho. Yeah. And he actually sat down and, and was drinking a mimosa with us. And he's down-to-earth guy, but Chad Johnson, okay? I'm sorry to cut you off. But here's the thing about Chad. I love him because he's uh, – what uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's a revolutionary. Like, he's the first social media athlete. Like, mm-hmm. He was the first NFL guy on Twitter. He brought me to Twitter when I was a freshman in college. I mean, he understood content at a very early age in his career. I mean, I used to watch his video. He used to train at this park in South Beach, and he would post these videos on YouTube and him just doing footwork. And, like, now you see all this, like, footwork videos on, and you know, like, that's Chad. Mm -hmm. Like, Chad brought that culture to football. Like, all of these, you know, gold feed and, you know, footwork kings, like, Chad Johnson is the godfather of that. And he's also the godfather of like content and social media. And then just the way that he played his bravado, but bottom line, dude had game, man. He had some of the best feet in the history of the league. Um, He's going to win at the top of the route. And so I I really liked him. Started playing um, receiver and ward number 85 and, you know, kids dream, right. And your dreams sometimes come true. And when I got selected to be an Army All-American, the school surprised me because they knew how much I liked Chad. And he presented me my jersey when I um, when I got my Army All-American award. Funny thing about the story is this dude rolls up to my high school and he's eating <laughs> McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> I swear to God, he's eating McDonald's breakfast. And um, so, yeah, that's really why I uh, play wide receiver, man. Mm-hmm. And then, when Ohio State came in the picture, it was like, oh, snap. Like, I, cause I, growing up in Cincinnati, just geographically, at that time, there was no inner, I call it internet football, like access, you know, football on the internet, right? We got South games, like, so we got Kentucky and all the SEC schools on our CBS and our ABC. 
obviously NBC, we would get Notre Dame, but we didn't get Ohio State games in Cincinnati. So I didn't really like Ohio State because I never saw them on TV, right? <laughs> so I, you know, when they, I didn't know much about the school. And, uh, man, I learned a lot quick, learned about the receiver pedigree and just wanted to, uh, you know, carry on the tradition, man. So that's really how I got to O-State, man, for real. So speaking of uh, learning a lot from people, you played uh, at the end of the career of a future Hall of Fame wide receiver in Andre Johnson. And then uh, you had, yeah. you got to play with, when he came into the league as a rookie, DeAndre Hopkins, who probably is also a future Hall of Famer. So yeah. what were those two guys like for you? And just uh, some stories of what they were like as teammates. Man, the crazy thing about, you know, Dre is just like, uh, he's a quiet giant, right? Like he, he doesn't say much. Um, he's a, uh, like a, like a true football, like just like hardcore dude at his heart played through many injuries. Um, and, uh, I think the thing about him that I loved was I used to like Miami growing up, right? Cause he used to wear number five. Donovan McNabb wore five when I was a little league, I wore five. So like, as soon as I got drafted, dude was at the door, opened the door for me at the stadium. <laughs> Real cool dude. Showed me around the city, showed me how to be a pro. Loved them. Started making headway my rookie year, you know, tear my Achilles last game of the season versus the Patriots up in, up in Foxborough. I'm in the training room. Coach says, Hey, we're, we're taking a receiver in the first round. I'm like, all right, cool. Who you guys thinking about? Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, Hopkins and then a couple weeks after that hey like we want you to help him you know understand and learn the playbook okay so you want me to just teach this guy how to take my job All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but one of those things where me and Hop become very close right and um, talks off the field family life the way he views things like what he wanted to do with his career and the thing I could say about Hop was um, he was very confident when he came in the league, right? And um, still one of my good friends today, you know, and that's, I think that's what is hard about professional sports that some people don't realize mm-hmm. is that like when you're in a corporate world, there's this corporate jargon or, oh, like <laughs> HR will, will grill you for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like in, in the football world, like, what translates to that is, is competing for your job, fighting for a spot for millions of dollars, but still just being a, a real, a real dude, like a good guy. Like you, you, you want to still be a real teammate. And so I learned that lesson and, um, and man, we competed, man, we pushed each other and, you know, and that, that, those times, you know, learning from those guys and we all learned from each other. It was just some of the best times of my life, man. And, um, I still still speak to those guys today, man. And um, I'm not in Houston much. I'm back home in Ohio. But when I go down there, we catch up. It's still great. And obviously, social media keeps everybody closer than normal. Oh, that's great. Listen, I've been following you, reading up on you a little bit now. With you in Houston and stuff, like the quarterback situations. My, me, myself, I grew up playing quarterback, PAL, Wee, all this stuff. So yeah. I'm curious, like, with the quarterbacks you had there, who was your ultimate favorite one? <laughs> I only had Schaub. And That's just, true, Matt Schaub, yeah. But I'll be honest, I'll give you this one. Case Keenum, Ooh, right? Okay. Case Keenum was my roommate rookie year. Um, and then, like, our coming out of college, we did, like, the skill, like the skills challenge mm-hmm. thing. And, um, 
man, just just a cool dude. I mean, he's one of at the time he was an NCAA all time leading, you know, passer. Yep, passer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was doing a lot of those catch, you know, those forward passes right there, those little <laughs> shovels. And uh, but Case, man, I was just because we had a close relationship. I mean, obviously he's not like Fitzpatrick or you know like shop money wise, but just a dude that was undrafted that's made a name for us. He was good in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota man, but he, he's a baller, man. And I like Case. And it was just like when we played in the game, super like Christian, religious dude. Oh, I'm gonna go home and pray type of guy. But when the lights come on, like he gets this look in his face like you almost like you guys the first time you sports bet right like right. <laughs> you know you're addicted like case has this look on the field like he's just ready to go hey man and i and i love that i because that's how i played you know mm-hmm. we are yeah. talking to former texan uh texans wide receiver devere posey devere you you actually had a small stint with uh the 2016 broncos and there was a player uh, who passed away, Demarius Thomas, a guy very well-respected around the league. Could you tell us a little bit, uh, do you have a story that you could tell us about Demarius Thomas? Yeah, I actually do, man. Rest in peace, DT, man. His uh, nickname is Bebe. Man, <laughs> you're talking about a um, a, a great man. Um, when I got there in 16, they were obviously coming off the Super Bowl, still partying, right? <laughs> like, OTAs was, I think that's what was hard for me because I spent this off season just training. And then, uh, well, I signed in December and then these guys ran the table after I said, you, you guys are, are familiar with futures, right? Of course, of course, yeah, yes. I signed a future in December. I worked out on Christmas Eve, Eve. So, you know, um, 2015, December 23rd, I flew out there, Kubiak. Ran well, you know, boop, signed a future. Um, I go home, watching the playoffs, like, dang, like, I think they about to go to the Super Bowl 50. <laughs> like, I mean, I know Cam Newton is having a good year, but, like, man, this defense is crazy. And then it's just weird because it's like, do I want them to win? Because I kind of want to answer problems. But, man, I mean, they're about to win. So they win. I get there. The weight room coach is like, we're not, you know, like <clears> – <throat> we're trying not to have no hamstring pulls this off season, you know? So it's like, we're going to work out one day. We're going to practice one day off practice one day off. The Like the craziest kind of off season where you would go into the weight room before practice, warm up, then go outside and warm up and then practice. And then the practice is like only 16 periods they felt like they were set in stone. The only thing they felt like they were competing for was quarterback with Sanchez, Trevor Simeon, uh-huh. and and um, those guys. So we're partying on the weekends, right? And it's like that weird dynamic where it's like I want to get to know the guys and, you know, and integrate myself, but I also want to focus and make the team. Um, I think it was like 420 weekend. We're in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> you want to go. We go um, Future, the rapper Future, he's in town. And um, we're at this club. These guys are behind the bar. And it's just like, man, Future does like nine songs. Uh-huh. And um, we're all like, hey, like, let's 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 hang out. We, we all can go back to DT house. And DT's like, man, come on, man. Come on, man, ride with me. All right, cool, <laughs> man, whatever. Like, so we were around the same time in college. I think he was, 
he came out junior year, but high, you know, school wise, he was only one year in front of me. So we were in, you know, I was one of the best receivers at Ohio State. Obviously, his time at G Tech, we knew each other. Um, man, we're partying. We go back to his house, and uh, I'm just like, uh, DT, like I left my car downtown, man. Like, oh man, it'd be good. <laughs> so that night, I because uh, <laughs> OTA is over Thursday. I ended up spending the night at DT's like mansion out all the way out like the country hills of uh Colorado. Colorado. He he just wouldn't take me home because he's like, no nah, man, just stay. I'm like, DT, man. Like, I want to go. Like, I need, I'm trying to make the team, man. And it's just like good time, man. Just kicking it, man. He cooking, he having a chef come through every week, you know. I mean, every night. And man, he's just like a country good. Dude, man, and just like you would, he could make you feel like you were one of his best friends, man. And um, it was just very unfortunate, man. And um, and then we also lost somebody from that team too, man. Ronnie Hill, man. Ronnie Hill, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was my draft class, and we did the rookie premier together. And um, yeah, man, it was just that team. That team was special, though, man. I, I could see why they won. I mean, even Emmanuel Sanders is a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, such know, a pretty he, boy when he's when he's on uh, the NFL Network. Like you see him like playing with his hair and twirling his hair. It's so funny. I actually yeah. wrote to him on Twitter recently. I think it was like last week, and he actually responded to me. I was like, "How do you, how do you get your hair so curly?" And he says, "I'll i you know whenever whenever you're where where I am, I'll take you to my barber. He'll te- he'll teach you how to curl your hair." I was like, I, yeah. I said, "You want me to take a picture of my hair? There's no way you're going to be able to curl my hair." <laughs> <laughs> Good dude, man. He's super good dude, man. And uh, man, it was a they they had some special chemistry, man. You when when you're around like great teams and you really get in the locker room, you understand why they win. You know what I mean? Like like you really understand like good teammate chemistry. We are talking to former Texans wide receiver Devere Posey. Before I answer my question, you mentioned future being in Denver. That might be the last time he's in Denver now that Russell Wilson's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is everybody attacking Russell Wilson? Poor <laughs> Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I have one bad season. Everybody's, oh, he's, he's done. He's terrible. Horrible trade. I mean, come on. I mean, you had a, a rookie a, a rookie coach who now is the Jets offensive corner. Maybe he's just not a, a coach. He's more of an offensive corner. Russell Wilson's going to have a good year i'm telling you right now book it whoever's whoever's playing fantasy draft russell wilson he is going to have a great season that, that joke would have worked even if russell wilson didn't have a great year but nevertheless uh my question is about you uh, after after you were at denver you went to the cfl from 2017 to 2021 so what was just the evolution of that like trying to change from that uh for the football rules itself and also the culture of canada living there versus here in the united states um it was it was uh it was it was different for me and my family um i think i I just kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm kind of tired of being cut. I just want to play. And my ultimate goal was to play out my contract and make it back to the league. And um, I think when I left America, um, it was it was good for my mind and spirit because I had kind of got to the point with football where I felt like I was working hard, but it was just all in the dark, all in the closet. And I really couldn't get that opportunity to show all the work I did. And I think that's why I had the success I had because, I mean, I had spent like three years like in the lab, man. Like after I tore my Achilles, just, you know, two, three workouts a day, you know, lifting cones. And it's just like I kind of found that Mamba mentality after that injury. 
my clock had kind of, you know, timed out in the league, right? It was like, hey, you know, you're injury prone and our roster's full or we drafted this guy. And it was just like, all right, well, cool. Like, I got to put this work down somewhere. Imagine making 50 shows and not being able to release them. You know, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, making five albums and I get shelved by the record recording label. And, um, and so I'm like, yo, like, I just got to put it out. And so I went to Toronto. The Canadian people are some of the most intelligent, nicest, um, and uh, I guess you could say like just like culture, you know, filled people that I got to meet in my life. Um, my, my rookie year, my locker's in between these two Canadian rookies. And I'm like, dang, what's up, guys? Like, you know, like, you know, like, oh, you got drafted first round? Like, man, look, you don't mind me asking, what, what's the sign of bonus like? They're like, oh, man, I didn't even see my sign of bonus. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, well, we didn't go to school free like you guys. So I'm paying back my college education. And then with my regular season checks, I live off of those. So I'm like immediately humbled. Like the facility is in a trailer park. Like, like it's a trailer home. Mm-hmm. It's like four of them attached together, you know, with doors <laughs> in between. And it's like, and I'm like, yo, like, where am I? And uh, Jim Barker, you know, he uh, he was like, hey, man, I, I know you're going to love football again. I just went to his office. was like, yo, like, I- I'm going to go home. Like, I don't think this is for me. He's like, listen, we cut the starting four receivers. You're starting this week. You're going to play four games. It's going to count as your rookie year. Next year, 2017, to be a one-year deal. You ball out, you can go back to the league. And I'm like. All right, so I call my wife, like, all right, I'm not getting on the plane. <laughs> I play four games. Um, that next year, Mark Tressman takes over the team, former Bears coach, former ba- uh, Ravens offensive coordinator. And this dude just has this, like, this mental preparation that is just crazy. I mean, like, this dude wanted me to read, like, mindfulness books, like, you know, you know, the gifted athlete and Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now and New Earth and all of these things. And he just had like a saying for every day and talked about present moment and how each team can be special. And and I had this this quarterback, Ricky Ray. Uh, he's like the Tom Brady of the CFL. I mean, he's had four, four uh, great cup rings on two different organizations, two with two different organizations. Um, this dude, S.J. Green. A 12,000 yard receiver played 15 years and those guys just like turned my learning curve faster than anything. Right. Like, uh, cause I was able to take that work ethic that I had and attention to detail. And then I was just immediately just thrown in with these vets. And so I was able to produce and, and, uh, and well, man, won MVP, we won a great cup and I was able to sign to the Ravens going into 18, like the year they drafted Lamar and Mark Andrews and stuff. So I accomplished my goal, but it was, uh, it was a great trip, man. Like, honestly, Canada, I like to say like saved my life, man. Cause it, it saved my mental health. Right. Um, just getting away. Beautiful. Love Canada. Yeah. I, I would, I would move there tomorrow. Yeah. If there's a radio position. The only problem with Canada over there, they have the CFL, but they're there. It's a hockey place and they have one baseball team in Toronto. That's yeah. it. So, it's all it's really just hockey so uh yes. as far as their radio stations out there they have tsn and they have espn that's really it they don't have much over there and it, that's the only problem over there in canada they, they're very yeah. they're, cfl is awesome i i checked out some of the stadiums when i was over there beautiful yeah. stadium and the fans are very knowledgeable when it comes to football they love football over there it's just yeah. and that's why i think the nfl if they want to put a football team 
you know, in, in, in another country, put it in Canada. Put like two or three football teams. You have Montreal. You have Toronto. These these places will pack out a football stadium. They'll get triple the amount of LA teams. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. But they're, they're, they they want to put it in England. They want to put it in Germany. Hey, you want to do it? Let's put it in Australia or you know Guam. Let's put it in Guam or you know uh, hokey pokey land. I I don't know. It just I, I don't understand Roger Goodell. He doesn't make any sense. You have a country right now that has a great fan base that loves sports. Put it in Canada. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think the challenge with that is they're proud of the CFL. So we played in the 157th Great Cup. Mm-hmm. What what do you guys know what Super Bowl year this is? Is this it was just recently 57? So Canada has about 104 or five years on the NFL. The NFL model is a model of the Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's crazy to say. But um, it's they have a longer football history than we do. Yeah, as professionals, and so like they they feel like they're the little brother anyway. No, nah, we'll keep ours. It's, it's older. It's the real thing, you know. But NFL is money talks, man. Marketing. You know that the marketing man, and billion NFL. dollar organization. They pull out that you know Goodell goes over there and says, "Okay, we'll buy you the stadium. You know, <laughs> we'll do yeah. this. We'll do that. Just put the stadium here." You know damn well Canada will be having they'll open arms in Toronto is a beautiful city, beautiful city. Yes, yes it is. Yes, no, most beautiful city I've ever been to, mm-hmm. North America. But but I think Toronto is my favorite, like city, city, like mm-hmm. Bill, Montreal, party city. <laughs> Stay <laughs> away. Keep, keep your mouth quiet about Montreal. <laughs> like, you don't want to tell people about Montreal. You guys are in New York, so you guys know. I've right? been to Montreal. I know all about it. Yeah. It's like a cultural festival. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, it's a good time. It's Mm -hmm. the Canadian Las Vegas. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, But question, uh, away from Canada a little bit, let's talk about Ohio State. Tell me, I'm always curious about all these Division I schools and how are they. How is it there? How was it there at Ohio State? What was like your normal day like during football season and the off season and stuff like for the future people? Division one athletes that are listening and whatnot, seeing what they could get into, uh, what could they possibly get into? Man, all right, putting this in perspective, Columbus is the largest city in Ohio. No professional football team, but you got the Browns and you got the Bengals. Mm-hmm. The Buckeyes are the show, baby. You know what I mean? Like, 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 where are the pros? I mean, you're talking bottle service at eighteen. Wow. You know, just like you know, you're you're handed the keys to Ferrari. And, um, but it's an expectation that goes with that, right? It's, uh, every radio station in town, every news station in town, you know, every camp, this is like right before camera phones, everybody has their eyes on every move that you're doing. And they know you're Ohio state football player. And and everybody knows, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it could destroy you or it could propel you to like, you know, CJ Stroud status. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, um, it's a, it's a gift, man. But d- normal life is, um, you know, you wake up, you're tutors and you're going to class and, you know, you're going to practice at the Woody, like, which is kind of off campus. So you either drive over there, take the bus, whatever scooter over there. And once you're there, you're really there all night. Right. So once you leave your apartment in the morning, there's no, like, you're not going back. 
it ain't no going back and taking naps. Like, it's like, well, I'll just head to the facility and go get taped or, you know, and then like with anything, if you want to be great, you got to put in extra work. Like, so you're there all day. And, um, you know, it's just, it's uh, the facilities at the time, when I got drafted to Texas, I walked in there a facility. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, he <laughs> has better facilities in this place. Like, oh man, like, you know. So it's like the top of the top. Like, yeah. and 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 um, I guess uh, what's hard about Ohio State is be, is that as an alumni, you know how great this place is. You know how they recruit there, but it's like. Um, like we haven't had the recent success like Alabama. I mean, those guys have seven national championships in what, like the last, what, 15, you know, 20 years. Yeah. You know, we've had our last three head coaches all just have one. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we can develop pros. It's a great place to go um, for school to graduate. And then like the network after college is absolutely crazy. I was going to say, you still getting tickets if you want it? Shoot some, shoot some uh, this way. Well, I, I do. I do. Well, if you guys come into town, I'll take care of you, man. Yeah. I'll you Columbus, man. I got you guys. But it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like. Um, Just keep me away from Urban Meyer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Urban Meyer only goes. Urban Meyer only goes for college age girls. Don't worry. You <laughs> saw so his eyes roll, but I, I love Urban Meyer. I think he's a funny guy, but that's just my opinion. But I thought it was very funny. Yeah, no, nah, man. That's you know, herb is herb is herb, man. That's you know, we, I was talking about this on the radio, so I do radio here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Where I think outside of Paul Brown, no Ohio State coach has left and like went up. Mm-hmm. There's it's the it's the pinnacle, like where you kind of think about it, and I and I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but like, well, you you really can't go up that from Ohio State, yeah, like you right. know, Ohio State, Alabama, those those are the two right there, you know, maybe I should go to the NFL like Urban Meyer did, and then yeah. uh, change his whole image altogether. Well, yeah, well, well, he went to the NFL and was absolutely like crashed and burned, right? Like, I mean, it was you know, it was bad, mm-hmm. and so it's just like that's a pinnacle for your career, and. And guys normally stay around. And, I mean, we still see John Cooper around. And, I mean, shoot, man, he's still getting paid for appearances, man. He's really? Good. good for him. Those are appearances. Trust is doing well. Um, you know, Herb is back around. And, and uh, Day is, you know, he's in his prime, man. Oh, so, he's in his Day, prime, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Day fans. He's from out your way. He's a New Hampshire yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 Beautiful, but, uh, beautiful state, by the way, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Cold. Cold. If you like skiing and you like snowboarding and you like to do that kind of stuff, New Hampshire is a state to go to. Uh, it's definitely a place to check out with your kids. And, you know, uh, the, the mountains over there are fantastic. I haven't been there in a while, but when I was over there, I, I love to ski on those mountains. They're beautiful. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before, we, before we let you go, because I know you're busy. Uh, by the way, we are talking to former Texan wide receiver Devere Posey. Um, my last question f- for us is the whole Damar Hamlin thing. And uh, that that was one of the craziest things that I've ever seen on national TV, listening to one on the radio, how the NFL completely stopped everything, which I, I give the NFL a lot of credit. A lot of people took took shots at the NFL on why they did that. 
but I, I understand. And then hearing the doctors actually saying that he can actually play again in the NFL after st- he stopped breathing for what seven minutes and no neurological problems that he has had over the last couple of months. It's it's really fantastic. It's a really fantastic story. What were your thoughts when that happened? And and now moving forward to Mar Hamlin's career. Um. Well, I had three thoughts. Um, I felt bad for DeMar Hamlin, and um, I could empathize with when football becomes real life, right? Like, and and it's like, oh, snap, like, his life is at stake. Um, I mean, I've had injuries where, you know, me and my wife are all too close because she had to, you know, wipe my butt because I couldn't get my foot wet, you know, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So when football affects real life, it's scary, and I'm happy DeMar Hamlin is, is safe, too. Um, I think the NFL... I know what uh, you're getting at, but I'm just going to... It's about views, right? Like, so it's like if 20 billion people are watching right. the game, mm-hmm. and then someone's like, oh, did you see the football player? And then, oh, snap, the views have increased because... Right, because of it stopped. happening, yeah. I sat on my couch to 12 at night and I'm like, the game would have been over by now. The NFL still got their time frame Mm -hmm. because they didn't stop the game. And like, it's all about the Benjamins, right? Like they didn't cut and like, right. Shut it down. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was, they still showed it. They were talking to players. They were showing reactions. They were showing behind. Like, so it was like, it really was still about the dollars, you know what I mean? Right, I got you. And then um, also, so that was my second thought. And then third, my Bengals got absolutely screwed from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They got screwed from that because they were running that thing, the Bills. They were, and they actually shouldn't have had to go to Buffalo for that game. Right. They should have, the AFC should have came through. Cincinnati, you know. But you you say that, but if they went to Cincinnati, maybe they wouldn't have had, uh, you know, had that. Maybe the game wouldn't have fell that way because it was snowing. Josh Allen couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't grip Josh the Allen ball. stinks. I, I'm just saying, he, if he went to Cincinnati, wasn't snowing over there, it could have been a different outcome of the game. You know, so you don't know. You you just don't know. So maybe ben, maybe they benefit. And by the way, Joe Burrow, I love what he said after the game. It was just, oh, you, you bring back the tickets, guys, because <laughs> it was supposed to be in Atlanta. They don't, they don't have to go to Buffalo, and they don't have to go to KC. Because here's the thing. They made it a tie, so the Bengals had already beat the Chiefs head to head. They right. would they would have got a higher seed than them, and they would have been the home team. Mahomes would have had to come back to Cincy, and where he hasn't won. Like, <laughs> it was some questionable right. like cause. I mean, I tweeted that game. The fix is in. Yep. There fix. you go. We got another player that says the game is fixed. Hey, he played with the last yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, like, I'm joking, but it, I know, I know. Feeling, but it's just like it makes you that, think. That situation was a ripple effect, and it's just like you. It's unfortunate what happened, but just how everything played out after was just like you know. You know what we should do? We should tie Roger Goodell to a tree. And we get all the quarterbacks, 
Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, they could stand within 10 yards and throw, throw, <laughs> have their, their best two throws at Roger Goodell and see how, <laughs> how bad they could hurt. I'm, I'm sure that Josh Allen also wants to do the same thing to Eli Apple. <laughs> I can't stand the man. Okay, I'm, I know you're. I know you can't say anything, but I can tell you right now, I can't stand the man. I think the guy makes a, a way too much money. I understand he's bringing in, you know, sponsors and endorsements, but I can't sit here and say, hey, you know what? He's making he's making fifty million a year, and he's his family has benefits for the rest of their lives, even if he's not a commissioner anymore, and he's got his own plane. So all you guys, all the ex-players that don't get enough should be getting benefits, should be getting, you know, you know, back end of the pay for what you guys did for the league and helping the league grow. You're, he's getting the money. He's getting the benefits, and you guys aren't. Yeah, no, that's true. So what do you guys think about the Jets and uh, this Aaron Rodgers situation? I think it's a great play? move for the Jets if they can keep him healthy. That's it. If they don't win, it's a fail. Yeah. It, 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 I think if they get to the AFC title game, they there's no guarantees. You don't go – of course there's, there's no, no guarantees, guarantees. But you don't go get one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, and But you can't you – think can't, it's a win going to the AFC oh, championship. Oh, 100%. First of all, the Jets haven't made, made it to the playoffs in 12 years. So they're expected to make the playoffs definitely. They're also in the hardest division in football right now. That's what – that's two. And number three is, yes, they, they're they obviously going for it. You add Woods, you add Tucker, you're adding all these guys. The hardest division in football? What happened? I think it's – oh, right now I think it's the hardest division get him. in football. Get him. Please <laughs> get him. Get him. I mean, right now, Buffalo Bills – you're going to say the Buffalo Bills don't – Stink. Don't have, they don't stink. The Buffalo Ooh, Bills please. are good. The Miami yeah. Dolphins adding Jalen Ramsey. You don't think they're going to be good this year? If Tua stays healthy. And, DVA, and, don't mind him. He, and, he likes to drink, and drink Bill, before a show. For, no, I'm not drinking at all. This I, I mean, a, if you. This is the New Yorker talking. Man. No, it's exactly. Not well, what, do we, what do you think is a better division? Well, who do you think has a better division? All right. First off, it's like the third best division in the AFC. Oh, you're such a it's smart even, man. I disagree. One notch above the AFC South. Right now. I disagree. <laughs> and, here, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I can't wait. AFC to West, you just yourself. So, AFC like, West on, is bro. tough. The AFC goes through Kansas City. It, it, the Show Me State, baby. It goes through the Show Me State, and I'm not, it, you know. So it goes through Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. and and I'll be honest with you. And people call me crazy. I say this. On That's one road. team now. You're talking about, and you're. I'm gonna go. Okay, good. The Broncos would be good. All right, you said oh, the Broncos. I, I, I think because I, I think Russell Wilson's a lot better than he he put up the numbers last year. But yeah, no, he, there's no yeah, guarantees. But, but I'll take I'll take a Russell Wilson over a Tua and a Mac Jones any day. I would. I do. I but would. I'm not not even speaking about the quarterbacks. I'm talking about talent wise. I, yeah. I mean, for instance, the Chargers are not as good as they were last year. They're going to lose Eckler. They lost Allen. They're not the same team. Okay, and then you look at the Raiders. Come on, are you going to tell me the Raiders are going to be good this year? They have yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. That team stinks. Go. McDaniel's going to be fired. And the, the Broncos. You have a this, McDaniel should have been fired last this year. Is, this is this is where you guys get some good juice because. <laughs> When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, guys, he can do no wrong to me. He, to me, and I'll say this, he has more rings and been to more NFC championships as a starter than Aaron Rodgers. He's 
I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo over Aaron Rodgers any day. Oh, you're gonna Errol's gonna blow a gasket. Jimmy doesn't have a ring. He's gonna, Aaron Rodgers is his favorite quarterback. Ring. He sleeps with an Aaron Rodgers doll wait, wait, in his bed. Don't say about the Patriots because he didn't do anything with the mean. Patriots. Don't say mean. the Patriots. He He's didn't do anything. More Super Bowls. Oh, oh stop! Don't talk about Aaron Rodgers. He sleeps with an Aaron Rodgers doll in his bed. First of all, I do not. Okay, that's his lover. That's a lie, but. Uh, again, I, Speedy? Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback never won a Super Bowl. Okay, he's been to a Super Bowl, no question, but he lost against, and, and I'll say this again, they should have won that game if it wasn't for their dear old co- coach, Kyle Shanahan, who, by the way, every single fourth quarter with five minutes left, likes to choke, stops running the ball, best running game. They had the best running game with Atlanta. Didn't run the ball in the fourth quarter. They decided to stop and throw the ball with Matt Ryan. Then all of a sudden, with the can against the Kansas City Chiefs, five minutes left, up ten points. You decide to throw the ball like an idiot. Kyle Shanahan is one of the high highest rated, overrated coaches in NFL history. He stinks. Can, can, wait, can we stop with the overrated? Maybe he can't win the big games. Stinks. Yet, but he's a very, very smart coach. Stinks. Nah, nah. I I, so here, I'm, I'm just say this. You want a guy to go out there with a golden arm and throw four touchdowns? No, I don't. And win. I want a guy. I do. <laughs> who doesn't turn the ball over? Mm-hmm. I just want to win the game. You put him with a Josh Jacobs, a Mike Myers, who was potentially on all the mock draft boards the number one tight end out of Notre Dame. You got one of the best receivers in the game, one of the best slots that's gonna get paid. Hunter Winfro, Julian Edelman. Wes Wilker type of story. And you place this guy in this position with a former Patriots guy who understands the system, mm. a coach who can trust this guy to run this system. But do you trust a coach? I was just about to say that. I mean, Josh McDaniels. He's done nothing as a head coach. You can't say anything three, other than that. Out the only Belichick disciple that's had success is Romeo Cornell. And it's like fair enough, and it's not even that good. And again, yeah, like JJ Watt Texans success, right? But Bill O'Brien was pretty successful with the Texans. I mean, he was pretty good. Was he? Yeah, he he was pretty good. I mean, the Texans. He's he's, he's doing quality control for Alabama right now. Well, well, hold on. Well, now he's with the Patriots again, and he's the offensive coordinator. But just so you, I I don't know if you remember this, Uh, when he took over that Texan team, he had no quarterback. He had no quarterback. on the team. Yeah, he had no quarterback. So, you know, you know, he had no quarterback. And then when he got Watson, I mean, that was the end of his, you know, his reign. I don't know. But here's here's the thing. Bottom line, guys, and I'll go Jimmy Garoppolo over Aaron Rodgers. The guy doesn't turn the ball over. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been the least. He's a G. I'm taking Jimmy All right. G. I'm just so you just so you know when you look at the numbers, Aaron Rodgers has turned the ball over uh, uh, less than any quarterback in the league in the last ten years. Just so you know, he don't doesn't f- throw interceptions. DVA, just don't talk about Aaron Rodgers, please. You're you. going to fire him I'm off. Just, no, I'm not. I'm he, not attacking. He, he has him. a life size poster no, in his room. That's not true. His car is green. That's not true. Sleeps in uh, feety pajamas of Aaron Rodgers. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah, no, he I could do no wrong. That's like you're going to look back and be like. Oh, like, this is like, he's like the Charles, you know, like, I mean, he has one championship, guys. Like, I understand I mean, like, that. Hey, listen. What is he, all right, as a leader, quarterback is a leader. What does he do well? Like, I love what Gronk said this offseason when Gronk called him out. 
he was like, uh, Aaron Rodgers said he can win another MVP. He said, Aaron said, Aaron, do you feel like you have a lot of football left? Yeah, I think I can go win another MVP. Like, that's what that's. Oh, he's a selfish guy. Yeah, no, you're right. He is a selfish guy. Like, I don't care about QBR and like, I mean, and and then like the way he treated LaFleur these last couple years, man, like, I don't know LaFleur, but. I think it had a lot to do with the front office because let's be real here. The Green Bay front office has done nothing to help Aaron Rodgers well, any which well, way. The, the way that black quarterbacks get judged, the way that other quarterbacks get judged outside of Aaron Rodgers who are like young dudes like Mac Jones coming up in the league, Sean Watson, the Lamars, mm. the Mahomes, the Wilsons. It's like any and everything they do, it's scrutinized. But – this guy literally is cussing his coach out on the field. Mm-hmm. This guy literally admits to doing mushrooms. Well, Tom guy, Brady used to do the same like, thing, except not to I Bill Belichick. MVPs. I don't want – like, he doesn't say anything about Super Bowls. He says, I need receivers to catch the ball, blah, blah, blah. He blames the receivers. Like, this guy isn't, like, a Peyton. He's not a Tom. Like, he's not even a Ben Roethlisberger. Man. Well, Errol thinks he's better than all of them, so I, I'd be not, careful. Bro. Like, he's – I'm not buying the hype. I have love for him. Don't get me wrong. He's talented. Very First talented. of all, Matt doesn't even Matt hasn't been in the studio for long enough to tell me how much I love him. Second of all, and, and, and so f- things change after two and, years. No, three and years? first of all, I disagree, and I have every right to disagree. Aaron yeah. Rodgers, yes, it's all about winning Super Bowls, but it's a team game. Football is a team game, and that's how it's put together. So to say a quarterback is the reason why they haven't won Super Bowls. Remember the Green Bay Packers in the NFC when when the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers was chasing the NFC was. Loaded. Absolutely loaded. The AFC just became loaded for the last two years. The quarterbacks are now in the AFC. So to sit here and say that, hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers only won one Super Bowl. It's not easy winning Super Bowls. What Tom Brady did was fantastic. But it wasn't only Tom Brady that did it. If you look at Tom Brady's numbers in the Super Bowl, he's had three really good Super Bowls out of the seven. The other Super Bowls that he was in, he shouldn't have even won MVPs. So, and those are facts. Go look at the numbers. They don't lie. Is, is Matthew Stafford as good as Aaron Rodgers? I like Matthew Stafford, but I again, like Stafford too. I, I like Matthew Gunslinger. Stafford. Yeah, he, he. but if you look at Matthew Stafford and where he played in the division that he played, how many times did he beat Aaron Rodgers with the Lions? How many times I'm did he so, beat him? Do you like Matthew Stafford? I do. I love Matthew Stafford. I've always loved him, Speedy. I've always loved Matthew Stafford. I, th- I thought when he was drafted from Georgia, I thought he was going to be a fantastic quarterback. I, he I mean, went to the. He's had a fantastic career. Yeah, but career. I think I think the Rams have done him wrong. Uh, okay, the, I, 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 you're hearing stories from the organization that they, if they could have moved him this offseason, they would have. Uh, and and this is a this is a guy that helped you win a, a Super Bowl. He was the reason why you you actually did win a Super Bowl. You, he was the reason why you beat the Buccaneers. Okay, so. I just think it, it's it, – I know a lot of people want to point fingers and look at guys and say, well, he only won one championship or he only won two championships. He won seven. It, it takes a lot, just like Joe Montana. Joe Montana nah. won Joe Montana won four Super Bowls, right? Nah, it, no, I, I look at this bottom line. When I'm judging a quarterback, mm-hmm. number one, my number one stat for a quarterback, mm-hmm. bottom line, wins and losses mm-hmm. i don't give a damn about no arm strength i don't give a damn about none of that okay interesting i want a guy who wins i don't care i want to win the game you know the one thing that gets people fired losing you're right the one thing like like i don't like all right so, so you like winners you got like guys that win games yeah. aaron Rodgers has a pretty good win record you know again in in he the does. super in the super bowl in i mean in the regular in the playoffs 
it's a hit or miss with the playoffs, and you know this. You played. You, I, I know that's what you, you – you're going to shake your head. That's fine. It's your opinion. That's my opinion. We both have our own – we have every right to make our own opinions. But again, listen, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with the Jets this year. Only time will tell. Health will, will sell what the Jets are going to do this year. That's well, what I think. Let's circle back. Mm-hmm. I want you to come on here. Absolutely. If the Raiders have a better record. I'll make a bet Jets. with you. I'll make a bet with you. Raiders have a better bet okay. with the Jets. Okay. What are we betting? All right. Ooh, here's I the like bet. This. Here's the bet. Here's I'm the in. bet. I have a bet with Brandon Jacobs. I said Brandon Jacobs and me have a bet that if okay. the, the Jets and Giants are playing this year, if the Jets have a better record than the Giants, he has to take me and Speedy and his son to uh, out to dinner and to the Giants and Jets game. If I if the Giants have a better record than the Jets this year, yeah. that I have to take him and his son and Speedy out to dinner and out to the Giant and Jet game. So that's our bet. So here's my bet with you. Okay, um, you, what team? What, what team are you a fan of? Come on, he's uh, Cincinnati Bengal. I don't I know. Like the Bengals and the Eagles, but uh, all right, the Eagles. Yeah. The Jets yeah. are playing the Eagles this year, right? Where are they playing, Speedy? Look, look where the Jets are playing the Eagles this year. I want. I wanted to find. I to figure this one out. All right. So here's the bet. All right. Uh, January, right? You said let, let's say de- at the end of December, because we when because we don't know when the, the Jets are playing. Let's pick like October. Eagles. No. The Eagles game for the Jets is, is at New York. At New York. Oh, that's great. So let's do this. I, I'll have a bet for you. Um. We starts in uh, the season starts in the September, right? Mm-hmm. September, October, November. Let's because I don't think the Eagles will play the Jets sometime in November or December. So let's say before whenever the, the, the schedule comes out, if it's like eight games or nine games in or whatever, whoever has a better record, the Jets or the Raiders. Okay, well, all right. Middle of the season? No, whenever whenever they play, because I I, I, I would think it's probably. Because there's it's two, there's every single year there's three to four teams right. that are imposters and then week eight the real all right so you want to say week eight so no 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 sixteen all right week all right week sixteen all right I'll I'll make a bet with you all right if the Jets have a better record than the Raiders okay I will take if if I lose and the Oakland, yeah. the Raiders have you a have better to fly record. him out here no 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 I I will I will take you take I will you. fly wherever you want or whatever you fly wherever you want you pick a restaurant it's on me for you and your wife okay right. on me all right, all right. now all right. but if I win you yeah. got to fly you got to fly out here and you got to take me and mine with your wife wherever I want to go. Oh, man. Deal? Brittany, you're in, Brittany. You got in this bet. Me and Speedy are out. You Brittany, deal? you're in. Is it a deal? I mean, I'm Brandon Jacobs. One. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. All right. And look, here's the thing. Also, before we lock this up. Yeah. No deals off because Aaron. I'm, I got it. I got yeah, it. I got it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm DVA, I'm rooting for you, buddy. I'm, I'm no rooting for you. I'm not. Jimmy, Jimmy G can't stay off the strip. You know? <laughs> and there's no. And by the way, there's no. If Jimmy G gets hurt, I don't want to hear any of that either. No, I'm saying that. All I'm right. just saying. It's, it's, right. I'm All saying right. it's both ways, right? Like, I got it. You know, Aaron was at the Knicks game last night. Ah, that's it. Listen, let him do the boogie, man. I don't give a crap what he does. Go on the field, show up to the games. I don't give a crap what he does. He could be dancing <laughs> on his head and spinning on his head. Who cares? Devere, you just made another bandwagon Ra- Ra- Raiders fan sitting yeah. to my left. And, I, and by oh, the yeah, way, listen, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for those Raiders hard. When they right. play. So, so that's a bet. That's a deal. Sixteen right, so week, sixteen. You got a bet. You you sell, seal, deliver it, Speedy. Put that in the book. 
and I'm ready to go, yeah, my Speedy, friend. You need to get a book here for that. All right, man. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I had fun, man. Same yeah, here. Appreciate man. you. Man, you guys have a, a great platform, man. Thank you, and, man. Uh, we appreciate super it. We're excited, uh, man. Keep up the hard work, guys. Thank you. And thanks for thinking about me. Absolutely. Man. Well, we'll, you'll be hearing from me, buddy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> relationship on, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, for sure, man. Good luck this year. Thank you. Um, hope you guys, uh, you know, kill the fall, man. Thanks Thank you so me. much, man. Devere sure. Posey. Love him. And we have a bet. Another bet. With an NFL football player, I'm loving it. Me and Taba Ali, we're actually going to be doing something very, very soon. I, I, I did, I did uh, a track for Taba Ali. I made a, I made a beat for Taba Ali, and I'm actually meeting up with Taba, and uh, we're going to be doing some studio work together. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, but that's great. I got, a, I got a bet with Devere Posey. I, I'm looking forward to this season. It, look, it looked like Devere Posey and you were going to become, become best buds for a while. Yeah. Donovan McNabb's his favorite player yeah. growing up. He finally he's agreeing with Arian Foster, who was his teammate, by the way. Yeah, the mm-hmm. NFL is rigged. And all of a but sudden, he's Aaron Rodgers. No, no, do and nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. I, I think you guys are blowing in a portion with the Aaron Rodgers thing. He's just said. Aaron I've he just said, for... first of all, he's just, yes, I think Aaron Rodgers is the is the best quarterback of this era. There's no question that he do. But to say that he says he wants accurate quarterbacks. Well, Aaron Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. He's been the most accurate quarterback since he's, came, he's come to this league. So, And then he said it's all about wins. Okay, Aaron Rodgers has the most wins besides Tom Brady and I forget the other quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has the third most wins. Patrick Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers like third or fourth in, in the last seven, eight years with wins and losses. So what, what are you doing right here? We're not putting him on right now. I have no time for that right now. We got other things I like going him. on. We can't put him through right now. You tell him to hold on. We got other things to go, and we have we, we should be over already. But I want to get this stuff out. Um, we're we're going to end a little bit later because I want to get all this work so we don't have to get into it tomorrow. Uh, the, the Jets do not give a fifth-year option to um, Makai Becton, and I, I will say this, and I, I know a lot of Jeff fans are sitting here and, and they're wondering what, when are they going to make a move for Quinn Williams, and I think they're right now in negotiations with Quinn Williams. The thing is, with, with this, this whole Makai Becton is, is if they gave him a fifth-year option, they couldn't sign Billy Turner. Makai Becton, if he got his fifth-year option, it would have been more money on the books, and they wouldn't have... Be, they wouldn't have been a, made an offer for a guy like B- Billy Turner and also today giving Al Woods the contract that they gave him, the one-year contract. So them not giving the fifth-year option, Mekhi Becton, opened up doors for them to sign other players. So for anybody to sit here and say, well, that, that means the Jets don't believe in him. That, that means the Jets aren't going to re-sign him after the season if he has a good season. Wrong again, boys. That's wrong. And I said that on social media, and I also said that to all the fans out there. And Speedy, why are you calling me Earl on social, on the Facebook? Oh, that, Facebook. that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, my Facebook. Oh, so it, honestly, when, when you look at, when, when you look at this whole Makai Becton thing, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the fans and how, how they're attacking this to be, to be like the Jets don't like the kid. And they're, Again, he is not making $20 million a year, even nope. if he has a great season. He's no not. Shot. That knee injury is always going to be in the Jets' mind. But if he puts up the numbers this year as a right tackle, left tackle, guard, whatever they put him, and he plays all 17 games this year, Makai Becton will get a contract. It's just not going to be more than $13 million. I think it'll be a lot less than $13 million, too. I, to be 13 million, I think, I think it's it. 8 or 9 
You have to keep in mind, the the injuries is a big, big part of it. What has he done in the NFL that warrants a type of contract? Well, his first year, he was a top six, top five tackle in the league. And then he hurt his knees, been out for what? Uh, He missed like 30. He played the one game his second year, and then he he hasn't played since. He's missed like 30 games. So it's been. Thirty. He's missed thirty games in two years. So of course, it, it, the Jets are. But looking that's what at I'm it. saying. Like, yeah. uh, what what warrants a big ki- big time contract like that for him? I, I think well, thirteen million for a tackle. I mean, if he's a if he shows that he could he could be an absolute shutdown tackle, right tackle this year, and the Jets, you know, they go far into the playoffs or whatever the hell they do. I mean, you're, you're he's going to be asking for twelve or thirteen million a year, and teams will offer it to him. So. I, 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 I'm interested to see how he plays this year and if he could stay healthy. Uh, the Jets sign two former Packers, offensive lineman Billy Turner and wide receiver Randall Cobb. Everybody, stop it with social media. I'm tired of this. Randall Cobb is not going to see more than 20 snaps this year. He will not. He will be a punt returner. That's where he will be if they need a punt returner or a kick returner. He is not playing. He is right now on a depth chart. He's he's fifth on a depth chart. He could right be now. wherever he is. I could bet you a lot of money he's a starter. They're, they're not as far as what I've read. They're bringing him in to teach the offense. That's what the that they're bringing a wide receiver to teach the young wide receivers. The Jets have not one, not two, but three young wide receivers learning I'm, the offense. I'm not disagreeing, so, but you're not bringing a guy like that and he's just going to sit around and just try to teach these kids. He's not he, that type of player. He's not going to get more than 20 snaps. I mean, you're you're going to have to give. I mean, so throughout the whole season, you think he's not going to get more than twenty snaps? He's not going to get uh, tw- not, no more than twenty catches. Yeah, twenty snaps, not like twenty catches. Okay, whatever. Well, there's a difference between twenty snaps catches, and catches. Twenty catches. That's what he's going to have. He's not going to have any more than that. I'll take the over. Okay, you take the over. <laughs> I, I don't think he is. Um, so uh, that that's it. And and the the Jets signed today. Al Woods, it's a great move. The Jets had problems stopping uh, the run last year. Uh, they're moving everything that I've heard. They're moving Jermaine Johnson to the the middle or outside linebacker position. The question, uh, everybody was questioning what they were doing with Jermaine Johnson. Everything that I've heard now through the grapevine is Jermaine Johnson will be moving inside or outside as a linebacker this year. So he will not be playing end. That's why they went after uh, McDonald. That's where McDonald is going to be. So for all the Jet fans wondering where the future of the linebacker position, it, it looks like it's going to be Jermaine Johnson. Um do you want to do uh, the the seated uh, the uh, I'm sorry the um, bracket wars the bracket wars yeah all right I'm I'm in for it all right uh, the Quinn Williams thing because I I know you had something uh, I'll, quickly I'm going to read off uh, some of the inside stuff that we have over here Joe Douglas said that the Jets are optimistic and hopeful they will get a deal done with Quinn Williams soon Quinn Williams responded on a tweet uh, about Douglas uh, commenting that on the Twitter posting picture himself sipping tea and quoting. The word optimistic, uh, probably taking shots at Joe Douglas, but he knows he's getting the contract. Quinn said he wanted the contract before the Jets offseason program began, which he has now not reported to because he doesn't have a contract. His brother got a contract. Quinn Williams agent uh, is Nicole Lynn, who just negotiated Jalen Hurts' record-breaking contract last week. Williams had 55 total tackles, 12.5 sacks last year. He was an all-pro player, by the way, and a 28, 28 quarterback hits last season. If Quinn Williams does not get a new deal this season, he will, be, uh, he will play a fifth-year option worth about $9.6 million in guaranteed money. The Jets are currently $6.2 million 
over the salary cap following the Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, just so everybody knows, they're a little bit over that. Uh, they're probably going to let go of Corey Davis in the next couple of days, which is about 12, 12 or $13 million. Uh, and, and now that Aaron Rodgers is only taking $15 million, uh, that, that freed up almost $30 million. So I expect the Jets to get this deal done before OTA start with Quinn and Williams. So for all the Quinn and William craziness out there for the Jet fans, calm down. They're going to get this done. They will. I promise. All right, let's go. You want to? You want to? You want to help us with bracket wars? I don't know what bracket wars is. All so right. Basically, so. we're we're gonna do two legendary teams, like teams that have won multiple championships, is the only qualification. And sometimes Errol and I will disagree. We usually at social media be the tiebreaker, but you could be the tiebreaker. You this could time. be the tiebreaker. So here we go. It's time for bracket. 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 It's time it's for bracket, bracket wars. wars. All right. So the first matchup will be the seven seed that advanced the last time. The Pittsburgh Steelers of the 2000s. They will be matched up against the number two seed, the 1980s, San Francisco 49ers. 2001 season, they were 13 and three. The number one seed in the AFC lost the AFC championship against the Patriots. In 2002 season, they were 10, five and one. Number three seed in the AFC lost in the divisional round against the Titans. 2003 season, they were 6 and 10. Missed the playoffs. 2004 season, they were 15 and 1. The number one seed in the AFC lost in the AFC championship against the Patriots. 2005 season, they were 11 and 5. Number six seed in the AFC beat the Bengals, Colts, and Broncos in the playoffs and then beat the Seahawks in Super Bowl 40. Uh, 2006 season, 8 and 8 record. Missed the playoffs. 2007 season, 10 and 6. Uh, number four seed in the AFC lost the to the Jaguars in the wild card game. If you remember, uh, your boy over there, your your Blake Bortles over there. That's my boy. Uh, 2008 season, 12 and four. Number two seed in the AFC beat the Chargers, Ravens in the playoffs and beat the Cardinals in the Super Bowl 43. Key players: Troy Palomalu, Hall of Famer; James Ferrier. Borderline. James Harrison will be a Hall of Famer. I'm quite He should be that. already. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Famer. Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. And Hyde's Ward, Borderline Hall of Famer. I love this Steelers team, by yeah. the way. Yeah, very complete team all around. Really not a lot of flaws when you come to conceptually and depth on that team. And two different coaches, too. Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin, who are both fantastic coaches. A both will be Hall of Famers. A defensive well, coordinator. Well, Bill Cowher's already Hall of Famer. A but. defensive coordinator, Dick LeBeau, who's very good, too, and has been good for a while, for about a decade now. And like Errol was saying, just so much talent on that 3-4 defense. And then offense, too. Pretty complete all around. Yeah, listen, I, I couldn't agree more, but let's get into the 49ers. The number two seed, 1980-49ers. And there's a lot to get into the 80-49ers because they changed the game. They really did. Now, a lot of people are going to throw them under the bus because there was really no, uh, no, there was no free agency at that time in the until 87 or I think it was 87 when it yeah, changed. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, so 81 season, they were 13-3. and three, Number one seed in the NFC beat the Giants and the Cowboys in the playoffs and beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. 1982 season, shortened season, three and six record missed the playoffs 1983 season 10 and six number two seed in the nfc lost against the commanders in the nfc championship game 1984 season 15 and one number one seed in the nfc beat the giants bears in the playoffs and beat the dolphins in the super bowl 1985 season 10 and six tied for the third best record in the nfc lost against the giants in the wild card round 1986 they were 10 5 and one fourth best in the nfc lost against the giants in the wild card game uh, 1987 season, they were 13-2, and two, number one seed in the NFC, lost against the Vikings in the divisional round. And in 1988, 
They were 10-6, and six, tied for the third best in the NFC, uh, beat the Vikings, Bears, and the beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Uh, key players, no question. Joe Montana, Hall of Famer. Roger Craig, Hall of Famer. Jerry Rice, greatest player I think ever. Hall of Famer. Greatest wide receiver of all time. Yes. Uh, uh, Charles Haley, Hall of Famer. Ronnie Lott, we all know who Ronnie Lott was. Hall of Famer. I mean, they were stacked from top to bottom. One of the greatest offensive lines of all time. One of the greatest secondaries of all time. And arguably, I will say, and I'll say it again, the, the greatest quarterback duo, a duo I've ever seen in Joe Montana and... and and, and uh, what's his name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Bill Walsh. Bill, no, not Bill Walsh. Steve Young. Steve yeah. Young, which you didn't put on this list, which you forget about. It was about the how 80s. Great. It was it, the 80s. It's still, Steve Young was on the team. And oh, Steve Young was the backup, yeah. That's yeah, true. He, Steve Young was on the team. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Could you name the last team that had a star quarterback as their number one guy and a backup quarterback who both became Hall of Famers? Name one. Ooh. That's a good question. I bet That's you. A real good question. No, I, I bet you you couldn't name one. I don't think I could. I'm gonna guess like the 1950s Browns. I'll say <laughs> it, it's unbelievable how good that team. And and by the way, one of the greatest coaches of all time. So and Walsh. But I have a question. Wait, wait, West Coast offense. Wait, with these wars you guys do. Mm-hmm. I'm told, like, the Yankees are just going to win anyway, so what does it matter? That's not true. That's not necessarily true. By the way, you, you listen to those idiots that don't know anything. They're Boston, they're Boston idiots. You have one in Sacramento and one in Tampa. that They can eat the ass out of the Red Sox and, and the Patriots and the Bruins. Oh, they're so great. And then they lose and they disappear off the face of the earth. They, they disappear. They don't come they, back on. They put their head like an ostrich in the ground and they hide their heads. They have their heads stick. Their ass is sticking up so they can get banged in the ass. They're what I'm going to say. <laughs> Kiss my ass, Snuggy. Well, uh, J- Jeff might have to be eating something more gross very soon. Oh, that's that's true too. Oof, oofa. Yeah, uh, Matty Kaplan, eating some you, dog crap. If, yeah, that was their bet because. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What was your bet with All Jeff? Right, so, J- uh, if if Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr did not become a New York Jet this offseason, uh, Errol was gonna have to call the beeve. Errol's gonna have to call the beeve Fud. For- yeah, tell me about Fud. <laughs> so, so Jeff Jeff Elmer gave Fudd. him that nickname because he looked like Albert Fud. And last year when the Rangers were in the playoffs. I would have to call him fun no matter where I am with him. I hang out with him. I would have to call him fun. So the beef called and complained about the referees like he always does with the Rangers in the playoffs last year and it led to this whole thing. Oh, you're like a Looney Tunes character, but I couldn't figure it out like who it was. I'm like, oh yeah, he looks like one. I couldn't figure it out for a while. Then a couple months ago, we finally figured it out. Now, Jeff since then calls him fun. So that was part of the bet, but obviously Aaron Rodgers is a jet. So now Jeff has to eat dog crap off the ground like the Eagles fans did. Oh, oh, on FaceTime. On FaceTime for everybody to see him eat a nice, juicy piece of dog crap in his mouth. Brutal. Yummy, yummy in my tummy. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> but going back to the going back to the bracket wars, like you were saying, like the transcendent things of the of the salary cap era and of the West Coast offense, two things that really changed the game for the 49ers, Bill Walsh and that front office, really doing that. I was Joe Montana, say, yeah. same kind of thing. Like, even though the talent on the defense, I don't think was as strong as what the Steelers have, they still had a lot of good stars on it. So, and I'll, and I'm the tiebreaker. Do I do I choose who I think? Well, we're going to choose now. So, Errol, what do you got first? Steelers, 49ers. I'm going with the 49ers in the 1980s. I mean, like I said, two quarterbacks that are Hall of Famers. You, you can't even name a team that had two quarterbacks that good on one on one roster. I mean, Jerry Rice, I think the greatest football player to ever play the game. So. What do you mean? Je- 
Jeff from Tampa thinks uh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady were the yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> two future Hall of Famers. Tom Brady, just kidding, Jimmy Jeff. Garoppolo. I love you, buddy. I'm going the 1980 49ers. I, I love that team. That was one of the greatest teams of all time. I know what Jeff's going to say. Well, there was no trade. They they could buy players, so good for them. I'm going with the 49ers. I I think the Steelers were actually a little more talented. Like when you look at the roster construction, but I'm going to agree with you just on that on the influence of the, those two concepts into the game of the NFL. You guys didn't even need me, and I yeah. was going to pick the 49ers as well because. So those years when they won those Super Bowls in those 80s, they yeah. really put it on people. Dominance. And yeah, they really put it on people. I mean, maybe except that game. Who they playing? The Cowboys in that game when Dallas Clark caught that? Uh, not Dallas Clark. Whoa. Well, Dwight Clark caught Dwight the Clark, winner on the Cowboys, yeah. yes. But, like, that was maybe their closest game that they played, you know? Like, it, they, they were just dominant and far superior. Well, the Giants beat them teams. once, too. I think it was like a 15 Of course, you're, of course you're going to yeah. lose yeah. games. I mean, you're not going to go undefeated for three or four straight years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Speedy. I was kidding, bracket. Jeff. I was kidding, All Jeff. All right, so the other matchup is the early 1990s Chicago Bulls mm -hmm. against the number one seed, the 1990s Core 4 New York Yankees. And they both moved on on the bracket, by the way. Um, the 1987-88 season for the Bulls, 50-32 and 32 regular, regular season, uh, tied for the third best in the Eastern Conference, beat the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs and lost against the Pistons in the second round. 1988-89 season, they were 47-35. and 35. Six best in the Eastern Conference, beat the Cavaliers. Cavaliers and the Knicks in the playoffs lost against the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. 1989-1990, they were 55-27. and 27. Uh, They were second best in the Eastern Conference, beat the Bucks. 76ers in the playoffs lost against the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. 1990-91 season, they were 61-21. and 21. Be Best in the Eastern Conference, beat the Knicks, 76ers, and Pistons in the playoffs and beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals. 91-92 season, it was 67-15. and 15, uh, was a great season, by the way. Best Eastern Conference team, beat the Heat, Knicks, Cavaliers in the playoffs, and beat the Trailblazers, the Clifford Robertson Trailblazers, if you remember that. Uh, and when he had the flu and he had all those three-pointers, you remember that. 92-93 season, 57-25 and 25 record, second best in the Eastern Conference, beat the Hawks, Cavaliers, and Knicks, and beat the Suns in the NBA championship. The Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson, Phoenix Suns. Uh, key players, Michael Jordan, greatest best, I, I think the greatest athlete of all time. Scotty Pippen. Athlete, that's greatest, just my, that's my opinion. Scotty Pippen, uh, Phil Jackson, Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, James Paxton, Bill Cartwright. I, I mean, they were, they, they were a good team. I, I don't think they were as good as the mid-'90s when he came back with Rodman and, and that team, but this was a good team, so I, I like this Bulls team. Hence the reason why they were an eight-seed, and that Chicago Bulls team we had last week was a one-seed. Yep. Who knows? Maybe they might even face it later on in the bracket. Who knows? But, yeah, it still was a the beginning of the 90s-era style of basketball, too. We are talking about influence of the 49ers. That was a big Scotty Pippen was drafted in 89-90, I think it yeah, was, right? Yeah, and even so, like even a lot of those other players that you mentioned, too, played that style and really invented that style along with the Pistons. So they lost to the first couple times and then finally got their revenge in 1991. But that kind of style for the 90s came through with those Chicago Bulls teams to start, and they deserve a lot of credit for that kind of thing. How about you? What did you think about the Bulls in the, the early 80s? I mean, late 80s, early 90s. That team, uh, again, they, they remind me of the uh, San Francisco 49ers of the, of the early 80s. So those teams couldn't be touched. Michael Jordan in his prime, he was just doing whatever he wanted to. Then they go and draft Scottie Pippen. I mean... Look at it, man. That 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 those Bulls teams, they were fun. Obviously, them going against the Celtics in the Easter Conference Finals and the bad boys from Detroit, they, they listen, they were great series. I mean, I never got to witness it because I was born in 86, but... I did. I, I had a chance to witness I, it. I, I mean, a little look, bit. I was a kid. I'm not in 86, yeah. but it was like 89. I yeah, started really watching I mean, I was basketball. three years old, so I mean, like, I, I, I look at these teams and that, that Bulls team, 
Woof. Woof. They were good. Yeah, they were real good. The number one seed, the 90s New York Yankees, 95 season, shortened season, 79 and 65 record. Wildcard team lost against the Mariners in the ALDS. I remember that 90. That was the last year Jay of Don Buner. Mattingly. Yeah, that, was the, that was the last Don Mattingly season, my favorite player. 1996 season, 92 and 70 record. Best record in the American League. Beat the Rangers and Orioles in the playoffs and beat the Braves in the World Series. They came back uh, down 2-0 in that, that World Series. 97 season, they were 96 and 66. Record, second best in the American, lost against the Indians in the LDS. Remember that? The Mariana, Mariana Rivera. Uh, 1998 season, 114-48, probably one of the greatest seasons of Major League history. Best MLB, best in the MLB, beat the Rangers and Indians in the playoffs and beat the Padres in the World Series. The Cam Caminiti uh, Padres, if you remember that. That was when he was, having, when he was on steroids. He was putting up those MVP numbers. 1999 season, they were 98-64. and 64. Uh, record best in American League, uh, beat the Rangers and Red Sox in the playoffs, beat the Braves in the World Series in 2000 season, 87 and 74. I remember they, they had no business going to the World Series, but they did. Uh, they were the fifth best team in the American League. They beat the Athletics, Mariners, and then beat the Mets in the World Series. Key uh, players. The garbage from Queens. Oh, you had to bring that back. The garbage from Queens. Derek they are. Che- they're garbage. Derek Cheater, obviously, we all know who he is. Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, Mariana Rivera, uh, Wetley. I mean, we could go Jimmy Key. We could go through with those rosters. Those wow, rosters Jimmy are crazy. Key, old school. Huh? Wade Boggs. I mean, there there were some great players on these teams. Obviously, uh, Scott Brocious was one of the greatest. Uh, in that time, he was one of the great uh, players in the playoffs for the Yankees. So, uh, Paul O'Neill, we forget. Uh, Tino Martinez. So, it was a great team, great you know, great run. All those David Wells, I, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. David Cohn too. We forget about him too. So great teams. So uh, the, both teams very respectable. An eight seed versus a one seed. Speedy, what do you got? Yeah, I think I think if you look at this team. There's just too much talent as of name. Like you said, there's too much free agents, trade deadline acquisitions that came in as well, and it's just uh, too tough. But since uh, Matty Caps decided to bring up garbage from Queens, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the upset just to annoy him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I have to pick? Yeah, you got to pick one of these teams in the bracket. Ooh, I I thought I was just a mediator. I thought I was just going to be if there was a tie. Uh, Um, Pick one. Pick one team. If I had to pick a team, I mean, listen, I'm a Yankee fan. Those teams were fun to watch, just like those Bulls team was fun to watch, too. They were both good teams, but, uh, I mean, I... I, Listen, I'm going to go with the Yankees just because they were so dominant, and I get it. The Bulls were dominant, too, but, I mean... They were the team of the dynasty. Yeah. I mean, they were for for ten years. It they kills were the, me to say the Yankees because I wanted to go against you because saying because everyone first says of all the Yankees are going to win this. For, first of all, if they anyway. were matched up against the Bulls after Jordan came back, I'm taking the Bulls. This could be a potential final so, matchup. Just yeah. so you know, I, I mean, I I just don't think that Bulls. Team, oh, the '90s Bulls are, yeah, are after 90s, Jordan came back when yep. yep. Rodman and everybody else. Yep. I, I, that I mean, was the most dominant team teams that they play. I, if played. they ever match up against each other, I, I I would go with the Bulls of that night because I think that's the greatest basketball team ever. I really do. That run and those players and that team was dominant. And I I don't think I'd any team agree. I don't think any team would have beaten them in any any you know 
era. I, I just think they were that good. Well, they are basketball. both not. They're both number one seeds, so they could meet in the finals. We'll yeah. So I, I have the Yankees. I, I think the Yankees, with the talent that they had, the pitching, the the lineups that they've had, I mean, it, they were fantastic. At Joe Torre, people forget how great of a manager he was when he took over the team over Buck Showalter. And, and by the way, one of the greatest owners of all time, George Steinbrenner. P- people don't give him enough credit. He saved baseball. Say whatever you want about him. He bought this. He bought that. He saved baseball. He saved baseball. So just so everybody knows and take shots. And by the way, the GM and ownership, actually the GM of the Bulls, ruined that basketball team because they could have won four or five championships in a row when Jordan came back. But they decided, hey, you know, it's Scottie Pippen's getting old. Michael Jordan doesn't have it. Meanwhile, he had his best year in 1998. So eat it. Jerry Krause, the second most hated man in Chicago after Steve Bartman. <laughs> yes. So there you go, guys. Uh, before we go, we got yes. Kenny on the phone. Kenwood, what's up, buddy? Wow, Maddie Caps in the house. It's been like forever, years since I've seen you on here, it's, man. It's been about two or three years. How are you, pal? Yeah, I remember you, of course. Uh, you were part of that whole roundtable when I first called into all the time. Yep, you you used to call my show all the time. Roundtable? What yeah. is this, Medieval Times, Kenny? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that this is a great show, man. I've been enjoying the content. Kenny, well, maybe, you, maybe Kenny. we need to have you come in, and we'll all dress as knights in shining armor. Kenny's taller show. than all of us. I mean, you I could, believe it. Yeah, you well, stand... like, You're right, man. They stopped being guaranteed to make it to there or give it a try in 2004. Kenny could. You could stand on Matty Caps's shoulders, and he'd be taller. Yeah, than I believe. Taller, it. Taller than I, I saw him on the video. He was tall. I'm saying, man, Steinbrenner saved baseball, he but did. his kids aren't exactly doing great things with that team. They're not. No, they they care more about the business than the actual game. That's true. Yeah, the, the I mean, he cared about the changed. game. He loved the game. It, he's one of the most greatest managers ever. Just so you guys know, betting is going to ruin sports. sports. It's going million percent. to ruin sports. When I, it becomes legalized what, throughout the world, it's radio, going to ruin sports. How much is a, what's that thing, a radio board? How much is that? A, why would you ask me this on, on live radio? <laughs> Kenny, call okay, me up because, after. Uh, Kenny, go to an you're option. not always in that account to answer that question. Just yeah. send me send me a message, and I'll answer you. Speedy will answer you. Uh, he doesn't know either. Okay, okay, okay. Because that's my next amp thing after I take my break is going to go to that. All right, stop buying break. marijuana, and you'll be good. You'll be in good shape, buddy. <laughs> I, I think you would be in really good shape. Uh, Kenny would How's, be the the How's the keys doing? How's the keys doing? I want to say that uh, besides the Ranger games, there were some really good game sevens, like that Bruins one right yes. down. Went to overtime. That was a great game. Now, by the way, you have you have a lot of fans. I mean, Snug would you know probably sleep in the same bed as you if he could. Oh, definitely. Snug would with, 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 with his cats, with his cats. with his cats and his cupcakes. I mean, they they could share a cupcake with <laughs> and, each other. And he'd want to invite Josh's cats. You you could. could you could be you could be tramp and he could be lady. What, what do I think? <laughs> I, I I need Snug to get us a T-shirt. Talk about the Rangers. What about that Bruins game? I mean, that was really good. Uh, the Bruins game was uh, well, it wasn't Bruins game. It was really the Florida Panthers game. <laughs> Florida Panthers first Bruins, but that was right down to the wire. Went to overtime. That was great. Yes, every I think the NHL is the best when it comes to the playoff playoff sports. Well, I'm a it's Game the best. Seven guy, so I look forward to those Game Sevens. Let's go Seven! Come on, let's go Seven! I wish, the, I wish the New York Rangers had that same level of spirit and energy, Kenny. Oh, yeah, they didn't even show up, man. That game was horrible. The worst, least effort I've ever seen from a Game 7 in my yeah. life. All right, Kenny, Kenny, I'm going to buy you a baby well, duck. I, I want you to raise a baby duck. Got okay? knocked on the ice. I was like, Jesus. 
All right, it's I'm a whole buying game, Kenny. Kenny, I'm buying you a baby duck, okay? Well, you got queen hit and knocked on the ice. Kenny, Kenny, if I bought you a baby duck, would you raise it for me? Yeah, I mean, if team isn't going to show up, then why are you in this? Why are you? Why are, and you're right. I heard you say, why are your players getting paid ten million? They should be. If they ain't even going to show up. All right, now we're convinced Kenny is a robot. Everybody, I, listen, he, he, Kenny, can you answer I, Errol's sometimes question? Sometimes I'm right on your viewpoint. Yes, you're Errol, on my because viewpoint, you're right. Yes. You shouldn't be paying somebody ten million if they're not even going to put effort. That's true. Tell him, Kenny. Yeah. Tell him. Right, Let's Kenny. smoke him to yeah. death, baby. We got to get Kenny in the I front really office. Like they're, playing, they're paying these players millions of dollars, and they don't even give freaking effort. They don't even fight. Come on, Kenny. Kenny. We, Does Miami Heat call anymore? No, no he's too busy, probably in jail or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Snug's> theory. <laughs> we're going to stick with. Caps, where are you up to now? I I miss Miami Heat. Yeah, so don't we all? It, it, when he calls I mean, me on a, a now, cruise man? and tells me, oh, what am I doing now? I'm actually a, a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. There you go. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I do miss this though. I'm gonna pop in here and there for for my fans uh, like Snug the Cat. You some days at noon. I'm gonna have to ch- I'm gonna have to check you out. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely a must. I got watch. some experts and. Within a couple of years, I'll probably have the passion some of these guys have. There you go. Look at you. Thank you, Kenny. You're wonderful. Keep, keep up the good work. All right, Kenny, we got the beef calling, so we're going to put him You watch this show, you, oh. you hear what Errol says, and then sometimes you feel Maybe I'll have a once-a-month rant eventually. Thank you, Kenny. Right, Kenny Thanks, we're putting, Kenny. We're putting the beef on. Beef, you're on. Yeah, I'm on. Oh, my man. What's up, man? What's up, bro? So what would you like to talk about? Me? You got your best the, friend here. You got Maddie Caps in yeah, the studios, the live and in color. Oh God! How's your golf game, Maddie? Uh, still there. Still, still, still pretty there. good. Still, still, still pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I lost my drive, so someone needs to help me find it because I can't uh, find it. Don't ask me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more of a. Uh, iron game uh, you know, chipping. You tell Speedy oh. to bend over. You stick the handle over that, there, uh, and you know, give it. So, Beef, Beef, let me ask you. I know you're upset about the Rangers. I, I know go, you. Ca- I know you can't be happy about the Dallas Cowboys draft. I could give two shits about the Cowboys. That was. <laughs> Wait, because they, they, where did this come from? He doesn't like, ever they, like their draft. They're never gonna win. With, they're never gonna win with Dak Prescott. So that guy is absolutely fucking trash. I mean, you're Sorry. not wrong. I mean, you're you're 100 right. Poor Dak. The Cowboys are already the Cowboys already practicing their their last play of the year embarrassment because they've had it two straight years. Dak needs to go. McCarthy needs to get fired. Just Jerry Jones needs to die. No, well Jerry Jones got to got to stop being the general manager and actually hire someone to actually. Don't worry, B. They could set some salary cap where you could make the trade of the 2020 draft that you wanted. You could you could gladly trade C.D. Lamb to the Giants for Xavier McKinney. The Cowboys had a horrible draft. Horrible draft. Horrible. And uh, you'll still finish second so, behind the Eagles next year. Oh, I, no, I hope they finish dead last. You've <laughs> <laughs> for the tank. I hope they finish dead last. McCarthy will be fired. Guy Prescott will freaking be traded. Man, he, and then he hates be the world. Re- be, be, be you're rooting for the tank for Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley? Because all the Cowboys fans yeah. wanted Lincoln Riley at Just sign Barry Sanders out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, as far as the Rangers go, Galan needs to go. Panera needs to get traded with Laughing Gear. They're, they're both horrible. I mean, how do you have no points in a playoff game? What about Fox? Fox is the worst player on that team. No, he's not. Fox. Fox has. He didn't look good in the last two games. He, he, he was awful. He had, two, 
he had two bad games. I mean, the, the guys are great. Yeah, the game six and seven. <laughs> game yeah. six and seven. Not game the time to have your two worst games. Well, Panarin didn't show up. Zabinadad didn't show well, up. Well, your whole power um, play didn't show up, to be honest no, with you. The, the, the only one that showed up was Kreider. Yep, that's the only no, one that, that showed up in that, in that series. He, six he or had, seven six, goals in that series. He had six goals, six yeah. or seven goals in, in, in the whole series. And I think he had maybe four or five assists, too. And and I'm so. telling you right now, it's the offseason. Kreider did what he did in the playoffs. Trade him. Get as much as you can for no, him. No, you cannot trade him. you got to get rid of Panarin. Why? You're not you winning get, anything right now. you got to get rid of Panarin, and you got to get rid of Lafayette. But you're not going to get a lot for Panarin. On. You're not, because he's he costs a lot of money. You still owe him, what, four years on his contract? You're going to pay no him $11 million, and the guy no doesn't show up in the playoffs. Too. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. So trade him to L.A. Maybe trade him trade him somewhere uh, he wants to go. Trade him with Lafayette. Get rid of both That's of interesting, L.A. Yeah, I could say that. T- trade him there because they're and young. They, the Rangers could get some young pieces from there. And he wants to go to a big market. Star, send him right? to a big market. That makes a lot of sense, actually. If I was the Rangers too, I would get rid of Keandre Miller because that guy is absolutely. I'm not going to get rid of Keandre Miller. He's young. He is trash, trash. He has this last year to prove that he has to improve he in his development. But trash, speedy. He's still on a rookie horrible. contract, so they're going to keep him. So he what is if, if we if we had if we had you and Jeff in a ring right now and Maddie was the referee. What do you think would happen? I would enjoy every part of that. What do you think would happen? Because let, let, let me ask you, Beav. He's telling me to call you FUD. Can you explain I, that to me? Who said that? I didn't say that. No, not you. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> I didn't say that. I would never call him that. Uh, no, I that's what I mean. I'm not going to call him that. I, I, I don't know I, what I, it I, means. I, I, I can't explain anything that asshole said. So. <laughs> 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 oh, so. But, if I ever seen him in public, I'm going to take a baseball bat and hit him right in the fucking head. <laughs> so, so, Beef, you really want to blow up the Rangers, huh? You want to get rid of those guys, and but what do you want to do? What do I want to do? They got to go and, and get defensemen and, and, and leave the and, and play with the young kids. The kid line was the and, best line. And, and remember what and, I told and, and they, you. And, and they broke them all up. And remember what I told you three or four years ago when they had the number one pick. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Yeah, I told the range. I told Beef and all the Ranger fans: trade that pick, get a number one defenseman, and get another pick in the in the first round. Get a get a sixteenth or fifteenth pick. You'll get more for the dollar. You know what he said? Oh, we're laughing here, laughing here, laughing here is blown. He, he he's taking dumps in a trail of it for the last couple of years. He's horrible. He's hard to. He's horrible. He's I don't think he's trash. horrible. He's on the wrong team. He can't take the pressure. You send him down to the Canadian. If you send him to the Canadians, you send him to a, like one of those uh, Canadian teams. I he'll flourish. You put him over there with the Edmonton Oilers no. with McDavid. Oh, he oh, will Gal- flourish oh, over there. First of all, Gallant's system is horrible. It's horrible. Well, you know what I said when, when that happened. Mark Messier should have been. I, I, I thought they should have wanted my, to. That's, that's what, your guy, Beef. I thought Mark, Mark Messier was the Mark, guy. Mark Messier should have been the head coach of this team. And the Rangers should have never got rid of Ryan Reeves either. If they go after Quinvall, uh, and I, I've heard a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, including including Josh, tell me that if they bring in Q, uh, that he will he will stop being a Ranger fan. I don't, I don't know about that. You like you like you, Coach Q. I don't know what they need. I want Messi. That's what I want. But Coach Q has won Stanley Cups. He's won three Stanley Cups for Chicago. Coach in NHL history. Why do you want Messi? Because the, the Rangers owe it to him. He, he deserves it. He, he should, and he's been wanting to be a coach of the team. And for some reason, the organization is not giving it to him. 
I just think the organization will get way too much criticism if they do that, something like that with Quenville, just everything that happened a year and a half ago. I don't care if he has I, I think Quenville is not the guy. He's not the guy for the Rangers. You're bringing in a guy that let things go on behind behind closed doors. It would not look good for for him or the Rangers if they brought him in in a big city, in a, in a big market like that. I think it's a bad move by the Rangers if they did that. But that's a Chris Drury thing. And that, that's going to get Chris Drury fired. You watch. It's going to damage the reputation uh, well, for free agents. And, I, and if, I, if I was the Rangers, too, I would not, I would not try and re-sign Kane. Let that idiot go. They're not going. They're not re-signing no, him. Kane's gone. So. Kane's gone. Because Kane, because Kane was had the hip injury, it took him a while to get going, even after the trade deadline. Too. They should have never even went after Kane. There was no reason to go after again. The, the trade you can't you can't knock the trade though, because again the Rangers oh, got yes him I for can. nothing. They got him for nothing. Yes, I can. They, they, they got they, him. The approach was good. They just again he, no. he was more you're, hurt than we realized. You're you're an idiot. You are. An idiot. <laughs> they traded nothing, beef. You what? They traded him for a uh, one. The guy was on one leg. Stupid. And they traded him for a second round pick and a bunch of B level prospects. It doesn't matter. It was a dumb trade. There was no reason to do it. None. What do you whatsoever. mean? The Rangers were in uh, win now mode, and Kane could have took them over the top. Not with a bad hip. Not with the injury. He I'm had. not disagreeing. He had. They got him with damaged goods, and even even Boomer said it they, that they got him with damaged goods that he should have never went after Kane. There was no reason for it. You know, I have a lot of respect for Boomer, and I understand he he's he's the voice of the morning for New York sports. He doesn't know anything about hockey. I would not take any information from Boomer. Well, he's 100% right about Kane. I, the only thing that he knows anything about hockey is that his son-in-law is a hockey player. And Matt Martin, who's not going to be an Islander well, next year, by the way. Just so everybody mm-hmm. knows. That's fine. But whatever. Kane, they did not. Once they got Kane, they, they, they just started going on a downhill trend. They were going it downhill before up, that. It screwed, up, it screwed up all the lines. No, they were playing well without Kane. No, nope, not, not before they traded for him. When, when they, Tarasenko they first got him. there, he was the only guy playing well. Keith right? Rooney. Keith Rooney says F Boomer. That's what he says. See, F Boomer. You, you're 100% lost. Go, go, go stick a hockey stick up your ass. Oh, he likes that. Right? No, I don't. Why would I want to get a splinter in my go ass? Go <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> it would be a big splinter, right, Speedy? Yes, it probably would. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, well that's wonderful. The Rangers need to get rid of those players, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> be, be could remember you, your takes when you, you thought the Cowboys would win, like, three Super Bowls in a row? Oh, we still bring that up. Don't worry. We do? Yeah, okay. Well. All right. Could you I'm imagine a, sure. could you imagine a handle of a stick hanging out of Speedy's ass? <laughs> you remember do you remember do you remember my response to that initially when he first said that? No. My my response was, Oh, which team will he get traded to as a backup quarterback? Ah, uh, yes, I do remember you saying that now. So, oh, B, where, where will it be? Where will Dak get traded to as a backup quarterback? Will he win three well, Super Bowls? You, I know you don't want him on the Cowboys. Dak sucks. He sucks. I, I, I hate when people put this kid down. I, I mean, he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. But Dak doesn't suck. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's just not a winner. L-O-L. He's not a He's not a winner. Do you remember what DVA says? He wants winners. Well, he's just not a winner in the playoffs. But to say that he stinks, he doesn't stink. The only, stink. The only reason why the Cowboys were where they were was because of their defensive. Not because they're offense. Which is shocking because usually their defense is their biggest problem. No, last two years. But, well, but that's it, what it I mean. The, 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 last, the last two years. It last two, three been. years maybe. It, it's been top, top notch. Well, that, well that's because of the guy called Michael Parsons on that team. 
Uh, yeah, he took him right from the New York Giants. <laughs> no, the Giants oh, yeah. could have taken him. They the traded Giants should have taken yeah, him. They, traded him back. they you know, lost Devontae Smith, but they still could have taken Rashawn Slater. I, I'm, 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 I'm shocked. Parsons. I'm shocked. I, I thought Micah was going to be good. Actually, this but is not another this take good. that I remembered, and Jeff just brought it up to me, and I'm sorry, B, but do you remember when you said yes, Zeke is he, better than Barry Sanders? And he still remembers that, and he still believes it. Oh, you still believe that? No, I don't. Okay, all right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wanted to make sure. Uh, I, 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 I might have been high when I said that. <laughs> Errol, Errol and I said the that, truth comes out. Errol and I said that take is so good, it's so bad, it deserves a plaque. It was, it was a great take. I love that take. I love that take, right. and I feel bad for Zeke because I, I think because of that, that, that saying, everybody looks at Zeke as a joke, but. I, especially on this network, but I think Zeke has been a pretty good football player. He's just not Barry Sanders. He's not even close. <laughs> he, I mean, he's a seventeen, uh, sixteen million dollar a year center and fullback. He's an overpaid the, player. There's play no question. The 49ers. There's no question. But uh, I, I, I feel bad for Zeke because I think people, you know, put him down. He's had pr- a pretty good career in the NFL. I just don't. Yeah. I don't think you draft a quarter, a running back in a top ten. I don't think. And and I, I think. Robinson is Bijan Robinson is going to be a fantastic player. He really is. And Gibbs at twelve is going to be another good player. But it's it, I forgot to talk about this with the draft panel. It's changing. The NFL is changing. They're turning these running backs into wide receivers that you could put them on the line and or it, in a slot. Yeah, I think the running back position, just like the fullback position, is going to be obsolete eventually. I don't think you're going to call it the they, running back position. They, they've been going that way for a long time, yeah. though. They've been moving moving in that direction for a little while now. It, it, it's going to come eventually. Yeah. It, it really is. I think that used to be an exotic yeah. thing. Now every running back has to do it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's going to change the game because I was talking to somebody offline about this. One of the NFL. NFL Network guys, and, and I was stand, telling him that, he says he believes in the next five to ten years that the running back position is going to be obsolete, like the fullback position. You'll have one or two guys that are strictly those positions, and then they're going to spread them out, because running backs don't last that long in the league. If you have a a prototype type of running back wide receiver. They last longer. They'll make more money, and you can use them more in the, in a different kind of different kinds of West Coast offense, which has changed the league. And by the way, we were talking about Walsh. He he's the one who brought uh-huh. the West Coast offense. As you, Andy Reid, and all those other guys. Your guy over there. Your coach over there uh, with your Cowboys, Mister Michael McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. He's, he's, Mark, he's Mark, Mark, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He will be fired after this year. I, I remember when they hired him, and you were all about it there, Beeb. He was. I was, but I don't know. He's, I was very he's upset because I wanted him to go to the Giants at that time. I remember you liked him at that time, yeah. I, I love him. I you, love so him. You, 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 guys, you don't like Mozzie Smith? Coach. You don't like Mozzie Smith? Who? You don't like Mozzie Smith, the first-round first round oh, pick in Michigan? Defensive no. Tackle. You don't like him? No. Did you ever see him play? Yes, I saw some games. I don't like him. You've seen him play. I don't like him. And you don't think Mozzie Smith is going to be a good player? Nope. I'll tell you what, Beef. Mozzie will be a starter this year. If Mozzie has six sacks as a defensive tackle, what, what would you do? That would be really impressive. Yeah, I think he will. That would be really, really, really impressive. impressive. I think he will. As a defensive tackle? Defensive tackle. Wow. that's but, uh, and that all, Remember, they're spreading and a rookie? out. When you have Michael no, Parsons I mean, coming I off that it. line, it's going to open up things for him. So the, the problem with that team is offensive linemen, and they, and they didn't even address anything. Mm, mm, I mean, maybe. They got they got one. They got one lineman. That was it. But I think their draft was pretty good. I, I don't I think don't, it was a. 
Did you did you look at the the list of flights? Did you see, you see that little running back that they got? That guy's he's nice. Have, he's he's nice. He's, he's going to be a great player. player. He's five foot, yeah, five no. foot literally. He's, he's going to hide be, behind the line. Nobody's going to see. He's going to run under people. He's, he's fast too, man. He's yeah, lightning fast. Lineman, as soon as one of those big linemen fall on top of him, do you remember dead. Darren Sproles? Do you remember Darren Sproles? Love Darren Sproles. He was he was a great player. He's a Darren Sproles type of player. See you. I don't know how you don't like him. Listen, he was picked in the sixth round. Let's see if he even makes the roster. There were a that's lot of... He, that's only because he's undersized. He's, yeah. He's skilled. But he probably is a third-round pick if he's a normal quarterback. Let's, let's see if he makes the roster. Done. What happened? Done if he gets hit. If he gets hit, he's That's be not done. true, Beef. Uh, Darren Sproles was in a league for, what, seven years? You're going to have years? to catch him. You're gonna have to catch him first. And he, how many people landed on him? They were. It was under a pile of you know big defensive linemen, and and the guy still survived. He actually was on the field. He stayed healthy fairly his whole career until the end of his career. Look at what, the, look what we did with the Saints and the Eagles too. Both of those teams, he played very well. well. It was fantastic. Well, regardless of the, regardless of what the players they got, they still don't have a quarterback. So <laughs> I like the linebacker in the third round they drafted uh, from Texas. Overshawn. Overshawn is yeah. nice. Um, Who's the quarterback? Uh, who drafted the quarterback from Georgia? Rams. The Rams, Rams got did. him. Yeah, oh, Stetson Bennett. They, they, a lot of people said that he was drafted too high. Stetson Bennett? He was yeah. drafted at the bottom, I thought. No, they said that he was drafted too high. Some people Because he's he old. A, he's old. Right. He, I, he's I, I, 26 I, or 27 Right, or he's a product of the extra year with the COVID eligibility. Yeah, four, fourth round. Fourth round. So you're getting a lot, of, a lot of those types of players coming in that are older than expected. Again, a big re- uh, one of the reasons. Not, maybe not the only reason. Here's a serious question, and, and, and I know we got to get going soon. No, but we're fine. Go ahead. Can we talk about the Detroit Lions drafting uh, a running back when they have three of them? Well, oh, they, they traded one. They traded I know, Swift, I know yeah. they traded Swift, but still, like, there's so many. Like, they're talking about the Lions like doing work this year. You in, know why? You know, I, I didn't like it either. I heard, and why I love they did Dan it. Campbell. Love Dan Campbell. I it, I heard why they did it because they're not going to use him. They're going to use him as a prototype. He's going yeah, to be a be wide receiver, slot, slot guy. Receiver. Yes. That's what he's going to be. And Gibbs, he is very he fast. he's very hard to very tackle fast. when he gets out. Of, it gets in his second. Uh, what do they say? His second level. Second yes. level. Yep. He's um, almost impossible to stop. So, and they're looking. They need offense. They need scoring. So he's a guy. He's a weapon. Swift. He can't stay healthy. He hasn't stayed healthy since he was drafted. He was a high draft pick. And by the way, uh, that was a good pickup for the Eagles again. <laughs> Another Eagles move. They're building Dream Team 2.0. It's so the I, last I mean, Dream Team didn't win. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's really disgusting <laughs> Bro, what the, the Eagles, Eagles have set up. The Eagles are probably the best team in the NFC right now. They're the best on, team on in the paper. league. Definitely. On paper. paper. They're on the paper. best team on the league. But paper doesn't define no, the champion. they got to stay healthy. Okay, the 2011 dream Not team. even that. <laughs> There's no guarantee Dude, that I they're going to win in the playoffs and get to the NFC Championship again. There's no such thing I as a guarantee. I just think the NFC the stinks. I, I think the NFC stinks. I'm not disagreeing with you. The NFC is terrible. Whole, the whole NFC, the whole NFC, the whole NFC East and everything else, they all stink. There's nobody in there. They, they just It's not even the NFC East. If you look at the look who they're matched up against this year, I mean, even in the NFC, who they matched up with? I mean, a- NFC West. The Rams? Yeah, I the mean, Rams, Cardinals. They're going to stink this year bad. again. Seahawks and Niners are good, but the Eagles are better. The South, they're, they're improved teams. They'll lose maybe two games this so year. they got to play the Buccaneers, who got worse, uh, and then they got to play the Vikings, who they blew out last year. So. they got to play the AFC East. they got to play the Jets. they got to play the Buffalo. So the end, the that's NFC going to be hard is- for them. Yeah, the NFC is trash. There's nobody good in the NFC. I know, Besides and that's Eagles. why that's why it's your position. Forty Niners are still very good. They're good. They are, I, yeah. I just I don't know what their quarterback position is going to be. That was a big mistake that no. they made. I because you don't know what Trey Lance is. You don't know if he's going to stay healthy. Purdy won't be back into the second half of the season. They drafted a quarterback. I think. No, they they're did. saying Purdy's going to be back. 
by by uh they said the second half of the season he tommy john huh? yeah tommy Johns. well i know we got tommy yeah. john yeah, they're saying cl injury yeah they said tommy johnson i mean you look at the afc week 12 stat. they're saying week 11 week 12 yeah it's january uh, it, it, they have to stay afloat and as good as their defense is and it's going to be good I, I still don't trust who's their quarterback. And I can't trust Trey Lance to be the guy when uh, we've seen little bitsy pieces of him. And you don't have Jimmy Garoppolo going to save you. He's now with the, the Vegas uh, Raiders, who, by the way, I have a bet with our, our friend Posey over here. Uh, they did not draft a quarterback, but they did sign Matty Capps' boy, Sam Darnold. The Sam Darnold revolution. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. That's my boy. That's right. That's I guy. forgot about Sam Darnold. And I, I t- didn't I not tell you Sam you Darnold's going to win the job? Did. Sam Darnold will win the job. He is the guy. He's the future of this 49ers. I said that when I f- found out that he was. I forgot there you that go. You have, you have your Sam Super Bowl Donald. pick for this year. He, Sam Darnold led 49ers. He loves the West Coast, man. He loves the West Coast. He's from the West Coast. Yep. Yeah, his fa- his grandfather was a marble man. So, <laughs> oh, the camel man, or whatever camel man. the camel man, or whatever the hell he was. But I think it was a marble man. I think it was red. It was red marbles. Yeah, he was a marble man. But anyways, Beef, we love you. Yep. Have a good night, guys. Be good, Beef. Good talking. Later. Play you golf. Let, I want you guys to play golf, and I want I want Matty Caps to be the referee of you and Jeff in the ring. Oh I think it would be great. I'll be the outside like referee. You. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, later. All right, now we have Jeff. Here comes Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, what's up? This is this is just how things go, right? <laughs> Maisie, Maisie Smith is going to be an all-pro defensive tackle this year. Why? Because the Beef doesn't like him. Like, just like Stevie <laughs> Lamb was good. He didn't like him. Oh, we love this guy. Oh, he sucks. Wait, you Speedy like didn't and, like CeeDee Lamb? No, no, Beef didn't. I love CeeeDee Lamb. Oh. Beef didn't. Right? No, it's I, it's funny because he wanted Xavier McKinney. He's like, oh, the Cowboys need a safety. The Giants drafted him in the second round that year. And I'm like, Beef, I, if, I were, if we were both GMs on our respective teams, I will gladly take that trade. Not that McKinney hasn't been good, but he's been injury prone and C.D. Lamb is a premier position and a top right. receiver in that class. Right. Everything that kid likes sucks. Look at the Mets. They suck. Look at the Rangers. They suck. He wants everyone to throw out of Remember when Capo Capo was supposed to be good? Guess what? He blows. Right? Uh, Dak Prescott's going to win three Super Bowls. Great. His foot's on backwards and he's in the shitter. Right? Like, everything that kid likes sucks. Oh, oh, Zeke's better than Barry Sanders. As soon as he said it, he started wearing those halter top girl shirts and now he stinks too. That kid is a jinx. That kid's a dead. I bet everyone that eats out his deli dies. What now? What happens if he starts rooting for your teams? Uh, he does. He, he roots for the Patriots. When Tom he Brady was there. Things about the Bruins, and that's now how I can blame what I can blame the Bruins on. Beef was probably like, "Oh, they're pretty good," and then they took a dive too. <laughs> Maybe the Beef bet on them, and that's why they lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything, everything he likes sucks, and everything he hates ends up being good. Uh, Errol, do you remember like an hour-long conversation? We had a three-way conversation with Beav on the phone, and he was just bad-mouthing C.D. Lamb the whole time. He's the Cowboys' best player. <laughs> he was. He was one of the best. He was. I think he was all around. He was the best wide receiver in the league last year. <laughs> I think you could argue that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he wants Mark Messier to coach. Guess what? Mark Messier hates that kid's guts. He wants nothing to do with the team that that kid. Mark Messier for. never coached ever. No, he never did. But I, I thought he would be a good fit over there. I did. I think the young players would flourish under him because they respect. Well, him. they would listen. Yeah, yeah, they would respect him. And and look, last year with the Rangers. That only gave him false hope because all the Rangers did was play third-string goalies, so they made it halfway far because that's all they did was play third-string goalies. So he's like, we're going to be pretty good. They go out and get Tarasenko, and he sucks. They go out and get Kane, and he sucks. They got Kane for free, by the way. What they get him? 
a dude with a broken leg. That's what I was telling him. Like, the process of the trade is not bad. It just, again, he, he gave up a second-round draft pick. A second-round draft pick yeah. and, like, a B and a C-level prospect. Yeah. It wasn't much right, of anything. But he, right, but you're going to take that trade his, if you're going to get it. Right, but he can't wrap his tiny little squirrel brain around the fact that they got a free Patrick Kane. He can't I, wrap I, I, I told him that. Like, you're not going to just let him go to Toronto just because of that. <clears throat> it's, it's, un- it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jeff, that kid has to be the dumbest person on the planet. Jeff, let me ask you now because I I haven't talked to you. You're you're Patriots. What, what what's going on over there? They're great defensively, but we got an Alabama quarterback <laughs> and Alabama quarterbacks suck balls. What? Errol, remember he called me right after it. The Patriots now select Mac Jones, and I wrote out a primal scream and was like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> and Jeff's favorite player of the 2021 NFL Draft, Zayvon Collins, goes to a pick later to Arizona. Exactly. We could have used a linebacker. I I, I love Christ. Mac Jones. I'm not done with him yet. I love Mac oh, Jones. Yeah, yeah, you're a mush too. How's Sam Donald's career going? Good, good he's going to win the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Yeah, as a third stringer. What do you mean? He's going to start. <clears throat> no, he's not. They're going to give Trey Lance the opportunity. Trey Lance play. stinks. How do you know? Well, from what, what we've seen, he can't throw the ball. No, what are you talking about, dude? Like, Why? Dude, no one's seen him do anything. He played one half of one football game. He's played preseason too, no? Oh my God, is this what we're doing now? We're judging people off. Of if, if, if that's all we could do, then I could go and say he can't stay healthy. He's done. You know, like that's what worries me the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, like then he's made of glass. He's not going to be in the NFL for much longer. Oh, so what you're telling me is that the best available, uh, the best ability would be availability. Wait, say that again. The best ability would be availability. Um. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And Sam Darnold is going to lead the 49ers to the promised land. And by the way, you guys, great interview with with DeVere. Thank you. What a great interview that was. Really good questions. But I just want to challenge you on one thing, Errol, without you getting too upset. (laughs) You can try. You blindly defend Aaron Rodgers about everything ever, but you conveniently always leave that he choked the last two times in the playoffs at home. He only threw for 225 yards against the 49ers and scored a touchdown on his open drive, and the best he could do after that was three more points, and they lost that football game to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Then, the year before at home, you know, I don't know, maybe the greatest football player of all time, Tom Brady, just throws a dart to Scotty Miller to end that and then just runs away with it. In Lambo. Lambo's supposed to be a hard place to play. You're supposed to be playing against the most talented quarterback, and this guy can only throw for 225 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why do you leave why do you leave that out? Like, uh, I didn't leave anything like, out. I didn't leave anything like, out. Like, I, like um, for the most part, I and I look, I respect the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl, that's great. But for the most time in big most part in big games, Alan Rodgers chokes. And I, again, I'm going to say that I, I I didn't say that he wins the big games, but he I, again his winning record he he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, and it's a team sport. It's not just one player that loses the games; it's the but team. He's, but he's the most important part on that team. When your offense only scores three points after an opening drive touchdown, that's on the quarterback. Again, Jeff, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it, it's not half of his fault, but it's it's a team game, and, that, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm not gonna go back and forth and argue about who's right and who's wrong when it comes to this. I, I mean, did the Bruins choke this year? Yeah, 
yes. Yeah, but I, I again. Oh no, 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 no! I'm just asking you. Did the Bruins choke this year? Yeah, I think I thought they did. Yeah. Okay, so now you're telling me about how great Aaron Rodgers is and what is right. Well, the Bruins had a great record and the whole thing, and then they get bounced and they're chokers. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, oh, he wins in the regular season and he's so great. And when he gets bounced at home. Well, you know, uh, it's a team game, and um, it, it's not all him. And we gotta go a little easier on him, right? No, fuck that. He's a choker. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that's Jeff, your opinion. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. I mean, it, it's common sense, but when it comes to people that Earl likes, he goes easier. On that's him. not true. That's people- not true. I'm far from Did a homer on this show. Stunk? That's such a lie. Did you say earlier the Stop. What? What are you? What are you? What are you talking about? What? Wait, who? Did you say earlier tonight the, the Celtics stunk? I did not say that. I did not say that. So you're taking words out of my mouth like you always do on this show. Never said that. Never said that. As a matter of fact, I picked Boston to win the series, you idiot. He did say he picked Boston to win the series. I thought they stunk because they get they lost to a... Oh, then you're the one that said they stunk. Fuck you too, Matty. They won by 34. I, yeah, good. They're supposed to win at home in the playoffs. You lost to a Joel Embiid-less uh, 76ers the other night. You can't be talking much when the, when the home court has shifted back to Philadelphia. Right. Go and, win in Philadelphia they, now. Go win right, in Philadelphia. And then, and then they just stuffed Joel Embiid into a body bag tonight. Zipped <laughs> him up. Yeah, good. You're still tied 1-1, and you still lost home court advantage. Go win in Philadelphia and win it back. And right, Simple. Oh, there you go. If they win one game in Philly, they win it back. So yeah, but they have to win the game first. Mm, that's true. Trust me, they will. Oh, Jeff. They I will. I, 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 I want to see what me, I... they will. Okay, listen. I, ho- I hope you're right. Of the year. Defensive player of the year. First team All-NBA in, in Jason Tatum. Second team All-NBA in, in uh, Jalen Brown. We got the guys, bro. What do you guys got? I like, oh, I, I like, J- oh, I like Jalen Brown. A strike injury on a big dude and a beard. That's what they got. <laughs> a beard that normally can't shoot in the playoffs, but did right. in game one. He was they on fire. They the league players wearing <laughs> Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, Jeff. God, I miss you, buddy. I miss yeah. this. I, I miss you too, Matt. You, you're a good dude, man. Yeah, my man. We gotta play. We gotta play golf, and then we can we can bring beef. <laughs> we can all play golf. Together. He lost that his drive. He lost his drive. Seven iron inside of his skull. We can just bury him in the woods. <laughs> Stop. I like the That's beef. That's my boy, man. I like the beef. I mean, you shouldn't, because everything he likes ends up sucking. So don't yeah. get him to like you, because your life will fall apart. <laughs> I thought that's just with sport teams. And by the way, he doesn't like Deuce Vaughn. There's a whole litany of people that are small and running. Uh, Darren Sproles, Danny Woodhead, Ray Rice. Like, you could go on and on about all the small uh, – uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. There's a ton of small running backs that have done really well, dude. Mm-hmm. Really well. And that dude has super you, – you know, you know what's so funny? I, I will say this. And Ben – I, I remember for for the last couple of years, Ben talking about how great Aaron Rodgers is. And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is no longer on the Green Bay Packers. And then he takes shots at Aaron Rodgers. That's what I hate about fans is that they attack people so after they're no longer. No, because I have there's – there's a bunch of Green Bay Packer fans at, uh, at Mather Hospital. And they were telling me, oh – We're happy to have him. Meanwhile, last year they were talking about he's the greatest quarterback since sliced bread. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it, Ben. Stop it. Get get off it. Get off it. You're you're guilty of doing the same thing from time to time. Oh, God. Please, Jeff. Please. You're not? No, Uh, I'm not. John Tavares. John Tavares, who wanted back and then he left. I hate him. He stinks. I do. 
I, I, I hate him because of what he did to the Islanders, not because of him leaving. It's the way he left. I keep telling you that. You're not listening to it. I keep telling you the way he did it was wrong. If he said to the Islanders, trade me, I don't, you know, I'm not coming back next year, get what you get for him. Like any, other t- like any other player that does it, sign and trade me. Sign and trade me. That's what a normal player. Instead, he backstabbed the Islanders. So, yes, I can't stand the SOB he because he did something. Whatever. But he doesn't owe it to them. Okay. But but that's different. That's not the same thing. So stop saying it's the same thing. It's not. It's a completely different thing. No, no, it is. Because once he left, you were like, he sucks anyways. I never said no, that, that was Mikey Martin. C. I never said John Tavares oh, that was sucked. Mikey C. Yeah. I no, never like, said. I'm glad they let him go. I, he doesn't play defense. I never said John Tavares sucks. I know what John Tavares does. I know what he did as an island. I know what his numbers are. So that's wrong. You taking words out of my mouth. I never well, said well, maybe, John Tavares well, sucks. Well, maybe Ben doesn't like the way Aaron No, Ben doesn't I, like him. I, ben doesn't I, like I him because he's no longer a Packer. That's why. And he says, oh, he's, 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 he's. meanwhile, he knew damn well last year. MVP. I remember Ben. Three, two, three years ago, saying, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest thing since sliced bread." Now all of a sudden, he can't stand him. So whatever, Ben. Whatever, Ben. Good, You're wrong. A good person. I'm backing Ben. Good. You back Ben. <laughs> You'll back anybody that is against me. Goodbye. Except for the beef. Thank you. <laughs> and, here, and here's the other problem. Why are New Yorkers such scumbags? We need to talk Goodbye, about Jeff. Why, why, do, why do Rangers fans need to choke out? Nobody Jeff? said they were smart, Jeff. Choke out. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't support any of that behavior with any fans. Oh, please. You're all New Yorkers. You're all scumbags. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Says, by the way, we mentioned Kansas State. While we're on the topic of Kansas State with Deuce Vaughn, I'll shout out to our guy, uh, Cade Warner, who was signed as an undrafted free agent with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. And our, our guy, Mike Morris, fifth-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I saw that. And and, and Cade was an un, undrafted, like yes. you said. He went to the bucket. I, I think Cade will make it. In the league, I, I like the kid a lot, and I like my, Mike Morris. We'll get Mike on the show too. He was fantastic. He's a fantastic kid too. Both of them, really, really nice kids. I was surprised that Mike fell all the way to the fifth round. Where you said yeah, second I was round reading, talent. I was reading uh, Shane Hallam's draft. Who, by the way, we're going to have on tomorrow. Um, he he had him right in that area, late third, early fourth. So I was judging that as the projection. He's a premier position. He's going. He's going to be so a starter on that. team. I was thinking more third round for him. He's going to be a starter on that team. I, I like that move, and I, Seattle's really rebuilding that defensive line in this year's draft. I think they had a fantastic draft. They had a great offseason, too. They had a phenomenal free agency, yeah. too. I, I think Seattle's dangerous. They are. They're really da- they're I think coming it, for those Sam Darnold 49ers. In the NFC. Leave, leave them alone. <laughs> honestly, I think Seattle's like the third best team in the NFC. They no, they definitely are. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any. I mean, they just lost Al Woods today. But uh, nevertheless, they still have a very good defensive line. Has a lot of depth over there. And they have a pass rush. They have everything, man. I, I, really, I, I really like what they have over there. So. He's their ringleader. Whatever, yeah, Jeff. The, uh, the NFC West two top Whatever. teams will feature the battle of Sam Darnold and you know, Geno sometimes, Smith. Sometimes I just want to grab Jeff by his neck and choke him. You know, just like grab him and choke <laughs> now him. Now you sound like the beef. <laughs> I, I'm not being serious. No, I, I don't want to kill him. I mean, uh, that's true. the beef wants to kill him. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to kill him. You know what I mean? I just want to choke him. Because he, he takes words out of my mouth. I never say some of the things that he says. Him, Snug, and everybody, they take words out of my mouth. I never say that. Never, never snug. Never snug. Oh, snug is the biggest. He is like the king of this. He'll say something that I said when I never said it. it, it it's just, it's ridiculous. But whatever. That's them. 
Good for them. I, I hope they enjoy doing stupid things. Anyways, it was a great show. Uh, thank you to the co- to our, our draft panel co-founder of All-22 Fantasy Football, Ricardo Pro Football Network NFL Draft Analyst Ian Cummings, and co-creator of NFL Rough Draft Mike Lushin. They, they were fantastic. Thank you to our uh, Let's Parlay b- bracket, Jonathan Wesson. Hello. Thank you to our final guest, uh, ex-Texan wide receiver, uh, Devere Posey. He was fantastic. He really was. And I'm looking uh, to get a nice, beautiful dinner from, you know, him and his wife. So thank you, Devere. Um, Trust in the Raiders. That is a bold move. Uh, that is a bold move. A real bold move. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Jimmy's going to stay I mean, healthy. I, I liked their draft, but, like, they're still not that great. Their defense stinks. Yeah. Their defense stinks. Yeah. It's, uh, and by the way, the Jets' schedule, I mean, it's not easy, but it's not hard. So right. I, 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 I do believe the Jets will have a better record than the, the Vegas Raiders. But anyways, um, uh, what is he saying right here? Finally, Earl can't handle the truth. Yeah, I can't Jeff, handle the truth. No, yeah. Jeff is saying that. Uh, all New Yorkers are scumbags, and I guess the guy Keith called himself a scumbag. I don't. And I no, he admits he's a scumbag. Yeah, that, that's Keith what I mean. admitted he's a scumbag. Yes. I guess I don't think all New Yorkers are scumbags. I, first of all, I am not a scumbag. I'm a New Yorker. I'm actually a pretty down to earth person. Jeff, are you calling me a scumbag, dude? Yeah, I'm, he is. I'm Long Island, man. Yeah, he is. A, he's calling me a scumbag. <laughs> he just categorizes all New Yorkers because you know a couple of Rangers fans do assault at MSG. How about Boston people? How? Those are the worst. How retarded he could be. Those I mean, are the them, worst. Him. He he could I, I That's pot calling kettle black. Yeah. Right. I, you know what it is is I, I can't I can't stand Boston people taking shots at New York people. Meanwhile, all the new all the New York people or anybody, any fan out there going to a Boston Red Sox fan says they are racist people over there. So Give me a break. I don't want to hear about hey, uh, New Yorkers are scumbags. It's such it's such a Wrong terminology. Yeah, there we go. It's been a real, real long day. But we're thank you, Matt, for uh, coming on. No, I appreciate it. I plan on coming on a little Absolutely. bit more. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome to. Uh, uh, as always, uh, you know, it's it's crazy because I'm glad I got to talk to people. Kenny calling in. Yeah. Jeff. They Snug. Do. They do. They I do. just miss Miami Heat. I just need Miami Heat to call in one time. <laughs> Earl. Earl. Yo Earl. Yo Earl. Yo Earl. Earl. He says my name. He says Earl. It's not even my name. He says it like ten times in one minute. I'm like, ask the Earl. damn question. Yo Earl. <laughs> ask the damn question. I remember when he was on a cruise and it was music in the and background. He, and he tried to call you up. And I he called the shot. I'm saying, what the hell are you calling me on a cruise, you idiot? <laughs> What the hell? He's like, oh, I'm listening to the show. What kind of person listens to a show when they're on a cruise hanging out with people? He's just out of his mind. But, uh, yeah, thank you to all the fans. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to all the guests. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Who do we have on tomorrow's program? As I mentioned, 930, returning to the show, I think for the fifth time, I believe it's now, is Shane Hallam, NFL Draft Countdown, otherwise known as the guy who does uh, his mock drafts four years in advance. Yes. And then, um, <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. At, he's at 930, and then at 1030, we got another one, a uh, new one. Anthony Lachardi is his name. He is a draft analyst for uh, Around around the Block Network. He'll be on at 1030. Mm-hmm. And we're working on uh, the draft pick, the fourth-round draft pick for the Jets. Uh, Carter Warren. Carter Warren. He, he could be on the show in the next week or so. For, uh, could be the, the Jets' future starting right tackle. So. And uh, ex-Jet wide receiver Jeremy Curley as Jeremy well. Curley, too. Possibility yes. as well. Wow, Curley. So, yeah. yes. so there you go. And, and we're working on Baker Mayfield as well. So. Anyways, uh, thank you to all the fans. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Stay tuned. Good night. 
It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.